Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is January 9th, 2022. My name is Eric Peters, and joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. Hello. Hello, Mr. Dan. How are you Hello. Today? Hello. We got Mr. Tom Reagan. Hello. How's it going? Oh, we're going this route today, are we? Well, that's what Dan kicked it off, so yeah, just might as well continue. All right, you all need gangster <laughs> names. We got eyebrows, we got tickles, and tickles. Got... <laughs> you guys could fight over who's tickles. <laughs> we got... can, I be j- can I be jiggles? Tickles and jiggles. Uh... <laughs> we got extra special guests joining us once again from the depths of history, Mr. Mike Tyson. Gamer Grandpa also- unsubscribes. <laughs> Come back! We just got him back as well, for fuck's sake! <laughs> we just got him back. Just got him back, and there we go. There it is. God damn it, Wiggles! Will God. you go away? For God's sake! Jiggles is lost cause. Tickles and jiggles. <laughs> jiggles get the tire iron. Uh, wait, who is who? Who's Jiggles? Who's Wiggles? Dan's Jiggles. I'm Jiggles. Who's sucking on my niggles. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Just a record. That almost sounded racist. I meant my nipples, I but with G's. You want to pair with up with G's. Dan Just and learn Japanese? <laughs> Just for the record, I need to clear I'm myself. So please, somebody else has done something like that. <laughs> I just want to be very clear. I was talking about my nipples. <laughs> Hazel, would you like to suck right. on me nipples? I'll, I'll I'll leave again. <laughs> Bye. Is that what those are called over there? These aren't. You've replaced the P's with G's. That, that's yeah. what I was going with, and turns out it sounded real bad. I I humbly apologize. <laughs> <laughs> what it's like when you have a slight bit of discomfort. You know, you're sort of like, you, and you're persistent. You're sort of niggling it, niggling the nipples. Yeah, I've got, I've got yeah, a little niggle. That, I've got a little that niggle sounds on my much nipples. better than what I said, for sure. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We'll make sure to highlight it. I'll slow it down and I'll really emphasize it. And then we, we can it. then we can sell it as a, an audio NFT. Yeah. Perfect. But you just gave away how we're going to make our billions. Uh, gonna... You'd already put it on the unwrapped. There's 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 a, there's a lot of people that subscribe to that Patreon tier, Eric, and uh, they've probably already stolen your idea. Somebody was bound to. Yeah, well, you know what? You know how many times we said how long to beat off.com and not a single person purchased that domain? Because <laughs> you <laughs> bought it. No, I <laughs> bought it like a year after the joke first came out. Did you? Yes. Why is it not yet a website? Because it's funnier to just have it go to our podcast. <laughs> podcast? What podcast? This one. Oh. This one. Ours, oh, the show, the podcast yeah. that the joke originated <laughs> from. But I do still think maybe I can employ Tom. We could have some sort of like scoreboard, like global scoreboard system, and then have like a link to videos and then okay. a time to completion. I can That'd get work. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's a money making scheme if I ever heard one. Yeah. Good work. A nickel. Proud of you, Eric. Nickel for subscription fee. That's it. Just a nickel. I think it would work. Oh, well, Mike, I'm going to put my phone on silent for you. That's a very good idea. Oh, yeah, damn, yeah. It went off just as I remind did that. Me, how, remind me, how much is a nickel again? Five pennies. It's a little bit less than a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
One we're just going to standardize it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you say it enough times, it and, loses meaning. Like, in in a good context, it makes it sound less like my original comment. Yeah, but a niggle is an actual actual word over here. We do use that. Yeah, you're true. That's true. Yeah, it's, like you know, we have I've a lot got, of like, if you've got a bit though. of a headache, you'll say I've got a little bit of a niggle. Yeah, right, that's true. right, right. That's true. Yeah, right. not to be confused with a little bit of a nipple, which is a very different thing. But that's what I, I was referring to. So, as long as the intent was there, Mike, the intent was there. Oh God, I feel I've got guilt. That's it. <sighs> Speaker's guilt. I should not have said that. <laughs> Welcome exactly. to the club. Also, I need, I need to apologise about any coughing. I've been very, very, uh, very, very ill with COVID nineteen. Raise your um, hand if you've had COVID recently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just just a bunch of pup bitch boys with pup bitch COVID. That's what we are. <laughs> That's all we are. At least we're not in a basement. Uh, well, Good we point. might be isolating in a basement. <laughs> nah. I think it's awful. Half of this podcast has had COVID in the last few weeks. To be quite frank, I'm shocked it took as long as it did for one of us to get it, and then for both of us to get it around the same time. I mean, I was hoping to avoid the entire thing, but, eh, there we go. Yeah, but here's the silver lining, though. Now you've got it. You're going to have some natural immunities to it, and it's just out of the way. Now you can go back, and you can just be carefree. You can lick people again. You can shake hands with people who've licked themselves. Like it's, you can go back to the normal routine. Dude, with how ill I've been, I, uh, I'm just extra careful now, if I'm honest. <laughs> I have... You know what? To be, that's what's so weird about it, though, is you felt like hot garbage. Uh-huh. I felt like a medium smoldering pile of garbage. Like, maybe there was a match near the pile, but not directly underneath it. Mm. No, I've been real bad. I'm triple think, jabbed as well. I've had, I've had my booster Mike shot. Had the OG, the OG yeah. uh, COVID show off. But I, I said, I said to Hazel a few times, like, I'm so glad I was jabbed because imagine how much fucking worse I was going to be. Go oh and get vaccinated God. if you can, people. Go and get vaccinated Dead. because trust me, it's shit. I have been very <laughs> ill, probably the most ill I have ever been in my life. See, oh, I think shit. that's worse. I think that's where I was on Christmas of 2019. So I think that's when I had the OG and got that out of the way. And now I'm just like working my way through the variant. You know? <laughs> it should be like a it should be like a Boy Scouts card where it's like you just check off which ones you've gotten. That way we can just have a have a scoreboard. It, it, we can have a scoreboard. How how And now uh, put another variant on the COVID telly. <laughs> I think gamifying it would be it would be a positive thing. Yeah. And then we can sell we can sell battle passes for it. <laughs> the NFTs. NFTs, yeah. Yep, yep. We get can the, include... get the Delta get the Delta variant NFT while you can. Yes. It's slowly been overtaken by Omicron. See, this is the problem. This is why we're not rich. We just give away our ideas for free. And also because I say things like fuck NFTs. Yeah, fuck NFTs. So, <laughs> I've said th- I've said this before in our WhatsApp chat, right? I-, I think they should have done is they went too early with giving storms names. So instead, what they should have done with COVID variants is give them names of people like clive or jenkins or something equally ridiculous have you seen what's happened with the names karen and kyle could you imagine if they did shit like that with the variants of covid people would just be social pariahs yeah but it would be funny i think i've got a bit of nigel a bit of a son of a bitch <laughs> it's better than having a bit of niggle apparently <laughs> <laughs> 
<sighs> Please stop reminding me. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, I also apologize if I just stop talking mid-sentence because the, the, one of the uh, effects that I'm still suffering from is like a fuckload of brain fog where just mid-sentence I will completely forget what words are and have it's to actually fun. stop and That's think. That's a blast. <laughs> is, you, is your brain traveled to Silent Hill? Yes. Looking for the Cheryl variant. <laughs> That one's dead, it's, didn't you know? Yeah, that it's one, gone. But... <laughs> About five or six. That one like only, it only infects now. little girls. <laughs> Cheryl's 28 now. <laughs> Is she? Got a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> Two kids, three failed careers. <laughs> a failed marriage. Husband left. Sick of her being dead. <laughs> Could never find her. He's <laughs> a door-to-door salesman selling doors. But only those doors from Silent Hill 3 where you just twiddle Sorry to bother you, work. sir. I guess I see that you already have a door, so I'll just... Uh, you know anyone around here who doesn't have a door? <laughs> I have chosen the wrong career. <laughs> so uh, Eric, are you... Uh, are you uh, going to let everyone know what happened to the last episode you recorded? <laughs> Yes, I am. So last month, middle of December, Dan and I, we were we were trying to stay on our every two weeks track. We promised we would, and we did. Recorded a show. Um, show was a loose term. I nearly died towards the end of it. And we had to cut it really short. But anyway, there was a recording, and I went to put the show together, and I could not find my track. Just couldn't find it whatsoever. Chalked it up to it just disappeared into the ether and chucked it up as a loss. I was testing the equipment for this show and discovered that I was having the same issue. Long story short, I changed the batteries on my recorder and when you take the batteries out, they were out long enough to reset the internal uh, date and time. So when I was recording it in the giant folder, it was putting them at the beginning and not at the end because it had the date of like March 1st of 2000. Like, well, clearly, had I looked at it, I would have realized that we hadn't been doing the show then. I was still in middle school. So, (laughs) you know, I found it. Long story short, I found it. You're going to be getting two shows. Also, bit of housekeeping. This show is going to appear on both the Factory Seal Retro podcast feed and the SideQuest feed because it's the game of the year show. And people. And also, we discovered that. A lot of you haven't transferred over to subscribing to the SideQuest feed either. We haven't. They have not. They have not yet. We have. Have you? Please do. I'm I'm elevating those numbers, and I'm subscribed on both on Apple. (laughs) Ooh. But are you downloading both? Tom's like, I got to record this shit. I won't listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking train wreck. We're seeing a train full of orphans going off a cliff that's like that. I thought it was, I thought it was Mike who didn't listen to the shows. No, Mike <laughs> listens to all of them. No, there used to be a running joke where he did. Oh, he would not listen to the ones that he wasn't on. Oh, oh yeah, classic, yeah. Classic, classic Mike. Uh, uh, I'm not on that show. Not worth my time. <laughs> Bunch of I, I listen to. I've listened to every show since I've been a part of the show because Eric always sends it to me as a test listen first. So. Yeah, yeah, you're in the truck. Uh, you get through a lot of podcasts that you like. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Mm-hmm. 
There's that one that's Speaking. just Tom doing this with his lips for uh, an hour. <laughs> it's a good one, Matt. <laughs> Surely there's someone out there who would enjoy that. Uh, if <laughs> if I start, put me right to sleep. That's my first contribution to the audio NFT business. <laughs> Next one would be five stars. Got me right off. <laughs> that's weird. Speaking of Spotify, you can now leave ratings on there. Did you I thought you that? could always rate things. No. Could you not like? No, or, not on not on uh, podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah, now cool. it's just a star system. And God damn it, we're at four point nine. Somebody didn't give us five stars. Mm, yeah, five stars is the the correct amount. I will find you, gamer grandpa, <laughs> <laughs> and I will apologize. Yeah, this wango is coming back. And he's not a dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But what's weird is I can't see the ratings. I can only see it on the app. I can't see it on the desktop version. Then you'll just have to go on the app on your phone. Ooh, that sounds like work. Because I'm here You're now. always on your phone. That's Mike. Mike's always on his phone. I heard it was Tom. I heard he's addicted. Dude, Tom, <laughs> I've never seen the dude without his phone. <laughs> He's just got it encased in cement in a suitcase that's lost like to padlocks. Like, puts it in his nightstand drawer. Well, now I can say I own a phone. <laughs> for, for context, hey. everyone, it is easier to contact Tom via Xbox Live than it is via his phone. <laughs> Did you get my Xbox Live message this morning? I got it on my phone. <laughs> and then, that's how Tom looked at Kay. He's like, fuck. <laughs> I roll out of bed. <laughs> it's great it's great i love it i purposefully yeah, re- if- only responded to you once on xbox just to keep the joke going there is well, the caramel crown it's probably reflected uh mirrored yeah I hey look it. you see his x hamster is open look 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 oh, hey, and what's he got <laughs> giant tesses <laughs> got worried about it. got worried guy <laughs> on tesses <laughs> like dudes that just Never, I'm not going to open that joke. No, okay. <laughs> it's already been a risque show, Eric. That's, uh, let's go easy here. Let's go easy. But yeah, even if you don't listen to us on Spotify, but you use Spotify, go and give us a rating on both feeds. Give us a one on both feeds. SideQuest and uh, and Factory Sealed. Both feeds. And it does. if you don't use Spotify to listen to us, it does expect you to listen to us at least once to be able to do the rate, give a rating. There is a workaround. Just go on it and put that you've listened to the episode. There's a way to check it off. Easy as pie. Give us five stars. You know you want to. What kind Help of pie? Like savory or sweet? Huh? What kind of pie? Savory or sweet? Because sweet pies uh, are way easier to make than savory pies. Yeah, but I'm a savory bitch, so <laughs> I go savory pie. <laughs> Spicy. Savory pie guy. over a sweet pie any day. You got a box of the Tim Beans? Oh my God. I did. I did. did you seriously pay for that box on eBay? $300. Jesus. No, I just I didn't buy it. I got it. I got <laughs> oh it at God. Timmy's. I'm Are you going to sell the box? Donut box. I'll keep it in good condition, Eric, cuz No, take a picture of it, sell it as an NFT. Oh, God, you're smart. Wait, Fuck. so wait, so it's, nobody it's, ever. it's Tim Bits, right? <laughs> Tim Bits, yeah. but yeah. they change it to Tim Beebs. Yeah, because That doesn't work. That I, I get the idea, the Justin <laughs> Bieber thing, but that that doesn't work. I I know I had a better one, B B bits. Yeah, that one doesn't is, work. 
Oh, sorry, Nathan I thought I had a good one, one but no. oh, I guess it's not. Um, no, that's a bad idea. So, yeah, Tim Tim Hortons has paired up with Justin Bieber to release some exclusive donuts. I bought 10 of them yesterday in this small box. These small Were boxes that are custom made or custom print or whatever, I don't fucking know. It's uh, They've been going on eBay for like three to $500. Did you have to specifically order, I want some Tim Biebs? Yeah, you have to say you want Tim Biebs, not Tim Bits. What happens if you say Tim Bits? You just get like a ten assorted donuts of like normal. What are kind. the Tim Beebs? Like, how are those different? The Beebs are legitimately really good. They're like coated in uh, like sugar and and uh, macadamia and stuff. And Justin yeah, Bieber they're... has touched each individual one. Yeah, just... yeah, he has. Yeah, with well, his, with his well, bits. Yeah, he he, he <laughs> just squeezed like a them. napkin. Just he squeezed the fist the, the dough like he put a. He does. He sort of needs the dough like a cat would, you know, when they're like getting comfortable in a blanket. Yeah, he does doing that their little the, piano thing. Yeah, yeah. He does that to all the dough prior to it being <laughs> frozen and shipped out. Could to you Hortons. imagine? Like, let's say you were a celebrity. Let's say you were Justin Bieber for a second. Okay. And you needed more money. Baby. Yeah, go. On. You could go to Tim Hortons <laughs> and say, "I will spend one week in your donut factory just touching things." <laughs> Like, just, I'll wash my hands mostly, but, like, all the dough, I'll just, like, lay in it. Could you imagine how much they would sell? Like, yeah. I want a donut that Justin Bieber yeah. has done things to. I mean, America's not very good with the health ratings of foods, is it, really? No, FDA purely a figurehead. <laughs> I think multi-millionaires and billionaires don't have enough fun. I think if I was Justin Bieber, I'd open up my own donut chain called uh, Bieber's Bits. And I would open one next to every single Tim Hortons. Uh, price everything stupidly. Uh, hire abusive staff. Release uh, a single about it. Release well. a single about release it. Release a singer, and Never if make... you like the way these donuts taste, then yeah, you yeah, should yeah, yeah, buy yeah, yeah. Exactly. some exactly. for yourself. See, exactly. rice itself. I love it. I love that. Do it. And I would never. I, we'd never donuts, make a sale. Donuts, donuts, donuts. <laughs> but you don't but, need to because you've got all your money from your royalties on your music. And every two months, I just open a new one, so that everybody in the public is like, "Oh man, like Bieber's Bits is doing awesome." Uh, we should probably start buying there, I guess, because you, you, know, you better believe that's a great idea. We would expand, if anything. Yeah. yeah. This is and like a proper retro, proper bollocks idea, this. <laughs> this is what happens when it's been four months since all four of us are on here. We just have a flood of brilliant ideas, followed by Mike saying something really, really borderline inappropriate. <laughs> the blood moon rises Guilty. once again. <laughs> no, Mike, no. <laughs> you know, what? I replayed Breath of the Wild recently. What a fucking brilliant game that is! Still maintain Tom, it's one of the best Tom's games ever top made. Ten. Dude, Tom, <laughs> Tom, fucking loves Tom secretly loves it. When I went to visit him, I showed up early, and he had to like scramble to uninstall it and get it off his system <laughs> and like zip up his pants. Hey, in 2016, it was on my game of the year list. Was it? Bullshit. Yeah. It, it was, was number not. Five. It was number five. It didn't even come out then. Uh, 2017 then. <laughs> also, oh, pretty sure it did come out in 2016. It came out in 2017. For some, for some super fan, you don't even know when it came out. That's when the Switch came out was 2017. Yeah, but it was on the Wii U, mate. They launched the same day. 
He's right. He's Don't right. question me. To catch you. Try to catch you. <laughs> Bold prediction for 2022. Breath of the Wild 2 does not come out this year, despite no. Nintendo saying it is going nah, to. No one wants chance. it anyway. I've, no one wants that game. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> stop it. Just stop Just it. Stop. If you if you like has anybody been keeping up to date with that stop. new Pokemon open world thing that's coming out? Loosely. Loosely. Well, they released Loose a new, they released Loose a new trailer the other day. And honestly, it it's got Breath of the Wild vibes, but it looks bollocks. And this is five years after Breath of the Wild. It looks terrible. Mm. It's out in like three weeks. Well You're getting it then. Shit, <laughs> Phil. I am not getting it. It looks bollocks. Pokemon Ar- Arceus? Arceus Legends, I believe. I like to say Arceus just because it sounds like arse. <laughs> oh, legends, legends of Arceus. Legends of arse. Speaking of Pokemon, right, I, I bought Hazel Shining Pearl for Christmas. I got that and, for Ellie too. And uh, because she has Please? saved data from... Let's go Eevee and save data from uh, Sword and Shield. <clears throat> there was a couple of NPCs. One of them just gave her Mew, and the other one just gave her basically Mew's equivalent, but from Gen 3. Like, those things just don't feel special anymore, do they? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> to, get Mew ba- to get Mew back in the day, you used to have to know about three people who knew somebody who'd briefly worked at the Pokemon company and managed to somehow hack the red and blue original game files. Or if I you feel- were like me and had a Game Shark for your Game Boy. Mm. Yes. I don't know. I used to always have the Exploder cheat cartridges. That might have been what it was, Exploder, not Game Shark. But yeah, I, I was giving Mews out left, right and centre to all my mates. You want a Mew? You get a Mew. You get a Mew. Everyone gets a Mew. Don't get a Mew! It's a gateway, Pokemon! Market dilution right there. <laughs> God. You're still not a Pokemon convert then, Eric. You're still not a what? Pokemon convert. Uh, I've discovered that I like the the world and the idea of Pokemon better than I like the actual Pokemon games. I think I I think it it'd be a long un, but I would love to because I think the the remakes are definitely old enough now, but my favorite gen is gen 2. <coughs> Excuse me. And and my my favorite Pokemon game is probably the remakes of Gen 2. Uh, Leaf Green? Heart Gold. No, that's Gen 1. Heart Golden, Soul Silver. Oh, they're DS. fantastic. They're fantastic. We should do those on the show one day, seems like we have. Um, like, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are also very, very good. I will, do you know what I, I, I love the most about Gold when you got to the end, when it suddenly revealed that you could go back to Kanto from the original Gen? Uh, so was, that was so cool. It was really good, actually. Yeah, well, it's hard to go I think, back to. I think when um, Gold and Silver came out, that was when I was in my proper heyday of Pokemon fears. Yeah, like that was. I I had red and blue. I had red, red, I think, and then my friend had blue. But then really got into it when this next one came out. Yeah, I and also your character strip. had his cap backwards in the second one rather than forwards, and that's always cooler. Oh, oh yeah, he did. See, Ash only did that when he was chucking a pokeball. <laughs> and losing all the time. Hey, he won something recently, finally. Did he? After, is, after 20 is he years. Aged yet? No. No. <laughs> How has he kept his job? He didn't have, have a job. job. He just he pisses fucking... about in the wilds, not catching Pokemon and losing everything. 
They must yeah. have really Did- rich parents. How ro- how Team Rocket keep the job is another matter, but because they're f- fucking useless. Oh well, they don't we have- just make any money from the fact that they have a Meowth that can talk. We have one more housekeeping bit. Should we get to that? No, I haven't got the document in front of me. I don't know what it is. Uh, We are doing some changes to Patreon. So on a serious note here, we have sort of um, conversed amongst ourselves and we want to get back on track with the the core and the roots of the show. Um, And as a result, we're going to make some Patreon changes. So we are going to be dropping our $5 Q, uh, $5 tier in the Q&A's. Um, and we're going to be creating a $3 tier. So we're now only going to have the $1 and the $3 tier. $1 tier is not going to change. You're still going to get the unwrapped. $3 tier is going to be essentially what the $5 tier is, minus any of the extra stuff, um, mainly having your name read out on the show. And if we decide to do any like giveaways, stuff like that, could potentially incorporate people on tier 3. But that all goes against Patreon's uh, gambling policy, so I don't know how we'd side-skirt that. But anyway, the point being Wait, is that... Did you say, did you say they don't get the name read out? I thought they were. They do. They do. Oh, I thought you I said, said they, they didn't, do. then. Yeah, they do. Oh. <laughs> uh, the point being is that we've all kind of hit a point right now, especially with, with life, where we're all feeling a little overwhelmed. As you can see, there's been a huge gap in the show. And we've talked about that in, in previous shows, so we won't go you know, too much into that. But... Um, we want to get back to the core of what made this show fun, not only for you guys, but for us as well. And uh, that basically just means recording and having fun uh, and removing a lot of that extra stress that could potentially be associated with it. Not saying that it was it was a ton, but we don't feel like we're providing enough quality content to be taking that much money from people. So we're dialing that back Um we st- we want to be able to make enough on Patreon just to keep the lights on, keep the mics running, and and realistically, that's that's about it. And if we do decide to do anything else, incorporate you people. So we just want to give you a heads up on that, that those changes will be coming here in the next couple of weeks. Oi. Well, well said. said, good sir. Also... Uh, I have we have not recorded since I've received any of this stuff, but I want to take a minute to say thank you to everybody who participated and uh, contributed over the course of the past month. I've gotten a number of care packages from the community uh, based on what's been going on. I put out a message a couple months ago, just how I mentally wasn't doing very well. And uh, randomly one day, a Harry and David Bach showed up at my door. And if you're not familiar with what those are, they're just phenomenal gift packages of uh, meat, cheese, crackers, cookies, some of the best pairs you can possibly imagine. Uh, Just an incredible gift package from the community of just, hey, hang in there. Uh, We're thinking about you. Got another package that same day from from Jeremy Lucas. Had an incredible... um, fleece blanket in there that had the colorized and black and white color map or black and white map of Link's Awakening which my daughter has since claimed as her own like it just doesn't leave her bed she's like I she can't sleep without it now so it's just become her blanket it was going to be my game room blanket <laughs> no it's Amelia's now she just sleeps with it on her it's hers <laughs> she refuses to go to bed without it but then yesterday no two days ago um I knew this package was coming because Zach Foley sent me a message saying, hey, 
I'm shipping you something. Please let me know when you're home because this cannot sit outside. So I told him when I'd be home and he, he had set it to arrive that day. And this massive box showed up and on the top was written from, and it had a whole list of people from the community and uh, opened it up. And, and the first thing I saw on the top was a very familiar looking X and uh, immediately knew that it was so the one from X hamster. Correct. Correct. X hamster, man. Um, but it was this incredible first four figures replica of Mega Man X, fully light up, um, just thing weighed a damn metric ton. One of the, it, it is literally now the coolest statue that that I own. I put out a, a picture of it on uh, our Facebook page and in our Discord. I don't think I put it in Discord, but nevertheless, it's it's things like that that are just so incredibly humbling to have the support of. A community like that and just kind of reinvigorated that sense of like you know what there's a reason that i'm doing this show and it's for people like that and to kind of have that outpouring of support and and people sending messages there is just an amazing video that you guys put together with messages from people within the community so i just want to say thank you for all that it's been exceptionally helpful the past month so um you know you guys i know you all played a part in that but thank you it was it was very very humbling very moving um kind of an emotional experience to just kind of get all of that that stuff not necessarily just the physical stuff but the personal messages from people as well so um thank you yes i had a tear in my eye when i was editing together all the video it was lovely it was, it was awesome it was really cool um keep that one keep that one for myself so thank you guys for doing that yeah, this all came from the community. It was their idea. They all wanted to do it for you. So they well, just kind of wrote me in, asked if we want to take part. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that, you know, that we've evolved into that. And we have such a caring community of people. And that sort of has reinvigorated my passion for wanting to push forward and, and get the show back on track with what it what it used to be. Because I feel like we've kind of fallen off the rails a little bit recently, just in terms of consistency with recording and and uh i think that we're all on the same page about you know what let's just get back to the let's get back to basics play some games record talk shit put a show out sounds about right that's what people like so let's do that let's do it posh 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 so thank you serious crap out of the way back to uh what we're here for this is a long show this is gonna be long they usually are unless Mine and Mike's brain fog kicks in, and we don't have <laughs> words to say. You know, I'm doing all right so far. I, I, I mangled up a few words mid-sentence, but I think I've covered it well. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> we'll just forget about that near-racist word at the beginning. <laughs> I, I can't blame that on brain fog. That was just me being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to cancel myself now. <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, you in know, this light, you can't tell that I'm still red from embarrassment, so... <laughs> I just thought that you were flush from being so turned on. <laughs> I'm seeing all of our faces. All well, our talk of X hamster. <laughs> yes. uh, we are here for our fabled game of the year show, which, to be quite honest, is my favorite show of the year. Yeah, it's a good one. It is. When all the rest of shit, at least there's one half decent one. Right. I will say, though, that this has been the hardest game of the year show for me to plan for. Just, I had far more games on my list this year and had a really difficult time narrowing them down. Yeah, I had about 10 minutes ago worked out what I'd played. You are such, 
an idiot. Did you seriously just pick ten at random? Just chuck them on the list. You know, it's easy. It's I hard to pick this... a favorite when they're all your favorite. I'm playing a game. It's my favorite thing in the world. Ah! <laughs> I th- I think before I even would I, I even talk about any of my stuff later on, I I wanted to say that this year's felt weirdly long. Like yeah. when I when I think back to games I played in, when I look back to games I played in January to March based on like trophies and activity on Steam and whatnot, it's like, wow, I played that this year? That that yeah. felt like 2020. Yep. Mike said Mike said um, that in WhatsApp as well, and I 100% mm-hmm. agree. There was stuff on my list that, by the way, I did do it last week. Uh, it's been done in advance. Um, <gasps> yeah. Yeah, but there was stuff on my list. like Prove it. I probably played in January. How can I prove it? Right, without sending you the list. (laughs) The first game we played for Factory Sealed in 2021 in January was Mario Sunshine. I honestly feel like I played that game fucking years ago. Jesus. Yeah. So I agree with you, Tom. Not because it was bollocks. Um, It's also just been, and I know this is not any different to everyone's got their own localised shit going on in their lives but this has been quite an eventful year for me so like there were huge sections where where i didn't play very many games at all and then over the last month i've actually played quite a lot of games so that was a nice way to finish the year you also bought an xbox i also bought an xbox series x yes and so did dan i did as well yes amazing so we're all we're all Double fisted now. You and I guys played the, the next gen boys. I regret, abs- <laughs> I regret absolutely nothing from buying that thing. Love it. Tom Played and I have played a disgusting <laughs> amount of Forza together. It has reignited that passion that we had from the sleeping dog days. I'll be driving yeah. down a road or I'll see something like, oh God, Car- Codapil's got this many more boards smashed. I'm going to stop and do this. I tell you yeah. what, though, some of your, your scores on those speed traps are embarrassingly low. There was Some one of them that are I, ridiculously high as well. Yeah, but there's one that you're like 128 and I blast through at 250. And it's like, well, that's because I wasn't, I just drove through it the first time and was on my way somewhere else. Uh, there's I a mean, couple I that guess. are in the 280s. Good luck with those. <laughs> we can't all get lucky with our wheel spins. <laughs> but we'll talk about that on another, uh, on, a, on our, maybe the next side quest. But holy shit, Forza, yeah. what a great fucking game. <sighs> Yeah, the, the whole console has been uh, it's been it's the been UI really interesting. A mess. The UI is is definitely um, needs some work, but the it's been funny coming back to the Xbox ecosystem because the last time I had one was the 360, and Sam, there's a lot of similarities. It's got that same feel to it. I love that it has its own. They still have their own little show their own little trailers you know the games with games mm-hmm. for gold trailers that they do where they actually like have someone sort of narrate and tell you about all the games that are coming to, to to gold that's a really nice touch that makes you feel part of a community and i know that microsoft push really hard for community like that's their business direction they need you because there like any games trying to get an xbox in every house and get people to get game pass and like nobody should feel like they can't afford it hence the all access thingy mobile where you pay monthly for the console you know like <laughs> they're definitely on a drive to like get people have uh with with hardware in their home and um no i'm, I'm really enjoying it so uh 
That's say one of my favorite gaming game. moments from like the past two months was all four of us playing totally reliable delivery service. Oh god! <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I had tears in my eyes for about fifteen minutes laughing Actual at that game. Actual tears. It was so funny. If like you when guys we were watched try, us, when we we're trying to grab that helicopter and you just careened into the ground and it exploded <laughs> it was just hilarious if you guys watched us during <laughs> hank fest last year playing gang beasts it was like that amplified by orders of magnitude with how ridiculous it was because of vehicles mainly and just the open world aspect yeah so it's the funny. most ridiculous game i've ever played but we had it so is, we played that for like an hour and a half we played it for a lot longer than i thought we would yeah I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know it was that ragdolly, to be honest. I didn't know it was like Gang Beasts in terms of I controls. would love to hop in and keep playing that together because that was so damn much fun. Yeah, I haven't laughed good. like that at a game for a very long time. Yeah. It was so funny. Actual tears. Seriously was. I'll have to take a screen recording next time and then cut cut the clips up or something because oh, Xbox so is pretty good, at, uh, pretty good at doing that. I haven't streamed good for a long time. Maybe if we play it again, I might, might stream it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be as impactful as the first time we played it, because now we know what to expect going into it, but still. I reckon we could still cause some havoc. Oh, so funny. (laughs) It probably won't make me ill this time as well. (laughs) That's right, you got done with the village, boy. Too much talking. (laughs) It was nearly, it was nearly, it was over two hours of gameplay, my cat to have a lie down. <laughs> yeah, I was still very ill though. Like I ended up quitting out because it was what when I still had COVID and like I was ill anyway. And like I said, all right, guys, I'm going to go because I'm not feeling well. And like and I was messaging you guys afterwards saying, I am not good. Like I think I uh, overdid <laughs> it, overestimated exactly what I'd be able to do. <laughs> guys, should we should we get cracking with what we got to do here? So the first order of business is as per usual we. Try to take a guess as to what we think each other's game of the year is going to be. And bear in mind, our game of the year is always a bit different. It's basically anything we played in the calendar year can be new, old. Correct. Uh, there's no nothing else than new or old, is there? I was going to go no. for a third option, but... <laughs> it does not have to have released in this calendar year. Yeah. So and when we say calendar year, it's from our last game of the year show to this one, basically. Correct. As long as we've played it. Well... I mean, it, you'd have to have played it within the calendar year of 2021. So anything that you've played this year is not eligible. Mm. Dan, you can take Metroid off. Sorry, son. <laughs> There's some of mine that I played in the last couple of weeks. So, Ooh. <laughs> All right. I'll allow it. Yeah, all right. So um. I'll, uh, I'll start with my guess for Dan. I think that Dan's game of the year is probably going to be Metroid, despite what I just said. No, it's not on the list. You can't tell me that. <laughs> you, said, you said I can't have it on the list, so that's nonsense. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you go ahead. What's your guess for Dan? Um, uh, my guess for Danzo. Uh, are you doing like a psychic reading? Like, <laughs> I didn't know I'd have to think about this. It's no, I, I've been thinking, but it's so hard. I really don't know what Dan's is because I don't, I first of all, he plays a lot. He like enjoys a lot. He's a bit of a happy-go-lucky chap. Um, I'm just going to go with Tales of Arise. Oh Ooh. fuck! I completely forgot. No, you I know what? Gonna... I'm changing mine to Returnal. Oh. 
See, I was okay. going to go for Tales of Arise, Tom, and then I thought about, I was thinking about it earlier today, and I'm going to go with Psychonauts 2. All right. Ooh, well, that's a good I think good. it's the right level of ridiculousness that, like, is going to tickle Dan enough that, like, elevates it up too high on his list. Elevates it. All right. As high as number one, you could say. <laughs> for Tom, I think Tom's game of the year is going to be Ghost of Tsushima. Forza Horizon 5 And you see right I've been toying between those two So I'm going to agree with one of you um, But I'm going to be uh, Yeah I'm going to be a bit arrogant Because I'm the one who's been pushing Tom to play Ghost of Tsushima I know he wanted to play it anyway But I am going to go with Ghost of Tsushima How the hell do you spell that? T-U or T-S-U? It's an S-T-T-S Tsushima Tsushima uh, the old standoffs. All right, for Mike, I think Mike is going to roll in with It Takes Two. It's goofy enough. He's been singing its praises for months on end. He's played through it twice. I think it's It Takes Two. I was going to say It Takes Two as well. Okay. This is my poker face. Hey oh. there. Um, hey, Tom, I, what's, I, your, what's I, your guess? I was also going to guess it takes two. Oh, man. All right. Clean sweep there. <laughs> Clean sweep. All right, what, Eric, do you guys, what do you guys guess for me, Dan? Ratchet and Clank rift apart. <laughs> That's also my guess. And also mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Am I that predictable? <laughs> yes. It's either that or Warzone. Let's <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed that Eric has got 10 games he played, to be honest. I played 10 Warzone. rounds of Warzone. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Hold on. Does anybody want to make any adjustments? Because I do. Okay, cool. Oh, I, want I, might make do. A, I want to make an adjustment to my guess for Dan. Okay. This will be my third guess for him. <laughs> yeah, because that's like I just genuinely don't know. It's hard. Dan's a difficult one. He plays so many games, and he enjoys a lot of games. I'm gonna say that his game of the year is Death's Door. Very little unheard of uh, game. I was gonna, I was considering that, but I'm gonna, I'll keep Tales of Arise. I think that's I'm a trying good to guess. Think, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think it is, but it would be interesting if it was. So I don't, you know. All right, I. I want to come up with other guesses for for you, Eric and Mike, just to have something different. But it's again, it's a difficult one. It is. It definitely is. Mike is um, going to just throw a wrench in it, and not even have it takes two. And he's like, "Oh fuck! I forgot I played that." <laughs> Sorry, Hazel's just come home from Lincoln, and there's an amazing donut shop in Lincoln called Donuts, and she's just she's just brought me this. Look at made this by Justin boy. Bieber. Look at look at this. Oh, that is a gourmet donut and a half. Look yeah. at it. Oh, look at that bad boy. Please, Cocoa please on the put top? that away. I'm on a diet no, and that it's, is it's, torture. It's Biscoff. It's crunched up Biscoff. No. <laughs> you <laughs> must stop. Mike, will you, you eat must it stop. on camera? To be healthy. <laughs> no, 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 because you, you will kick me back is off the Is there a way we can her. merge ASMR and <laughs> NFTs? Yeah, the audio, <laughs> audio NFT idea. NFTs, yeah. Right, so are those locked in anyway? Sorry, they are I was locked distracted in. by the donut. Uh, as per, we are going to start with our runners up. So 12, 11, no, 
13, 12, 11, in, in no real particular order. Um, so what order do we want to go this year? I feel like I've, I've gone first. Well, we always, we always do the same order every year. It's normally you, is it you, Tom, Dan, and me? Or is Tom and Dan usually the other way around? I can't remember. Well, on do this whatever list, it's on the Eric, tables, Dan, it's Tom, then you, so... Yeah, do that. Do the order on the table so it doesn't get confusing. Yeah. Okay. Nothing but professional here. <laughs> Nothing but professional. Um, are we going to read out all of them at once? Yeah, I guess so. I okay. guess you would just maybe say a line or two about each one. Okay. In so, case somebody has it on their list and then we can talk more about it. Right. Okay. But so, don't mention, if it is on your list, don't mention it on this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mine is actually in an order. So my number 13 would be Deathloop. Does oh. anybody have that on their oh. list? No, you know, I've started this year, so I'm not allowed. Okay. So, yeah, it was one of those games that I was really not particularly looking forward to, but I bought it anyway and initially got really hooked into it. And then after I kind of discovered the, pardon the pun, the loop of the game, it really lost a lot of its appeal and a lot of its luster. It was nowhere nearly as robust as they led you to believe during all of the hundreds of millions of previews and videos and uh, exposés about it. I felt that the best aspect of that game was the voice acting. It was second to none in almost any game I've ever played. It was just mm. unbelievable. The guy who played Colt, incredible. Um, mm. The I'm drawing a blank on the on the uh, the girl's Juliana. name. Juliana. Juliana, thank you. Their dynamic between the two of them was phenomenal. The story was really cool. I think what what really hampered this game was how long it took to really physically wrap your head around how the game functions and what the hell you're supposed to be doing. Once you do, it's really cool. But by that point, you've discovered that there's really not as much customizability, customization, whatever you want to call it to actually how you approach the game. It felt very much like Dishonored, where there is clearly one best way to go through each individual mission, and it's usually just guns blazing, because there's really no ramifications for not doing that. Yeah, if you die three times, you get kicked back out, but it wasn't all that incredibly difficult. So hmm. I wanted to like it more than I ended up really liking it, and I just don't foresee myself ever going back to it. So I don't mean to, like piss and shit all over your, your parade of playing through it right now and i i'm curious to hear about your feedback on it dan but um i got to the end of it and went eh. so i'm really enjoying it i'm just running through the levels using the machete like a lunatic that's great yeah. fun <laughs> i am super intrigued by the story as well i just like wanted there it, to be, I, I just wanted there to be more usage of the powers the only power i really ever found myself using was teleport that's it Really? The Carnesis one is hilarious. You fling people around. It's so fun. <laughs> it's just easier to shoot people and dash around. Yeah. It's easier to dash right in the face than shove your machete through the neck. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Number 12 for me would be Halo Infinite. Oh, interesting. Mm, Anybody nice. have that on their list? Nope. We're not doing that, but yeah, not, let's just do saying. a line. Just do, do a line. Oh, yeah. Okay. Since you're on your well, mention. Okay. Um, <laughs> then then I if it's on someone else's be... list, you can go more in depth then. Very yeah. similar to Deathloop. 
I was really looking forward to this. Actually, it was the main reason that I purchased my Series X because I wanted to play Halo Infinite. Huge storied history with it. Phenomenal game. Don't get me wrong. Love the fact that they have a huge open world to it. But there's a certain point that you hit in the game where that all disappears. And it's almost like a point of no return where you can't go back to what made the game fun until after you beat it. And the storyline was... It relied really heavily on lore that was established in the Halo Wars games, which I didn't play. So I didn't have much of a connection to what was going on outside of the whole arc with um, Weapon and Cortana and what happened in, in Halo 5. So it was cool. It was fun to be back in the Halo universe game. Looks great. The grappling hook added a whole new element. But I just got to the end again and just went, oh, OK, another Halo game under the belt. And then 11 for me would be a game that Zach and I, at the beginning of the year, agreed that we would both complete and we have both abandoned that mission because it's just too overwhelming. And that would be Dark Souls 2. Oh, wow. Oh, really? It's the only Souls game I haven't beaten. I was dead set on beating it. I got 55 hours into it and just kind of hit a point where I went, this is what's wrong with this game. It's too big. There's too much. <laughs> There is very little clarity on where you're supposed to be going, especially when you throw in the Scholars of the First Sin DLC. I was even following a guide. I had so much fun with that game, leveling stuff up, going back through, uh, exploring. It was nice to have a new Souls game to experience, even though it was was old. I'd never actually been through the entire game. Really enjoyed it, but it just re-solidified for me that that game is just kind of bad because it's so big. I disagree, but okay. I need to replay that one. <laughs> I'd like to finish it, but I I booted it back up and just like, I just don't have the bandwidth for this. It's quite a divisive Souls game, that one. It really is. It's really been neat, though, to see the the community surrounding Dark Souls 2 is very robust, and they, they still plan like these big multiplayer community events, and they see this massive resurgence in adoption mm. and people playing the game. Yeah, they do that well, for Bloodborne as well every year. Uh, it's really cool. Mm. Nice. Cool. Dan, you're 13, 12, and 11. Okay. So in at 13, funnily enough, I've just mentioned it, Bloodborne. Oh. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> I replayed this at Christmas. I was having a bit of a lull uh, before I got my Series X, and I just needed something to pass the time. I was like, you know what? I'll pop Bloodborne in again. And I ended up completing the entire thing. Um, did the DLC for the first time finally beat the final boss of the DLC which I've never done before and yeah I, it's just a superb game it's a shame it's never been patched to run better on PS4 Pro or PS5 but apparently it's been remastered so who knows but I'm proud it. of you for beating that final boss though that's that's gotta be a god it was <laughs> but I, I remember I remember when I did it I tried last time and I give up. I must have tried about 30 times. Couldn't beat it. Did it on the second try this time. Wow. Because that boss is tough. Um, number 12 is a Plague Tale Innocence. Yes. I forgot mm -hmm. you mentioned this year. Which Very was nice. on PS Plus, I believe. And uh, I tried it and really enjoyed it. Like, talk about a game that has more depth and more storyline and better characters than you expected to. Um, it's just fantastic, really. I don't really want to give too much away about it because it's so narrative-driven, but like, hit me right in the feels, that one, you know? It was really good. 
Um, and finally, for number... Is it 11? Yes, it's 11. Um, I'm going to put Unsighted at 11. Oh. So Unsighted was kind of a Metroidvania game that came out this year. I can see Eric rolling his eyes already. You um, lost me at Metroidvania. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere, and I a review for it popped up on my phone, and then I watched a couple of trailers, and I was like, this looks really good. And it's kind of a top-down, isometric Metroidvania where you play as a robot, um, and you have kind of... Every NPC in the game has a time limit, and if you take too long, the d- different NPCs can die, and you can use different items to revive them, or you can just let them die. It has consequences. Like, you might, for example, let a shopkeeper die, and that means you can't buy weapons and things anymore. And it's kind of... It plays a bit like Zelda, but with kind of a modern twist with uh, some really nice traversal mechanics and stuff like that, and some really challenging, rewarding combat as well. Really enjoyed it. I did start it, and I I enjoyed what I played of it, but I kind of had that and a couple other stuff uh, going at the same time, so I have not Standard Peterson. It. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's... Are, are you really gaming properly if you don't have 15 games going at once? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, hit us. 13, 12, and 11. Um... Yeah, there's no order with mine, actually. Well, um, I'm going to give it an order. So we'll just go with my 13 is Resident Evil 5. Um, Whoa. I played through that co-op uh, I st- with a, a friend of mine, a Twitch streamer. We played we played it through, and uh, it was terrible, but it was like a lot of fun. I thought you, One of those I thought kind you of played games. it with Mike. No, we're uh, playing six. six. We're playing. We're playing uh, six. Fuck, hang on, wait, can I change Tom's Game of the Year? His Game of the Year is Resident Evil 6, I know it. <laughs> I'll go back up, I'll edit it. Um, no, I'm joking. Yeah, RE5, very... Just a weird departure from the series up till that point. Um, but the co-op aspect is actually pretty strong. Like, they really focus on that mechanic, um, and they just... Everything else went out the, out the window. Psychological horror, all gone. Uh, survival horror, gone. Um... But no, I had a lot of fun with it and uh, we had a laugh with it and it still holds up pretty well Like to play uh, with like... The controls are a bit iffy on PC, but um, probably fine on uh, on console. So uh, yeah, that's my that's one of my games. The next one is um, Days Gone. Nice. Um, I ended up like putting like a good 45 hours into that game. It's Jeez. ridiculously huge. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There is so much Been to do. That. Yeah, there is. There is so much to do, and I, I did. I did as many side quests as I could before they started very heavily repeating themselves, um, and I got, got a little bit sick of it. But it it almost gets there, but it just it has a few issues where it it demands a lot more of your um, emotional investment than it earns. It sometimes just kind of gets a little it bit does, too. It does drag on a bit. Yeah, and it, and it takes itself very, very seriously and doesn't remember to ground itself. There's, like, not really any comedic moments. It's just very serious all the time. And, like, I like some of that, but, like, it needed... The fact that it doesn't take itself seri- uh that it always takes itself seriously, leads it, lends itself to a little bit of ridicule every now and again with some... Like, the lead character talks to himself a lot. It's very over the top. And it's sometimes it works, and then sometimes it just doesn't. But, like... Gameplay wise, I don't think I've ever played a game with such good like uh, 
bike controls like they really focus on the bike as being this this the survival tool of, of choice um the world looks gorgeous um uh taking on huge swarms of freakers is genuinely like technically awesome and quite terrifying i um, once you once you get leveled up enough tom to do yes. that like that is my favorite part of the game just i have fond memories of spending about half an hour wandering around the countryside with like millions of zombies in tour just lobbing molotov cocktails in the, into them it's trying it's to mow them down with machine guns brilliant they, they worked hard on that for sure and sneaking around just dilapidated gas stations and abandoned homes at picking up like resources to craft like that's that's done really well and um you know it feels like walking dead style but not you know it, it, it we know that zombies are a little overdone but it, it was a nice thing to to, to dive into and uh, an interesting enough story to keep me going um and then my other honorable mention is a game called observer um i love observer it's just love a that game psychological first person horror game by the blooper team they did Blair Witch as well and the medium more recently um and uh it stars uh Rutger Hauer who is obviously in in Blade Runner rest in peace um and he's the lead like voice actor and really good performance it feels like a a dank dystopia of like diving into people's minds and solving problems because you're you play as a detective uh, in this really kind of seedy apartment building that you're kind of exploring. Um, I don't know, This the visual effects and world design are really strong. And um, uh, the only issue was there, was there were a couple of like horrible stealth sections that just didn't work super well from a gameplay perspective. But otherwise, I really enjoyed that game. Uh, wonderful like greenish color palette across the whole thing. Like it just gave you that really almost matrixy tint to like uh, futuristic horribleness i don't know it it worked for me and i I enjoyed it i just love the aesthetic of that game too yeah yeah very glitchy and weird Uh, and like i don't know it's just real it has a cyberpunk feel to it without all of the like actual glitches yeah 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 (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah those are my those are my three so uh yeah mike Hello. Uh, these these are in no particular order. They're just I'm the order put them in I order. Wrote them down. Uh, just just write them in the slots, and you can you can you can choose. I'll let you do it. Um, so Uncharted Lost Legacy was one of them. Um, been ages, yeah. like been meaning for ages to get round to playing it. Um, I wasn't 100 percent sold for most of it. I was like, eh, it's more Uncharted. Um, I was glad to see that the series can carry on without Nathan Drake. Spoilers for the end of Uncharted 4, um, I guess. But uh, yeah, uh, it completely sold me as soon as we got to that train section at the end, which was just incredible. Um, it's, like yes. the, it's like Uncharted yeah. 2 all over again. Yeah, I was sold. So uh, my other honorable mention, um, Ratchet & Clank 2016. Um, my first ever Ratchet & Clank game, I wanted to play it before I played Rift Apart, which I do own, but I'm going to take a little break and before I play Rift Apart. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, that series has got legs. I reckon it will go far. Did you watch the movie to <laughs> coincide with the game? I didn't know, but um, but no, I enjoyed it. it. It was real good fun, and you know, I know everyone always talks about how amazing the weapons are. Um, like the the names escaping me, the disco ball grenade thing, Groovatron. Groovatron. Yeah, Groovatron. Um, yeah, Groovatron and uh, the Pixelator and stuff like that. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'm gonna 
make sure I play Ratchet and Clank games in the future, obviously, when they eventually follow up Rift Apart. Uh, and then lastly, a game called Observation, uh, which is where you you're essentially play as a, an AI on a space station. Um, not to be I didn't know you Observer. played that. Yeah, nice. man, I played it. It was one of the first games I played on the Series X because it was on Game Pass at the time. I didn't finish um, it, but I love that game. It's a fantastic game. Yeah. You're essentially just a, an AI on a space station and it's it's a horror game and like uh, it begins where like loads of shit has just happened in the space station and um, I can't give too much away without ruining the story, but it's spooky, it's unnerving and it's just a very clever idea. There was one very frustrating part in that game where you're outside and you have to like navigate her to um, specific parts on the outside of the ship to reactivate relays or some shit like that. Mm, Yeah, it seems to get lost. Yeah. Great game, though. Really good game. Mm. I recommend it for sure. All right. Shall we get started? Here we are. The actual list of games. So um, my number 10 rolls in and... The older I get, the more I remind myself that I need to maintain this thirst for knowledge. Because when you're young, knowledge is forced on you through school. When you get older, you're like, I need to continue learning and expanding. And I thought, what don't I know a lot about? And I settled on, I know literally nothing about rice farming. So that's where my number 10 game comes in is a game where you not only get to kill a lot of stuff but you get to learn about hardcore simulation rice farming in the process uh i know i have talked about it but sakuna of rice and ruin i remember you talking about this on on the show didn't you like didn't you like take a punt on this as well (laughs) i did took an absolute punt i was just browsing through amazon and this popped up as one of the collector's editions and the box art caught me. I'm like, what is this? So I spent like three days reading about it, watching reviews and went, holy shit, that looks fucking awesome. Because it really scratched that itch of like 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up platformer mixed with Harvest Moon. I had no idea what I was getting in for. It took me kind of, it took me about a week to find it here locally. I could have just ordered it online, but I'm like, I'm just going to go pick it up somewhere. Because I was torn, do I want the collector's edition? Do I want the regular? Anyway, settled on regular. And what I ended up getting out of it was one of the most intriguing, unusual games that I have played in a long time. You play as a fallen goddess who's been banished to a a remote island with her entourage of people. And your goal is to regain your place back up in the, the... seed of the gods but you need to survive on this island by farming rice so you have this rice patty and it is i'm not kidding actual hardcore rice farming simulation i could probably go out and plant a rice patty now with the knowledge that i've learned from this game it's all (laughs) seasonal based you need to plant the rice at the certain time you need to compensate for the amount of water that's in the rice patty you need to make sure that you pull it out or drain it at just the right time let it dry you need to hang it up then you need to thatch it but it's all like a a mini game based event of how you do this stuff but to add a whole new element to it is when you're out fighting you collect minerals that you can then turn into fertilizer to adjust the quality of the rice because the quality of the rice then affects what you feed people, which then in turn has an effect on their efficiency out in the field in combat. And you get this really complex breakdown at the end of each season. It's this diagram with 
angular charts of like your your rice had this much of this mineral this much of this if you want to do this adjust all that stuff but that aside the combat itself was fantastic and i could probably see dan getting lost pretty heavily into it is um just it's standard fair side scrolling action but uh she's got this scarf that acts kind of like a a chain whip and can dash yourself around the map pretty heavily but there's a day-night cycle. Once once the night hits, then the, the tougher enemies come out, and there's a bunch of crap to explore within each of the worlds. It's got a little bit of a... I'm not going to say Metroidvania because it's like not super open-world interconnected, but just a really odd game that caught me so far off guard. Like This, th- this game's fantastic. Hmm. Never heard Good of choice. it. <laughs> he definitely he went on for a long time. It, it, was it a two-man show, Eric, with just me and you? Might have been. I think it might have been, but yeah, he he went he went yeah. on about it for quite a while on one show. I remember, been. but I don't remember I'm glad this. It, glad yeah, it left you only listened to the ones with me on, so yeah, heard it. Glad it left an impact, Eric, because you you seemed really hot on it at the time. I didn't realize. Did you finish it then? I didn't. I hit a point where it's really difficult, like exceptionally difficult, because you unlock these different areas, and in order to continue unlocking them, you have to hit a certain exploration rate within each of the levels and to do that there are certain objectives within and it it kind of boils down to balancing the efficiency of your rice farming to to increase your combat capabilities which then will allow you to fight the night enemies which i kind of got stuck in that cycle of like trying to find that right balance so it's it's not for the lighthearted, but it's also a friggin ton of fun i never i really like the harvest moon style games but this just scratched that itch enough without being like farming simulator 2019 set in Japan. <laughs> well, very cool. So, yep, that's my number 10. Dan, start with a massive story. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Oh, bullshit. There's no uh, way you're just going to go like, it's this. <laughs> I toyed with not doing it, but uh, so Eric, <laughs> let me spin you a yarn. I don't like yarn. <laughs> Makes my skin itch. Imagine if you're out on an African safari, right? Yeah. There's a pride right. of lions in the distance and they're having their afternoon snack and they've just killed a load of wildebeest or something. But all these lions, they're only taking the hearts out of these lions. And then they're talking, taking them away. What do you do? You wave at them and you say sayonara wild hearts. That's what you do. <laughs> oh, my God. God. I'm, guys, we're done. <laughs> That's it. Done. Make your light just- blink. Just blink, we're done. <laughs> but no serious no clue where yes, you were Dan, going with yes. that. Fucking yes. I'm I'm so glad when you started playing <laughs> this. This is the dumbest story I'm... you've ever told. <laughs> I know I couldn't think of one for the while. Fuck's sake. But yes, Dan, yes. I was Good so excited call. when you said Fantastic you were playing this. Game. Stupid. <laughs> I adore that game. I do as well. Um, Me too. I got really obsessed with this, like to the point where I would find myself three days after playing it still singing Begin Again in my head. <laughs> and it just would not go away for weeks. Um, I just, I got really addicted to it. It really scratches that itch for me of the arcade kind of just one more run. I want to try and get the perfect score. You know what I'm like for that kind of thing. It, if oh, you're yeah. unfamiliar with Sayonara of Wild Hearts, I think these guys have had it on their list before. It's kind of, it's not really like anything else. It's a rhythm game, essentially, but also a platformer. Well, it's almost like a, uh, 
like one of those mobile game like endless runners mixed with a rhythm game. It's a bit it's like, like Thumper endless, as well. It's like a story mode. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's like Thumper. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I love Thumper. Really enjoyed Thumper in VR actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh god, it's cool. great. Like, so it's not the same this, when you've played it in that once. Like this no. is this is gonna sound like I'm ragging on Cyanar Wild Hearts, but I'm not at all. Um because it is a fantastic game. But in many ways it's more of a style over substance game. Mm. Really. It's very basic gameplay, but it just the way it it's artistic, it's, it's, it's definitely yes. artsy. But it's um, got such it's got such a good soundtrack though, and it's just so it's just so it fun. It is. My Mike got me the vinyl. Um for oh, my yeah, birthday one year. Yeah. Have you spun it yet? No, I opened it just to get just to have a look at it because it was a nice looking vinyl and it's got there had a stick some stickers in there as well. Very nice. Beautiful. I played it on Apple Arcade when it first came out, but it just didn't really rub me as a good mobile game. Oh yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, get it on console, man. It's it like the Switch version is pretty good. Like, well, it just it is great, but like you know, yeah. maybe play, maybe get it on something. Well, you could do it Switch anyway, but maybe get it on, on PS Five or Series X and put it through your awesome sound system. Yeah, oh, yeah. I wonder if it's got Atmos support. Probably not. Maybe. Good choice, Dan. I need to play that. You do, Thomas. Be there. Give us your first obscure game of the year. No, it's not <laughs> obscure. It's not obscure, guys. Is it Fortnite? <laughs> My number ten is also is also a rhythm game. It is uh, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix on the 3DS. It's obscure. Um, rhythm Heaven. It's mix? called Rhythm Paradise Mega Mix in Europe and Heaven Mega Mix in North America, I believe. Um. The the, pre, the the previous game was on the original DS, which you had to use the stylus for. This one you can use either stylus or buttons. It is basically a sequence of miniature levels. Um, it's very Japanese and goofy, but it's like um, the, 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 the tunes are real catchy and they have a little story to them as well as you're going through. I don't know, I just find myself nodding along. I played it so much when I was on vacation. It's my... It was my favorite game I've played on my 3DS so far, which is a new console for me. I only got it quite recently. Is that the onion from Parappa the Rapper? Uh, it's not, but I, it looks like it, doesn't it? But yeah, like, for example, there's a picture Eric just shared of you clipping the hairs off an onion and you have to, like, clip the hairs in time with the music. There's loads of stuff like that. There's one where you're, you're translating what, an alien, what a Martian has come down to Earth to, to communicate with you and you're translating. It's all of a bit of a Simon Says kind of a, a game um you're a part is it of like a, a rhythm warrior wear yeah 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 it's kind of like like that like a rhythm warrior wear that's a really good way to put it um oh it's just so did this get a physical release yeah it did it's quite expensive is that what you played did you get a physical or did you uh... no mine's on digital is it on the eShop? it is or did you bootleg it well it's on the eShop. <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. Um, <laughs> I plead the fifth. Um, and uh, oh, it's just it's just really That's fun. Okay. Honestly, it's, it's very casual. Pick up and play anytime. Uh, so it's perfect for the for the handheld. Um, 
I just find myself singing the tunes all the time, and they're very annoying for anybody who doesn't play the game. So basically, Catherine hates me. Kind of like uh, the Katamari songs. Yeah. There was another rhythm game that really reminded me of, I guess, kind of Prapper the Rapper in a way. Um, I don't know. I'm a sucker for rhythm games. They always end up on my list every year, and this one had to sneak in there because it was... And the 3DS was a new console for me this year, so it was nice to... Uh, Wait, have you played Theater Rhythm yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Long time. I need to play that. Oh, my God. You'll love you, that. You don't have a 3DS, though, do you? Yeah, I do. How oh. have you not played this? I don't know. I, I've played many games on my 3DS, to be honest. <laughs> it is right up your pooper, Dan. It's yeah. very surprised it's never been ported to Switch, actually. Yeah. Mm, yeah, good point. Yeah. How could it? Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. But, yeah. Play it. Add it to the list. I like it. Looks goofy. Looks quirky. I'm going to hunt for it. Hell yeah. Mike, number 10. Hello, I have a feeling this is going to be higher on someone's list, so we'll have to talk about it then. Uh, yeah. Number 10 is Halo Infinite. It was lower on mine. Yeah. Has anyone got it higher? Nope. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Is uh, that even on well, Dan's list? Nope. I haven't, I've barely played it. Oh. Yeah. Um, well... Eric didn't quite understand what honorable mentions meant, so he, meant he went quite in-depth with it already. <laughs> um, but no, for me, like, obviously I'm not really massively into first-person shooters. Um, I did play it on easy just because I suck at first-person shooters so badly that it was the only way I could actually enjoy it because I was struggling quite hard. But um, I've never, ever, ever owned an Xbox at the time when Halo uh, has been in the zeitgeist. Um, I was intrigued by this. Um all the reviews kept saying that like it's great for people who aren't that familiar with Halo and I've only ever played the first one for the show um, and I did start getting into it and I said to you guys do I need to know the story because they're bringing stuff up and I have no idea what's fucking going on so I ended up watching a YouTube video which basically told the entire story of Halo from beginning to end including all the side games and stuff like that uh, in about 10 to 15 minutes and I still didn't understand afterwards anyway um, but I really really wanted to play Halo whilst it was in the zeitgeist whilst it was in the conversation see kind of get the buzz about Halo as one comes out because I've never really been that high on Halo. Um, obviously, it goes without saying, Halo's really solid third person, uh, first-person shooter. Um, the open-world elements were really fun to begin with, but like Eric said, that kind of eventually kind of just disappears. Um, and to be honest, the open-world bits you get Apart from finding the Spartan cores to upgrade some of your abilities, what you do in the open world doesn't really affect anything you do in the actual levels. Because when you go to certain sections, you end up going into your typical Halo levels where it's just really, you know, glossy sci-fi corridors. Um, I think that's why I've dropped off at Mike, to be honest. I felt like I wasn't getting any reward for exploration. Mm, yeah. Hey, there's I mean, a gigantic sandwich that you can find in this game. I, well, I didn't find that, <laughs> but um, but you know, it, it the open world was fun and everything like that. But um, yeah, it was just fun to play Halo whilst it was in the zeitgeist. It was a really solid first person shooter. Like I said, I did play it on easy because I was struggling with it otherwise. Um, but it was just great. Um, however, right here's a fucking hard truth. Here is a hard truth for you all. Right, Hit me, fucking. Welcome to the very first episode of Mike Tyson's Hard Truths here on Factory Sealed. Unsubscribe. Did you say unsubscribe or subscribe? Unsubscribe. <laughs> oh. 
Halo vehicle control sucks. It no, fucking suck. sucks. I don't you care what suck. any of you say. No. Driving those fucking warthogs around with that weird, like, just following, like, the mouse pointer. <laughs> it sucks. It. You There's all think it's hilarious better. because you used to fucking just tip your out warthog over and thought it was hilarious for years. <laughs> no, it sucks. Just give me normal fucking driving controls. No. I'd go to no. a base. The Marines would climb in. I'd drive it down a fucking road. It'd go, oh, oh, no, I'm a car, but I've fallen over. And everyone fucking falls out, and you got to wait for your Marines to get in again. And then, like, it just fucking wheel spins around no. and all sorts. It's just, it sucks. It fucking sucks. Just give me normal driving controls. Here's the first episode of a show called uh, Mike's Wrong. And he is completely <laughs> wrong because those controls are fucking great. They fucking suck, and you know Dude, it. There's it's nothing part, it's better. part of the fun of driving a warthog. Are you going to flip it over and kill all the Marines? It's great, man. There's it's nothing better than hopping into a warthog and just doing this badass power slide as Wait, you're sliding into the base. Do they still use the sticks to drive yeah. it? They yeah, it's still the exact same it. controls from Halo 1. What, you can't use RT to accelerate like a normal game? No. What? Have you That's ever yeah, played it's still Halo? The same, it's the ever? same you controls know, you as Halo I've 1. Halo. Have Don't you, you ask me stupid Halo? questions. Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> Just give me normal fucking driving controls. The, the, like, you've given me a nice big open sandbox to go drive around in. And <sighs> What I will also, say, question, though, and Eric, the one did you piece ever see I... nighttime in that game? Apparently there was a day-night cycle, but I fucking never got to nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> the one vehicle that I feel like they did fuck up the controls on was the Scorpion tank. I physically struggled with driving that thing every single time I was in it. Warthog, Banshees, all that other crap, totally fine, just like normal, but Jesus, the, the for some reason, the Scorpions just did not function. If it was up to Eric, Triangle would still be Jump. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> circle would be Select. Click and Sprint, sprint would shoot. be Hammering X. But Eric, Eric already <laughs> mentioned the Grappling Hook as well. The Grappling Hook is good fun. It's real fun just to like grapple onto an enemy and then fly towards him and punch him in the face um but yeah i i the idea was there i don't think they followed through on a lot of it um you know that the open world needs more to do and more reward um but in terms of like the standard kind of halo stuff like going into the levels and shooting the covenant and all that jazz and and the banished and stuff yeah it was fun i enjoyed it um I don't know all the backstory with fucking Cortana and everything like that, but the new AI, like, a lot of charisma and stuff like that. There's She's a enjoyable big and- scene that happens about two-thirds of the way through that everybody lost their minds about, and it was impactful and great, but I feel like the importance of that scene was so overshadowed by the obscurity of all the other crap that was going on. And my one big complaint is that, yes, they did have cutscenes, but so much of the story was told through Master Chief just looking at the palm of his hand or watching some gigantic red hologram of the, the mm. main bad guy. Like that was well oh, over seventy percent of exposition in this game was just those two mm. things. Mm. Better than text logs. It's true. He's Which are wrong. also in it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my number ten. Good choice. I like it. Thanks. My number nine is an RPG series that I feel like is going to tickle Tom's pickle. I know I talked about quite a bit of it when I actually played it at the time, but it was part of a series where I'd never actually played the very first one. This one is Star Ocean First Departure on the PSP. Very good. Something about this game. It was a very weird experience where the first half of it, I went, am I really enjoying this? 
or am I just kind of going through this to go through it? Because Second Story is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. It's just friggin' phenomenal. Yeah. But what they did with the remaster of the original was basically bring it up to par with where Second Story was. And um, about halfway through, I finally wrapped my head around... There's a system in there, and some of the, the details of it have eluded me in the time since. But there's, there, it's kind of like a job system in there where you can get musical instruments or you can be good at calligraphy and it's just this really weird system that is not explained in any way shape or form and i came across a guide like i just wanted to wrap my head around how to utilize all this stuff and i came across a guide that said hey do all of this and then when you get done your character will be able to play a song which is going to summon a special enemy, which is the hardest enemy in the game. But before you do that, if you have this character write a letter using this pen on this parchment, all of your XP will be quadrupled and then have this person do that so that your attack bonuses are like times 15. Then play the flute, bring this person in, and you can like one-shot this really intense enemy. And I went from like level 30 to 99 in two hours of grinding and the game just became infinitely more fun. But that aside, like just the world and the universe of Star Ocean is so freaking cool. I really enjoyed Last Warp. That's the only one I've ever played. I need to go yeah. back. And that's awesome. I'm glad it's on your list, Eric, because I really enjoyed First Departure when it was first on the the PC, uh, PSP rather. Yeah. Um, it's I, yeah, we are you are uh, we are a little bit starved of turn based RPGs that have that sort of sci fi ish setting, you know, w- mixed with real world. What's um, disappointing, though, is that this one didn't have as much sci-fi no. aspect. Like, there's That's a true. there's a blip at the beginning where you're in space, and then a little bit towards the end. Otherwise, it's your standard fare, like medieval style setting. Yeah, there's a, yeah. New, there's a new one coming out soon, isn't there? Oh, I don't. Uh, know. Yes, there is. A, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, a player a while back. I'm sure they it. Did. It was like for me, it was like one of the highlights of the state of play. Oh. Um, because I thought they would, I, I, I was hoping that they would bring that series back around because I never played the last one, which was called Integrity and Faithlessness on the PS4. Apparently, it was just pretty mediocre, not a great game. All right, so. really? Yeah. So hopefully that comes back. But that's that's cool. That's cool. I I wonder if you'll play. Do you think you'll play Second Evolution, the remake of Second Story? At some I point? started it immediately after, but went. Ugh, oh, not ready for that. This. Not ready. Like, yeah. It's, it's intense. It's a lot. It's, it's a th- lot. Th- that job system that I'm describing is very overwhelming. Yeah. Very. And it's so obtuse, but I'll I'll eventually get to it because I want to replay that. Uh, one game you could possibly try is um, Cosmic Star Heroine. That's I've like tried. a... Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because mm. that's Star Ocean-esque with just only eight to ten hours long. So... Oh, I enjoyed that game. I don't think I finished it. Oh. Yeah, I... Th- I, uh, really good. Dan. Hello. Weave me a tail. <laughs> okay. So Eric, right. You know, when you've got a ghost, but you're next to a body of water and you need to somehow get that ghost across said body of water. What's Use the best way to do it? Using a Tushima. No, it's using a bridge of spirits, which is Kina <laughs> bridge of spirits. Guys, he's slipping. <laughs> Uh, no. is <laughs> the thing is Dan dealt when he starts having these jokes he did, when it become when he starts like self, being self-referential it, he dives in too hard 
<laughs> it's tradition at this point. It's happening. Go with it. <laughs> but go on, Dan. I'm intrigued to hear about this because uh, I do want to pick this up at some point. So I However, I do think it's going to be, be on PS Plus one day. I got this for the Christmas and I basically, it was, I put it in my PS5. It stayed in the PS5 for several days and I played <coughs> through pretty much from start to finish. Um, fantastic game. Um, really, like, if you saw the trailers for this, it's basically a Pixar film in game form. It's that good and it plays really well as well. It kind of has an element of Dark Souls to it, Eric, while also having kind of the exploration element of really good like Jack and Daxter games and stuff like that. Oh, good, I'm afraid you were yeah. going to say Metroidvania. No, there's no Metroidvania. <laughs> like you, you got me at Dark Souls, like just set the hook at this point. Yeah, and it tells a really good little story as well. Um and plus, the, the the little rot creatures are absolutely adorable, and you can dress them up in stupid hats. And it's how brilliant. long is it? Give me a time frame. Uh, ten hours. Oh, okay. I'm interested. Nice, I nice, have some nice Christmas money to spend. Um, I know you're not a fan of um, digital, Eric, but I think it's currently on sale on PS Plus, uh, PSN as well. Until the, I want to say until the fifteenth. Yeah, but a hearty, hearty of pips for me for this one because it was just, I, I, I thought it looked good, but when I played it, I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was as well. Like the vi- the gameplay is as good as the visuals, and I think pretty much all of you would enjoy it. To be honest, if you give it a try, oh, I was literally about to say what I like it, it was on sale. Well, poop. Oh well, poop, poop, out poop. Yeah, uh, that that was that um, studio's first game as well, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, and I believe Sony has now bought them. Oh, So they're first party Sony studio from now on, because obviously That's they went, this has a lot of promise. I think Sony was heavily involved in developing this game because it was on State of Play Lords in the build-up to release. It looks good. It It's really good. It's a lot of fun. Probably helped finance it or something, because it's PlayStation exclusive as well, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that this was coming to Game Pass. I think I was confusing it with the Ori and the Will of the Wisp. I wonder if I should play that Ori game. You should. I finished. You that played a it's huge really chunk of it when you were here, Dan. Is this something I would like? Oh yeah, it's a Metroidvania style game. So no, no, <laughs> no. I'll try it. I'll try it. But I'm no. out. Delete. Cancel. Can't do it. <laughs> Cancel Game Pass. <laughs> you lost me at Met. Tom, um, what's your number nine? My number nine is definitely higher on other people's lists, so I won't go too deep into it, really. So, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart? Yep. Nope. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, with that being higher on other people's lists, I'll go to my number nine, which Tom, funnily enough, is Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh, ah. yeah. So uh, I, I actually played this. Uh, this was one of those games where I feel like I fucking played it years ago with how long this year's been. But I actually played this on Switch, um, which is a that's really... Co- that's because you watch I'm, me play it on uh, Eric's telly. Back in the yes. Year, back yeah. In the <laughs> so like they released it on Switch and I only played it. I, I think I played the entire thing handheld. I didn't put it on the TV once. So I don't know how it looks on there, but on the Switch screen itself um looks fantastic and even the the studio that made it who like the name is escaping me at the moment they um they were talking about how like in many ways 
the Switch version is like one of the best ways to play it, um, just because how well they optimized it for it. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it has got Metroidvania elements, Tom, which I know you're not a massive fan of, but they're Damn not it. too intrusive. Um, okay. But the, the the game is just absolutely gorgeous. It has such an amazing art style. It's vibrant colors. Like every single area has its own sort of look and feel to it. The music is so fucking incredible. It it it's so emotive in the way it is and mm. apart from like some brief bits of narration there's not any sort of dialogue from the characters um but like along with the music and the visuals and everything that's going on like the emotions hit like i won't go into spoilers of the game but i mean like you'd think the story is almost kind of secondary but just the way everything weaves together with it it, it it's you you do feel things despite it being just it it's a platformer in a way it's a 2d platformer um but it controls amazingly um ori's just really really nimble even from the beginning before you start getting all of the 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 more um the the the, the better abilities sorry i'm struggling to think of what i was saying um the, the 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 better abilities and stuff like that it's challenging as well there's some some areas that like i struggled with and had to have a few goes and you know it brought me back to those days of like struggling with some of those harder bits of celeste and stuff like that but yeah if you you love a 2d platformer with, with like i said there are some metroidvania elements where you need some of the later abilities to get to some of the other bits but i say it's not too intrusive at all but it genuinely fantastic game that gets you right in the feels and just feels amazing to play and you feel like you've achieved something at the end of it as well because of how difficult some of those later platforming parts are mm. is it at all like hollow knight in any way no okay because that was of very the, difficult of the 20 minutes i've played of hollow knight no it's nothing like it okay all. hollow knight's a lot more difficult um mike i actually played through ori and the will of the wisps the sequel and the only reason that is not on my list is because I played some really strong games this year, and but I absolutely loved it. It was really good. I would say yeah. it was a fourteen on my list. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to get around to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it on Xbox because like I I did pick it up physically on Switch, but I've decided I'm just going to play the Xbox version because I want to play it in the 4K. Mm, yeah, um, it's beautiful. And not, yeah. I'm on my soundbar as well because like I've got a decent soundbar with a decent bass sub so i want to hear with how much i enjoyed the music just through the switch speakers which was the original switch as well because i've now got the switch oled which has the improved sound um this is on the original switch and i adored that soundtrack so much and i just want to i want to play it with the big screen experience the high resolution with like the amazing sound good but yeah tom i'd Michael. recommend it like i would boot it up and if you're not sold on the platforming and stuff in say 15 20 minutes then maybe it's not for you but like yeah. i think the platforming alone will and how it feels i think will hook you i'll try it i'll definitely try it add Thank it you. to the endless list of games in your xbox library that you'll never <laughs> yeah. get around to <laughs> peterson number eight number eight is a little game that i have three or four sealed copies of. It's not Watch Dogs 2. Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom no, Hearts 2. No, I could only find one of those. <laughs> it is very too rare. rare. Game's way <laughs> too rare. They sell them by the bundle at five below for $5. And I took a punt and opened one of my many sealed copies. Uh, a little first-person shooter known as Titanfall 2. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Very good. That game Very is good. so good. 
I had no idea what to expect when I got into it. I played the hell out of Titanfall 1 when it came out, which was obviously multiplayer only. But I kept hearing about how fantastic the 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 story was for Titanfall 2. Yeah. And dude, I could not put it down. I think I played through it in two or three sittings. I, I was done oh. with it in less than two days. So overshadowed by, I think, whatever, whatever Call of Duty came out around the same time, just floored it and no one ever played it. So that's tragic that no one played this game, really. The, the coolest portion of it is the dynamic and the relationship that they have between, uh, I forget what the soldiers are called, um, pilots. Pilots. Between yeah. a pilot and the Titan. And the main Titan in that game, his name is BT. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> he is so that. cool. He's so unbelievably cool. And there's just yeah. such incredible emotional moments towards the end of that game. It's like, man, I didn't <laughs> think I'd care about a robotic character ever as much as I care about this guy. And it's not it's not long at all. I think it's like maybe six hours long. Seven, yeah. Six, eight on the top end. But it's nonstop action. And the best part about the first Titanfall multiplayer was calling in your Titan and like the action where they swoop you up and this just really cinematic sequence where boom, now you're in here. But you have all these different components that you can add to your Titan now and you can upgrade it, you can modify it, you you can have a bunch of different styles of gameplay with it. But just that jumping in and out of your Titan and how the two two styles of gameplay so seamlessly interconnect uh, coupled with an incredible story it's such a shame that this game got overshadowed as much as it did because i i got to the end of it and it was one of those experiences like wow i wish i could experience all of that again for the first time i gave this a go myself this year and i got so far in and like obviously i suck at first person shooters anyway um so maybe maybe i need to lower the difficulty slightly but i really like i really enjoyed the first person shooter parts of it when you are outside of the Titan, but then as soon, every time I got in the Titan, I just really didn't like the controls. They're tough. They're definitely yeah. they're they're more sluggish. They're more difficult. But I like that. That was a common critical reception of the game at the time. Was man I, for a Titanfall game, I really love it when I'm not in the Titan. Was was one of yep. the main f- lines from that from reviews um, mm. because. I can't remember. It's hard to remember exactly when this came out in correlation to other first-person shooters, but I think didn't they do like a? There's like a running on the wall mechanic in Titanfall mm-hmm. Two and a slide mechanic, yes. and I think that it might have been the f- one of the first, like or at least sure. in the to do to to introduce those things before Call of Duty added them in. I can't remember, but Call of Duty I think it was Infinite in the Warfare was uh, came, okay came out right around the same i just time. remember Titanfall 2 was very fluid it felt very snappy it, the the game did a great job of like onboarding you quite quickly into how you traverse each throughout the level and like i really respect that kind of like quick introduction to a game to be like this is how you get this is how you travel and it's how you get around it's it, it felt really good it felt like um they it helped that i played apex legends beforehand yeah. So you already had an idea of it, but yeah. Well, Apex uh, Legend is basically built around that entire control system, isn't it? And the way the characters yeah. yes, play. Yes, yeah. And, same, same you know, it's beats. been linked yeah. to say that it kind of is in the Titanfall universe now, I believe. Have you played Titanfall 2, Dan? Yes, I loved okay. it. Uh, I years it ago, I can't that... remember anything from the story, but I remember I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. It's so good, and it's so cheap. I I can't, I cannot recommend this game highly enough to people because even if you're not a first-person shooter player... To experience that 
emotional story is worth pushing through that if you don't like the genre of game it's it's up there with one of the more memorable gaming stories i believe it's also mm. on game pass i really think it's part of ea play on game pass i wanted this this initially was like at the top of my list but as more stuff came out because i played this really early in the year but uh, as more stuff came out it just kept scooting down but it had to stay on my list absolutely had to fair all right dan what bad story do you have this time i'm not gonna do any more stories i'm sorry oh, no come oh, on come please on. do the stories no no please do them. one on purpose because you all mourned no Stop making me no beg more. for them no come more on. stories tom only likes to beg at night <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm not doing a story i'm really not doing a story <laughs> immortal wombat 11 is my oh number eight. my days wow didn't see this coming. Neither did I. That game was also fantastic. Um, I downloaded this from Game Pass, uh, just expecting to have a quick dabble and every now and then, and I've got really obsessed with this. <laughs> it's my it's my current go to online game, and I very much enjoy like just playing with people randos? online. Yeah. Dan, I'm just how... so bad at one-on-one fighters. I'm so bad at them. Oh, I love them. How the brutal! Only... How brutal is it, Dan? It's so graphic. Oh, it's, it's hilariously so graphic. violent. <laughs> so my um, my go-to character is Liu Kang, right? And his fatality is hilarious. So he he basically gets right up close to them, and he does loads of really fast punches up their chest, and then he punches them four times in the chest, makes holes in their chest. And then he just fires up his hand, puts his hand in their chest, and makes the torso explode. It's hilarious. <laughs> this it's so it's amazing. Like it's, I love it's seeing all of the just, fatalities. It's just a really tight fight. Like out of all of the fighters I've played over the years, so. I've never got into Street Fighter. I used to really like Tekken, but I've played quite a lot of the Mortal Kombat's over the years. I've always found them to be the most accessible of the fighting games. I um, think that's fair. They're difficult to master, but they're quite easy to pick up and play. Um, and I think that's what's so good about them. And this one just just so tight, and the controls are so good, and the characters are so varied. Um, I mean, there's a storyline which is actually really in-depth and really well animated and stuff, but I just haven't dabbled with it because I've got that obsessed with the online portion. <laughs> give give that story mode a, a go, Dan, because yeah. ever since... Um, is it Injustice? Because it's Netherrealm, isn't it? Ever since yes. Injustice, yep. their, their story modes are fantastic. Rather than just going through like an arcade mode like Tekken would, they have yeah. like a full-on story and every level has you playing as a different character and stuff. Yeah, it's and cool. I got back on board with Mortal Kombat when they released it. It was just called Mortal Kombat, but it was Mortal Kombat 9. And if you play that, not too many spoilers of the story, but like Mortal Kombat 9 is essentially a reboot for the series. And it is essentially the story mode is like a retelling of the first three Mortal Kombat games. And it pulled me back in. And I got, I ended up buying Mortal Kombat 10 afterwards. And I started playing that story mode. And for me personally, who enjoys all the old Mortal Kombat characters, I couldn't quite get into it. I mean to go back and, re- and play that because I want to play Mortal Kombat 11, but I love the story modes. But yeah, mm. don't don't uh, don't miss out on that, man. Like, it, it, it'll no, be no, a good I've time. Played, I've played a few bits of it. The main part, part of why I keep getting away from it is because you can't do fatalities in story mode, which just doesn't yeah. seem as funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Really but like on, honestly i've got really obsessed um just before we started the show i was playing on it actually and i had about five online matches just uh, <laughs> i'm nearly up to master level 
It's on Switch slowly. as well, but I don't know how it runs. So. It's, um, uh, it's so satisfying it's when pool, you beat somebody I... online. It's so good. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Very cool. Thomas? Thomas? Uh, my number eight, gentlemen, is a little game called Doom Eternal. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know which of y'all have played Doom Eternal. I've played it. So okay. good. Um, Jesus. I just don't even know where to begin. It's, it's well, it's Doom. Fast-paced, frantic, hyper-violent. Uh, it, it Honestly, it feels like the biggest adrenaline rush ever, and half of that is because of the soundtrack. I was going to say, it's like if a heavy metal concert were a video game, that's Doom Eternal. Yeah, the the soundtrack is just absolute fire. It is it it is so well paced and it matches the circumstance every time. Whether you're suddenly have, fighting a rush of insane demons, just complete psychopath psychopaths, or you're doing some platforming, which I think this was different to Doom 2016, is that you end up having to do some like uh, a little bit more like. Uh, shimmying around almost uncharted style shimmying between ledges and grabbing pulling yourself up over it's got a bit more verticality to it um, uh, verticality verticality yeah, um, yeah I don't know it, it is so my heart is just racing every time I play it but in a, in a good way it's like you feel like you're just plugged into some machine every time you play it I, I don't know what I don't know what how, what how better to describe is, it that's a game where if you put it down for a few days and try to come back to it it's a lost skill yeah yeah because there is that that loop that you get used to uh yep the different guns the melee combat the upgrading of each gun trying to like really jetting um, around pulling yourself towards people yeah 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 because also i mean if you die during one of these um kind of intense arena moments when you're fighting uh, then you'll have to do that whole thing again. And you might have spent a solid 15 minutes killing a whole bunch well, of Well, and you demons. have to make sure you do, like, you run out of ammo quick. Ammo is not abundant. Yeah. So you have yeah. to, like, focus on doing uh, gory kills and just really getting in there. You cannot stay back in this game. You have got to be up in the fight. Uh, that's true because, like, yeah, with gore, uh, you're rewarded if you do gore kills with a whole ton of ammunition and health kits, but then you have to be able to get close enough to, and make sure your health is up to it's do that. It's a risk that. versus and reward system. It's a it's lot of risk, a lot of reward. It's, um, but I still keep coming back to the soundtrack. I actually listen to it sometimes while I'm working oh, um, because it's pure instrumental and it's very energetic and it gets me, like if I'm having to do, uh, my job is very um, hyper-focused and just just writing code basically. And so... Um, it gets me in the mood to like really if I'm just going to get myself pumped through the work day it sounds ridiculous but it really works it works so well and then other times when working like you know lo-fi is a good is a good shout if you want to relax I was going to say but, see the, the nature of but, my work like the work is already <laughs> stressful enough as it is like I need yeah. the opposite end of that spectrum it's like I need lo-fi I'm, I'm really busy at the moment but I'm not putting in the output that I need to so I need something that's going to like it's, it's like 10 cups of coffee in your ears it, yeah. it is it is such a great game and it is just i don't know how they do it because doom 2016 was 
was brilliant as it was, and it was a an amazing reboot. And I wasn't sure how they were going to top it, and they really. Did. I was reading something um, recently about Doom 2016, where the initial concept and design for that game was more Call of Duty style, and it was well into development. And they went, yeah, "It's not fast enough. Right? Let's pull the plug on saying, this and yeah. like get back to the roots of what made Doom great." Because even if you go back to the original Doom, it's still fast paced hardcore action great yeah. soundtrack like those are the three yes. bullet points that just make doom oh, great it just reminds me of like the soundtrack from doom the original doom has you know you know the, the, the famous notes that yep. of that first level every now and again the composer i forget his name mick something jagger for doom. jagger um uh, <laughs> uh he takes those notes and brings them in just for a moment but remix slightly then they then they then they leave the track and then come back again but different like different progression organized slightly uh slightly slight variations it's it's so masterfully done um but it just has me that, thinking about it all the time i just really really enjoyed I, that um, that's why i like the soundtrack for final fantasy 7 remake because it had all those old Yo, callbacks yeah. in all the different pieces and it's just yeah. so good. It's so clever. I it's very I, clever. I have played Doom Eternal, but like Doom 2016, I got right near the end and stopped playing. No idea why. Same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I've not played I, I any actually, of these. Well, you were Doom gone, Dan, but I told Tom that it was one of the. It's a learned skill that's quickly lost. Where if you step away from it for more than a couple days, you you're going to lose that flow that you've developed. And it's it's a muscle memory. If, yeah. Particularly if you're obsessed with Warzone, like some people. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> leave me I, alone. I didn't finish it either for actually similar reasons. But the other the thing is I was playing it on PC at um, like a great frame rate. But in order to get the, get the frames, I had to lower my res quite a bit. And it didn't look mm. beautiful. And I thought, well, now it's on Game Pass. But then I, when I downloaded it on Game Pass, it was actually just the battle mode. It, did, it wasn't the campaign. Um, maybe I was missing an add-on or something. I was going to say it um, should be on there because obviously it's um, bid software, which are Bethesda. Yeah. Uh, I, when I downloaded it, it had in brackets battle mode and then I couldn't actually access the campaign and wanted me to buy the campaign separately. So I'll, I'll have to look at it yeah, again because I wanted to continue to it on, on Series X. Yeah. Um, but because I still I don't know if, I don't it. know if this reference will hit with you three but like I've not played any of those Doom games but the impression I get when playing them is like the Millhouse Thulho moment when he's playing the video game and he's just getting blasted from the TV on the Simpsons that's just what I think, <laughs> think of like when you're playing it yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that reference yeah. it, it's a <laughs> lot you. it's a lot I, uh, Mike you would struggle so much with this if you can't get easier first person shooters because it's just so fast I, I remember playing I'm, I'm sure I played the yeah. demo of the first one of the 2016 one I think I played that mm. it was literally like 10 minutes or so god it's so good man um, yeah well that's my 8 and uh, I, I still want to finish it to be honest if I can get it but working on it on the Series X properly <clears throat> I've got a few few FPS games in my docket that I want to get through <laughs> and that's that's one of them along with the rest of the Wolfenstein games mm, nice Mike, you're number eight. Hello. Um, I I think I do this every year and end up cheating and putting two in one slot, but these games are so similar that like they're essentially a continuation of the same game anyway. But it's Little Nightmares 1 and 2. Oh. Oh. What was that reaction? I heard great things about these games. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I, I think you would like them, Tom. I think you'd like them as well, Dan. And it's not jump scares. It's more kind of just kind of eerie yeah, you've kind said, of you've said this to me as well yeah. yeah um if you've not played little nightmares it's it's kind of very similar in ways to things like um 
Limbo and Inside. Oh, shit. Um, very similar to those sort of things, sort of 2D. There is more of a 3D aspect to it, but it's, it is mainly sort of a 2D, almost sort of side-scroller. Um, but it's based, it, it's a horror game. Uh, really, really creepy, amazing soundtrack. Um, gorgeous mm. as well. Like, don't play the Switch version, because the Switch version just doesn't do it justice at all. But uh, even the PS4 version, because I played the original on PS4, and I played the second one on current gen. And I can't remember if I played it on Series X or PS5, but um, even the PS4 version of the original looks great. Uh, second one even better. Obviously, it runs better. Like Raymond Tracing is involved, um, so it looks beautiful <laughs> as well. But just really, really just eerie and creepy and like some quite, not horrifying in a jump scare way, um, but just some really sort of horrific imagery. And like one of the standout moments in the second one that, that still kind of sticks with me is you're avoiding, because there's quite a bit of stealth involved, you're avoiding this like kind of horrible uh, librarian woman and you're going through like all the bookshelves and stuff like that. And she's like in the background and you think you've escaped her, but then suddenly her, her neck just extends and like her head is just following you around the room and stuff. It's really, really, really horrible. But Ooh. I love horror, so it's great. And that really happened to me in Peter and... Lee once. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's the, the same studio worked or worked with Media Molecule on Tearaway. And I can see oh, really? the influence. Mm. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's not claymation or anything like that. It is mm. like, but like, I think some of how how some of the the enemies look, they sort of almost have like a claymation inspired kind of look to them. Right. Um, to me personally, but but yeah, they they they're really good. Like the 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 they clearly have like a overarching theme as well of um a sort of commentary on on certain aspects of, of uh, society and stuff like that as well, um, which I won't go into because I don't want to spoil anything. But but yeah, they're, they're challenging sometimes as well. The first one generally doesn't have any kind of combat. Second one does have a few sort of combat elements at certain points. But How long nothing, are they? Nothing like major, and it's very mm. situational. But um, yeah, really, really great games, atmospheric, and as a horror game fan, just... Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Fun to play through with Hazel as well because she liked watching it and, and oh. trying to figure out the puzzles and stuff. Hell yeah. But if you like Limbo and you like Inside and stuff like that, I highly I recommend Little Nightmares. Do I loved Inside, so maybe I should try it. Mm. I should wait for it on Game Pass. I think the first Little Nightmares was I on think Game Pass it for is. a while. I... It's not. It was on Xbox Live Gold. It's not. I've just... That's, yes. Yeah. Well, That's how I originally enough. played it. Which I have missed. Eric? Well, poop. All right, well, Eric, it's time for your number seven, please. Time for my number seven. Talked about this quite a bit on a sh on the show. I fired this up on my Xbox uh, a while ago because we played this game on the show. We played the original on the show. And went, I want to delve further into this series and fired up the only one that I'd never really played was number three because it was xbox exclusive dead rising three. Oh, oh nice i don't know what it was about this game i fired it up just to kind of take a peek at it and 30 hours later went wow that was fucking great i played this game non-stop it was the most violently engaging game i've played in a long time just the sheer number of things that you could do 
crafting a motorcycle with a steamroller to have a flame throwing motorcycle that just cuts through the hordes of zombies, seeing thousands of zombies on screen at once. Um, it just took everything that makes Dead Rising fun and made it infinitely better. Because when we revisited the first one for the show, it's like, wow, this game's really frustrating. There's a lot of stuff that's great, but it's also really, really, really annoying. So to drop that concept into a huge open world, I found myself exploring everything, trying to find all the little nooks and crannies on the map and the secrets and the collectibles. I didn't go full Dan Curtis on it, but <laughs> the story itself was exceptionally engaging as well. Just from start to finish, game was was fantastic. I, I honestly thought this was going to be higher up. I was shocked to see it this low. because I, I, I forgot about I it. I couldn't remember which one it was you got obsessed with. And when I was thinking about what your number one might be, I was trying to think, oh, it might be that Dead Rising game you got obsessed with. But I couldn't remember which number it was. Um, but I'm glad glad I didn't suggest that now. Cause yes, I, I thought did. it was higher. Yeah, I, I thought this would be higher. I didn't think it would be top spot, but I thought it would be higher. Um, it goes to show how much other great games I've played this year. It, mm. I, I picked up Frank's big package after that, and <laughs> it kind of turned into that same situation <laughs> of... I don't want to not enjoy this game because I've burned out on the style. So I, I shelved that one for the time being, but I definitely want to go back into it. I'm, I'm hooked on the open world aspect of it, especially with what you were telling me, Dan, about how it's big open, like open city ski resort. The thing that I didn't particularly like about Dead Rising 3 was that there was a lot of artificial longevity injected into it. So you'd be... You're in a, a portion of a city like L.A., but to get around is really convoluted. Convoluted. The civil designer needs to be taken out back and shot because it's the most poorly designed city in the world. You must have hired and the same architect as the Resident Evil 2 police station. Probably, <laughs> except on a grander scale. It's like, how can we take this concept for a building and make it for a whole city? And you'd be on the left side of the map, get a quest that would... You know, you'd, you'd get a quest notification that you'd have to travel to the right side of the map, which takes a good 10 minutes to get there. When you get there, the mission is to go back to where you just came from. You're just right there. So you'd have to go back there and then go back to where you picked up the quest. So one quest would have you navigating back and forth across the city two full times. So that's exactly the same as the original, if you remember when we played it for the show. Yeah, it's things like that really bothered me, but maybe that's where I kind of leaned into finding the collectibles on the map and the side quests, uh, hmm. exploring the different weapons you can combine together. So much fun. Such a fun romp through just absolute chaos and destruction and being able to like push different vehicles together and create different weapons. Ton of fun. Really enjoyed it. Great game. You should play it. The best. The best. The best. The best. The best. Around. No one's ever going to leave now. <laughs> Not what I was going for, but okay. <laughs> That's Joe Esposito <laughs> from Karate Kid. Isn't that that song that Justin Bieber sang? What? No, definitely not. See, it all comes full circle, everyone. See, full circle. Not if it doesn't make sense. Life is a square. My God, you're right. Dan, <laughs> what's your whatever number we're on? Seven. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Um, so there's like a kind of subsection of fiction. I thought you weren't doing is, stories. I'm doing a story again. Okay, it's fine. 
Um, <laughs> the subsection of fiction, right, where it's all about people who are asleep and telling the stories of when they arise from that slumber. No! It's Tales of Arise! Wow, that's I, t- I told you it wasn't his number one, everyone. That's me you. out. I told <laughs> you, didn't I tell you? And when did I tell you? A long time ago. Go, I, I tell you. <laughs> Um, yes, I. this is my first ever Tales game. Uh, I saw the good reviews for this and thought, I'll pick that up. It looks all right. And looks all right. off 30, 40 hours in and uh, absolutely loved it from start to finish. The only problem I had with it is it has extreme difficulty spikes throughout, which kind of soured it a little bit for me. And it gets kind of very overwhelming. But... And again, probably the only reason it isn't higher on my list is because of these difficulty spikes and because I played some really, really good games this year. But I love the story, love the characters, um, love the world building. That's um, sort of what put me off to it was you explaining those difficulty spikes because I've looked at picking it up. It was on sale over Black Friday. I'm like, I think I might really like this, but I just don't know if I had the patience. It's worth it. It's worth it? persevering with. Um, and Tom very kindly bought me a triple pack of old Tales games for me to play through, which I'm going to do after I go through that? my Christmas pile. Uh, well, uh, I've played DuckTales. Where does this fit in with the law of that? Oh, my God. Uh, Scrooge McDuck is the antagonist of Arise. Just when you thought our jokes couldn't get any dumber. Well, yeah. <laughs> Smite Scrooge McDuck, the capitalism, the antagonist, of course. Takes a swing. Sense. Yeah, I, I honestly I can't really. Other than the difficulty spikes, I can't say enough good stuff about it. It was honestly the storyline is oh, really shit. good. It's kind of it's a typical RPG fair. Um, two worlds competing against each other, but uh, there's two worlds. There's Renner, and then there's I can forget the name of the other one actually. But uh, the the Renans are enslaving. Oh, it's da- it's called Dana, and uh, they're enslaving the people who live on Dana because they harness their magical energy for their own gain. They live in a kind of very futuristic society on a different planet. And, Those uh, they... always this, always like that, aren't they? Always the same. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what it's all about. And I don't want to delve too much into the storyline because uh, there's lots of twists and turns and the char- it's very character-driven as well. Really? Um, yeah, fair enough. Like, fair enough? That's like a it. huge pack of... of games that you got him tom that's like a solid saturday afternoon of yeah for and it was <laughs> yeah so so good to get those three because they're some of the best tales games too i really liked what i played of this year i actually started a tales game this year as well but um, i was hoping i would have been able to finish Sonic it but the hedgehog I, too that's yes. the one on 3ds wasn't it yeah. yeah tales of the abyss the ps2 remake on the 3ds and the game is great i just for the, the first time I can remember, I stopped playing a game because of the main character. I just couldn't stomach him anymore. <laughs> and everybody that I've talked to about it or mentioned that, it's like, you just got to push through because the game gets much better. Like, I just, I just can't. He's so bad. That's quite an interesting thing, actually, because I know, like, us four are all massive fans of Final Fantasy VIII. And that's usually people's complaint with Final Fantasy VIII that no one likes Squall. Oh, Squall's awesome. It's He's true. just a whiny bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we've Emo! all been there. We've Emo! all been there. <laughs> That's like a brooding. I'm just full of emotion, and nobody gets me. Yeah, uh, but then, li- then later on, he starts to develop, and he becomes better, and that's what it's all about. You see? Yeah, this guy in this guy in Tales being, of the is just a dickhead. Stops being such an incel. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know the name of the main character on them Tales of Rise for a good fifteen hours. <laughs> 
just guy. Which one is it? Huey? Dewey? Louie? <laughs> no, I think it's Chip. He's called Iron Mask because he wears a big iron mask. Oh, oh spoilers. Jesus Christ. One. If I don't find out till 15 hours in. <laughs> it's not his real name, Mike. Um, it's it's <laughs> Carl. A joke, I see. It's Carbonite Man. <laughs> a Tales of Arise joke, everyone. I, I still don't know to this day how he eats under this mask because it literally covers in his entire face. And he can't take it off. <laughs> Does it have a little straw <laughs> hole? Uh, he, has to, he has to puree the rocks around him and eat them. Tom, you're number seven. Please <laughs> <laughs> just cut through that nonsense. Um, guys, my number seven is Metro Exodus. Ooh, I oh, I played shit. that this year as well. Yeah. I, I remember you did, Dan, because after you played it, I was like, I got it myself on PS5 and I thought I should give this a whirl. Um, Metro Exodus is is really good. It was it surprised me it surprised me a lot because it takes you out of the uh, the metro tunnels, metro, um, metro, and takes you out into into a slightly sort of semi open world kind of uh, uh, aspect. And you know it's nuclear nuclear war, post apocalyptic Earth. Um, it's I love the the environments and the detail like the, it looks gorgeous incredible like particle effects like whenever you kind of go into like these dank areas of of just detritus and swamp it's like it feels disgusting you've got your like you've got your mask on you've got your radiation counter your gun jams they're all you have to craft weird parts onto your gun it feels very like fallout in that way um but the gunplay is really fun the story is great too. You've kind of like got yourself out of the tunnels. I won't spoil anything, but the general gist is you've got yourself out of the tunnels on this train that you've found that you've got running again. And every time, you know, the train will come across an, uh, a part of the track where you can't go any, any further, get out the train, do a bunch of stuff on that section of the island, get back in the train, continue the journey, right? It's that kind of uh, loop. Um, my only huge issue with the game is that your main character doesn't speak. But yet he does have a voice in the between cutscenes when you're like he he journals like he writes a journal and you he narrates uh, part of the story. So if he has a voice, why didn't they use it in the game? It's so annoying. It means that you're he, he you're, doesn't in the others either. Um, the original and Last Light. So yeah, it's strange. It's, it, it's irritating because it means that all your exposition and all your story dump is told through other characters just talking at you for hours and hours like your your wife Anna in the game just doesn't shut up her dad that you're with doesn't shut up and also it's stuff like you'll be out in the middle of nowhere and they'll radio in like Ardium where are you are you okay and like they want to go bowling I don't have a voice I can't respond so it's like the whole time you're like you can you as the player can hear other people contacting you but your player isn't responding back it's like this narratively doesn't make sense this is really stupid they clearly spent a lot of money on lots of different voice actors because there's like a solid eight or nine characters that have like plenty of speaking lines don't know why you wouldn't give give it to your main character too but whatever it's a it's a it's a small criticism but it's enough to be a little bit jarring and irritating um i don't know it's just every time you go out on an expedition to do something that will help you get the train moving it feels uh 
serious. It feels um, like, okay, I've got to make sure I've got enough filters. I've got to make sure that my gun is prepped and cleaned and ready. So it's got a slight sim aspect to it, but it's not too heavy on that. But it's enough that you've got to make sure that you are ready for whatever you might come across uh, in these dangerous environments. Um, There's significant narrative um, consequences as well. Depending on what yeah, you do. yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, so you can knock out or kill various guards or bandits, and it's for people who aren't particularly threatening, you want to be, you know, I, you want to be knocking them out and or, or just avoiding them entirely because uh, you, you, that determines how your ending is going to go. Um, and some dialogue changes. Uh, they really prefer stealth over going loud, um, but you can still choose however you want to play. Um, it's got a sort of interesting day night cycle where things do change in the world in the evening. And like you might get a, a certain benefit, like where you'll get fewer bandits in the evening, but you'll have like electro storms and weird other monsters and stuff like that. So uh, I don't know. I think this is a real positive step for the series. Um, I'm really hesitant sometimes to play first person shooters that aren't sort of uh, Call of Duty wolfenstein battlefield like like the because you know how like call of duty has really nailed like gun uh, like console shooters in terms of like how fluid and how good they feel to play and i was worried about metro but actually actually is really really good um it it, it feels tight it feels heavy a bit bit like how battlefield used to feel but that kind of plays into the narrative and that kind of makes sense like you're not gonna you're not rocking them the, the highest tech in this game um, um it's supposed to feel a bit desperate and it works uh, i really like it i thought i think it's also stupidly cheap all the time it's usually like five or five or six bucks on the psn store so that's uh, why it's i bought well it worth your time. um i yep. um i played through i bought the pack of metro 2033 and last light and x and then i bought exodus after that i played through all three of them this year mm. and you know what i did really enjoy them but not just not as much as other games i've enjoyed yeah, um, despite enough. despite the fact that I've played through them all, um, Exodus kind of I think I like that one the best out of the three, because um, yep. it was kind of a big departure from the first two. The Mike you might actually like the first two because they're quite survival horror-y in the metro okay. tunnels. Um, yeah. Because when Exodus gets you out of the metro, the whole point of metro is they believe that the world has basically been nuked and the surface is like uninhabitable, so they live in the metro tunnels and they don't really go to the surface much. Um, mm-hmm. But the first, the first two are very atmospheric, and the third one has its, like Tom says, a lot of its own perks and stuff like that. But again, yeah. I just don't, don't think I enjoyed it as much as I actually bought the Metro Twenty Thirty Three book, which I've been reading for the past six months because it's heavy going. It's uh, it's, a, it's it's a dense read. <laughs> it's very it's very very slow, and <laughs> kind of I'm near the end now, and it's finally picked up. But it's kind of just plods along merrily, and the game was much better. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. There's something about it. Uh, it's got some DLC that I might want to dive into, where I think it goes into some of the other troops that you're with, like into their personal stories. That might be interesting. Um, character development isn't. It's definitely not its strong point. Uh, it's definitely the world building is where it really, where I can really sing its praises because it is gorgeous. Play that on a PS5. It, it's it's sharp. Yeah. So that's my number seven. Can I just pause for a moment? We've only had one game so far that's higher on somebody else's list. 
Uh, that's probably about to change. Can I go for it? <laughs> <laughs> no, my number seven. Hang on, let me just double check. So I looked at the list several minutes ago, and I just double check. Yeah, number seven. Uh, it is Metroid Dread. Not on my list. Really? I, no. I own it. Didn't freak no, out. I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed it because I played it this year. <laughs> yeah. No, you are allowed it, Dan. So I'm no, assuming what? it's higher. Huh? You are. You are allowed it. Derek allowed a pass for it. Oh. Because well, if I'm allowed it, you're allowed it. It's not on my list because I thought I wasn't allowed. <laughs> <laughs> are you being serious or not? Because I need to know no, if I'm I can be, talk I'll about be, it. I'm being serious. It's not on my list. All right. Okay. Would it have uh, been? Um... No, actually. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Right. Take cool. it away. Right. I, I am shocked. <laughs> um, so my my history of Metroid is when we played Metroid Prime for the show, uh, which I enjoyed to a degree, but I feel like it's probably one of those I need to take my time with. And obviously, it's the 3D version. Other than that, um, I briefly rented uh, Super Metroid uh, for the SNES when I was a kid. I think we only rented it for one night, so I didn't play much of it. I remember enjoying that at the time. Um, so I've never really delved into the Metroid series properly. Um, Dan bought this uh, for me for my birthday, um, and I finally got around because I just I just got the Switch OLED, and his uh, his whole thing was well, I'll give you something to play on that new screen, and obviously they released it alongside the OLED as well, and you know just to you know kind of really show how great that screen looks. Um, I kind of started playing this portably, uh, just kind of here and there at work, and then obviously when I was off uh, work with COVID. Oh, screw it! I'm going to crack on with uh, with Metroid Dread, and um, I everything that I remember loving about it when I played it briefly when I that Super Metroid briefly when I was a kid kind of came flooding back. That because I like sci-fi, uh, you know, I, I prefer sci-fi over fantasy, for example, and you know, Super Metroid, I like horror. It almost has a sort of isolated horror kind of feel to it as well, even back on with the Super Nintendo graphics. But this current one, obviously, it looks fantastic. Um, it plays so well, like just controlling Samus through those corridors, you know, even without many of the abilities, just wandering through and jumping and, you know, avoiding enemies or shooting them or shoot, aiming at them whilst you're running or while you're jump, jumping and everything like that. It just feels so fluid and so good. And, you know figuring out those kind of aha moments where you realize oh i've got this ability oh right okay i'm not quite sure where to go oh hang on wait there was that thing back there i'll go and have a look and there's a little bit of an aha moment with it um you know it made you feel good that you figured that out um the boss battles are challenging uh especially the last one uh that last one i don't know how many attempts it took me but it took that me quite rough. a few attempts and it 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 felt rewarding in that aspect so it was you always felt like you were kind of being rewarded, even when you kind of got a little bit stuck. You'd always discover something else, and and I don't know. I'm, I'm it, it sold me on the Metro, the 2D Metro series for sure. I think I'm going to go back and play a load of the others. Um, I think I'm going to play them story chronologically, but I'm going to play the remakes of the ones that have remakes. Um, but yeah, it's it's a game that has sold me on the rest of the series. I, I, I liked I liked it. Sorry, Eric, go ahead. I have thought about opening my collector's edition to play this, but then I remembered it's a Metroid game, and I don't like Metroid games. So why did you buy it? Next question. <laughs> Damn, what were you about to say? Lunatic. Um, yeah, it's... I think my main issue with it was I got lost a lot, mm. and I had to actually look up online where to go a lot of the time. Because I just felt like with Metroidvanias, there's usually like a logical progression. 
And I think this kind of tried to ferry you a bit. It did a little. A little. Th- th- I can't remember where it was, though. There was one point where I'd put it down for a few days and I had no idea where to go. But other than that, there was... Um, I felt like what you said about the ferrying, where you'd get a new ability and then you'd have to use that ability to kind of get out of the room where you got the ability. And then you'd have a room nearby which would need that ability to get in and then that would usually lead you to like a teleport device which took you to another part of the world to then carry on using that ability to progress and i think the way it kind of guided you like that it wasn't too tough as long as you kept playing like i said it was it was when i took those few days off and went back to it i was hard but i I didn't find it too tough in that aspect and although i didn't realize until i was about three quarters through that (laughs) so like say you'd have a door that you need the uh, triple laser to get through for example on the map if you highlight one of the triple lasers you can press a button so it shows exactly where all the other triple lasers are the doors are that highlights it I wish I'd realised that much earlier <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think part of the problem is a lot of the paths are hidden behind hidden blocks oh yeah which, they're fucking annoying which is uh, I think that's kind of what hindered my progress and sometimes I would wander off in the different direction and then end up in a different area that I didn't need to be in and then I just got completely lost but I did enjoy it it's very tight like tight and controls well and mm. all that stuff it just, I'm glad mm. I played it it's just kind of I just think I've played better games this year hmm, interesting but yeah for me it, it sold me on an entire series because I know I know it's not too dissimilar to the older ones from what I've heard and what I've read and everything like that so yeah it's, it's I'm not gonna jump into another one straight away because I don't like jumping into uh the same series too quickly that's why i've not jumped into rift apart yet um but i will i'm gonna make a point of making sure i I play through some of the others excellent fair i Uh, probably won't (laughs) and i say challenging as well like because thing is like i i i struggle with hard games sometimes um I don't, this day and age where you have so much, so many options of things to play, where if you're finding something a bit too challenging, it's very easy just going, yeah, fuck it, I'll play a different game. Because you have so many options and so much on the backlog and everything like that. Game Pass doesn't help with that, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I, I really, really stuck with it. And, you know, a few of those boss fights took me a few goes. I say that last one, like, I, I was probably trying to face that for a good 30, maybe 45 minutes. Um, but it, it, was, them, it was rewarding. Tell them why, Mike. Oh, because I didn't collect all the upgrades and Dan's upset about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was challenging and, and you know, it, it, it felt Listen, I beat Horizon to... without upgrading my guns. You could beat Metroid <laughs> without it. I, built, and it was, I beat Parasite Eve without leveling up. Yeah, it was cool. very, very old school um, boss fights where you're essentially just learning its routine. You're learning what actions it's going to do next and looking out for those uh, moments where it's clear it's going to do a certain attack and you have to avoid it a certain way and so it's like dark souls i, I don't think i've played that yeah but fucking uh, dark souls <laughs> i don't have an answer for you um but it was rewarding to finally get through those boss fights and realizing that you're memorizing what they're doing and, and able to do it and it felt i don't know it felt very old school to me but it was a very modern game and it kind of took me back to those old school 2D games where you you would have to learn boss patterns like that. But yeah, it, it was very, it's weird because it's a series I've not dabbled in, but it made me feel very nostalgic. Hmm. I'll wait for it um, on Game Pass. <laughs> fuck's sake. Samus Returns on 3DS is a bit of a hidden gem. 
Mm, that's the remake of the Game Boy one, isn't it? I believe so. Yes. Because you've got Zero Mission on GBA, which is a remake of the first one. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> what, what you're saying is I need to re uh, get out my 3DS to play Theater Rhythm and Metroid. <laughs> and Rhythm Paradise Megamix. Yes. I, honestly, you'll love it. Anyway. I do like a good rhythm game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we're back, back around. To oh, Eric, by the way, so. I I haven't been on a show because obviously I left. But um, I, I haven't been on a show since I got it. But big thanks to Jeremy Sanford, speaking of theatre rhythm, who sent me that American copy so I can start using the store to get the American DLC mm. on my region locked uh, 3ds. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Nice. I think my number six is going to be higher, but uh, it's a game that I actually still don't know anything about, despite having played it. <laughs> I just wish that somebody would have told me about it beforehand because I think it could be really cool. Um, I'm still just waiting. I mean, it's it's a little game. I th- I don't know, Dan. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Death's Door. Oh yeah, higher on my list. Oh, that's what I thought. Do you know anything about it? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't know why it's on my list. To be honest, it just Strange it showed up. I was hoping that somebody would be able to tell me about it. <laughs> no, I'm not doing this. The joke will never die. Much jokes Mike's never die on the They come back around. Mike is Mike is dead now. He has <laughs> ended his misery. I'm not saying anything. Do you know so anything about mind. this game? I can't say anything. It's higher on my list. I just wonder if he knows about. It. Like, have you ever heard of it? <laughs> so, Dan, what's your number six? <laughs> My number six, I don't have a story for this one, actually. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, which we played for the show. Oh, I thought about putting this on my list. Hell yeah. Wait, was that this year? I must have accidentally missed that off this year. I must have missed that off my list because it's not on my games played list. It wouldn't have gone on my top ten anyway. But Is this the first time you've ever played it, year. I've dabbled before. I've never finished it before. Oh, man. What a great game. So good. Really good game. That is a that game is a reason to hunt down a PSP and buy one. Yeah, you that, but I played it on an emulator. Go figure. It's criminal actually, that that game is locked away. I, it I actually, is. I actually played it with um, somebody's done a fan made mod which improves improves all the textures and stuff on the emulator, and it looked fantastic. Mm, very cool. It did look um, real good. Those screenshots you sent, it did look real nice. And I got really obsessed with this. I went like completely all in I, I maxed out my stats as much as possible i got all the i got the ridiculous um knockout punch move which does 99,999 damage per hit uh, <laughs> which took some major grinding and i just i just loved it it's such a good storyline and it was I such a great portable game the battle system's weird but it's really addictive once you understand how it works yeah the only the yeah the best way to understand it is that you don't understand it because it's just random. Oh, the old slot machine mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I forget about that. <coughs> Super cool. I really enjoyed playing it for the show, and uh, I probably like proper gushed about it on the show. So go listen back to that one for how much I loved it. But yeah, highly deserved as a position in number six on the list. Yeah, great game. Didn't make my top ten. Like, um. Yeah, the battle system is very strange, and <laughs> I 
it it very much very I, I know obviously it is a portable game and you know nothing against portable games at all but like it had a very portable game feel to it yeah. which is not kind of what I want from something Final Fantasy 7 based obviously I'm not the RPG guy but I love Final Fantasy 7 and I don't for me personally I don't I don't want something based within Final Fantasy 7 that felt so Port, like such a portable feel but it was good i enjoyed it I, i'm glad we played it like because i've been meaning to play through that for years anyway so it was great to to finally play through it i'm glad we did yeah, it for the show, i played for through sure. it when it first came out and it was phenomenal at the time it was everything that i wanted it to be because i would take my psp with me to college and just pop it on and and play between classes it was really good for that pick up and play but it is still one of the more emotional moments in video gaming is the end of that game yeah, for and sure. I, I like- mean, th- that that hidden cutscene in Final Fantasy VII where you you see the Final Fantasy VII version of that, but it's in the like polygonal Doritos graphics. Yeah, like is <laughs> it's so upsetting that Final Fantasy VII had that like that rather than putting it in an actual cutscene. So to actually get that in a fully rendered cutscene with better graphics than the original Final Fantasy VII, might I add, um, it, it it was nice to get that. And then that that last battle where the the slots are kind of all kind of they look like a uh, like a theater reel kind of burning, and it's like he's he's slowly dying, and it's all his memories kind of going, and he's remembering them, but then they're disappearing and stuff like that, and like that that is really really touching. Even though like as a Final Fantasy VII fan, you know exactly where it's heading. Like how they handled that was incredible. It's it's really cool to go back to the world of Final Fantasy VII, but telling a different story outside of the characters that we know and love as well, and seeing a bit more behind what like Shinra and the Soldier Program and things like that. It's really cool. I love all the law. That's nice. all I've got to say about You this. like something Final Fantasy? Yeah. Seven? Yeah. God. <laughs> Who'd have thought? God. Best things um, we did this one of the best things I did this year was going to that concert with Mike. It was fantastic. Loved oh, it. Oh yeah, that was incredible. So cool. Oh, mine didn't get cancelled, by the way. They said they cancelled the world tour, so I reached out to the <clears throat> Phoenix Symphony. So how do I go about getting my refund? And they went, Oh, they didn't cancel this show. Okay. <laughs> nice. How do you right. cancel a world tour but not <laughs> this one? Maybe they're already here. <laughs> yeah, it was the first stop. Yeah. The, 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 just going on a tangent for a moment, that Final Fantasy VII remake uh, orchestral show we went to, like Hazel knows the music from when I've played it near her, so she she was familiar with quite quite a bit of it. But the the fact that she was blown away by it, even though that she didn't have that emotional connection to Final Fantasy VII, just shows how incredible that show was. It was so good. The guy who did uh, yeah. the new song for Final Fantasy VII Remake the end, on the end credits, uh, he was better than the original. He was so good. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he had some pipes, man. He was he incredible. Did. <laughs> <coughs> Tom, number six. Hit us. Ryan um, is also a, a game we play on the show. Uh, my number six is Dead Space 2. Whoop, whoop. Dead Space Two, Space um, D. I, I toyed with putting space. this on. It's been it's been swapped out a few times. This one. Yeah, um, I don't have a ton to say about it only because I, I've honestly it was it feels like it was forever ago, and uh, a memorable moment in the game is definitely uh, I guess spoilers for Dead Space Two. Um, I think we went full spoilers on the show anyway. Tom is, is yeah is going back to the uh, to the Ishimura uh, later on and seeing that in its state was quite an emotional uh, thing. It was it was very weighted and it felt 
I don't know. I, I really love the fir- I really love the first game. I, I have to say that I still uh, thinking about it. I think I prefer the original. But in terms of gameplay, Dead Space Two was a was a big improvement. Um, I just think the story for me hit a little bit harder on the, on the original, but they really improved all the the uh, zero gravity stuff in the second one. Um, everything felt a bit tighter. They obviously had more of a budget to work with, and the animation stuff was really good for the time i wish i i wish i'd waited in some ways but obviously we play it for the show but so obviously they're all on game pass now and i think they're in like 60 frames and everything um but uh i had a really really good time with it and uh i'm i'm grateful that that mike introduced me to this series from the from the original because i've been really i've really enjoyed those first i still want to play the third despite its critical reception compared to those first two but i would like to now you've got an xbox and we can play it together you didn't play the exactly. first one when it came out? You didn't play either of these when they first came out? No. Oh, no. I, 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 I chalked them up as intense like horror games that I, and I just had no interest in horror because I was just, you know, too scared, frankly, to play those games. Um, Me too. We and, both turned a corner, son. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> we did. And, uh, and the first one, I think the first one for me had more horror-ish moments but no, I don't know. The second one, you're being chased as well, aren't you? The second, Actually, yeah, the the second, second one, I said, I said on the show, the second one is darker, so it feels more yeah. atmospheric, and there's a lot more darkness and light on in play in the second, and a few more jump scares. There is, and there's a bit when you're sort of fixing the relay outside the ship as well. That's super yeah. cool, that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, oh, maybe I need to think about it a bit more, because they're both amazing, the first and second. Um I just had a really good time with going back to that world. I was so excited to play Dead Space 2 after after our first show on the original. So I'm glad it it was always going to make my list. It just was hard to fit it where it would be. And the middle seems about right based on other stuff I played this year. So, so uh, two, things I, two things I remember about that game, Tom. Mm-hmm. First one is rocketing out of the ejector seat and going across the um, space and splatting into the side of a rock. Yes. And the second I one forgot. is injecting myself in the eye and scrambling his brain. <laughs> Oh, that bit. Yeah, okay. Horrendous. Horrendous. Oh. I, uh, I I want to echo what Tom said about like the bit where you go back to the Ishimura, though, because I, I remember the first time I played mm. Dead Space 2, um, I was I was super excited about playing it, because obviously, I've I told this story on the show before, but I was, I was really excited about playing it and everything. But that bit where like you see the Ishimura and Isaac, and like a lot of people were pissed off that they gave Isaac a voice, but I think... He Even for just this moment alone, where you you hear his reaction to seeing the Ishimura there, like mm. that moment where you're you're on that like tram system and you go and you see the Ishimura there derelict, and the fact that it still exists because it was supposed to be blown <laughs> up and everything, and that you're going to have to go back on it. Like for me personally, that that is up there in one of those greatest moments of gaming for me. Mm. And I I think it's such an amazing callback. It's such a weighted moment, and. Yeah when you go in there and you get those little, he gets those little hallucinations of things that happened in the first yes. one. Yes. I forgot stuff like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was cool. And, and also I remember the feeling, the trepidation of like, oh man, I have to go back on back here yeah. again. Well, where, the thing, where the thing is with the top, it plays um, with you because it 
takes your expectations from the first game and it completely yeah. subverts them. If you think back to the first half an hour or so you're on that Ishimura, you don't see a monster. It just messes with you. Yes. Like yeah. you go th- you go yeah, through that yeah, yeah. you go through that um air purification room where you got attacked in the original, nothing happens. Then oh, you finally yeah. you get to this really long dark corridor in the ship and that's when you get like a horde of monsters descending upon you. Mm. And it's like it just builds up that anticipation for so long. And I read a interview with the developers and that was their intention to oh, man and like when yeah, you go back through that uh, air purification room you get attacked the second time and yeah, it just yeah. kind of it messes with you psychologically just this second remembered we're getting that remake aren't we i forgot that yes. existed until mm-hmm. right now i, I can't think wait it that. almost drew some parallels on that section of going to the ishimura a little bit like an mgs4 when you go back to shadow moses i love the, that bit it's so some good. little parallels there where you're just like yeah going back to what once was and seeing it for what it is now and you know you're because you're so used to either the original games you're like you know what's supposed to happen here but it's now it's not things have changed like time has moved both in in your own life and in this game world so it's like it's really it's such a nice uh, a nice moment for any player who's like a, a fan of and has been stuck with a series for time i can see why it would be such an impactful moment for you mike given that you yeah were very I, much- I, yeah. To kind of go along that same line, I think Dead Space 2, it very much rewards you for investing in the story of Dead Space 1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, very, it rewards very you by scaring the shit out of you, but <laughs> it rewards you for it. <laughs> yes. All right. But yeah, I, I, once, once we're finished with Resi 6, Tom, uh, I, know, I know you want to play A Way Out, but we, we could do A Way Out and or... Uh, a Way Out's pretty not, short, apparently. Or, but... Yeah, it's good. Or good fun. Played 3. that with my mom. Nice. Okay. I think we could have some fun with that. I would wonder Deal. if I'll enjoy it more as well because I, I remember Dead Space Three being okay. It was a very, very much a disappointment. But maybe playing through it with somebody else. Man, you can t- turn any better. bad game into an okay one with co-op. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's Resi Six. <laughs> Resi Six is a good example. <laughs> the, the fuck, the fuck happens that series. <laughs> Mike, hit us with your number six. Uh, what is my number six? That is a very good point. Uh, number six, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, don't say too much about this because I am in the process of playing through it with Christy right now. I will, I will, I will give you no spoilers. Uh, I'll, I'll touch on a few little bits, but like it won't be. I, I don't think it's a spoiler at all. But You're right, Tom. Oh, I'm just dancing. Punching. <laughs> I am, um, yeah. Th- this is an interesting one because I I remember when when this came out, when the trailers for this came out, I wasn't one hundred percent sold because neither was I. I think this game had fucking awful marketing. Oh, for how great and fantastic this game is, I can't believe how fucking terrible the marketing was. Because to mm. me, it it I was in. I was like, oh yeah, I'll definitely play this at some point. It looks fun, but it very much looked like a double A. Start, not in graphics, obviously, because graphically it looks amazing. But in terms of like what the game was, it looked like kind of a a double A licensed title from the PS2 kind of it vibe. Looked, I was equating it to like Avengers. Yeah, same. See, I I didn't, but that's mainly because I would, I I had played Avengers. But yeah, it it just honestly just it was weird, and the, I just I just wasn't sold. I was like, I will play this at some point, but I wasn't sold. And then it came out. A uh, few of the podcasts I listened to, uh, there was kind of mixed reviews, but 
a lot of the, the 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 ones that were positive about it, I kept listening to what they were saying. I'm like, this sounds up my alley. Like, I mean, I, I think I should get this. And I just I finished work one day, and um, on the way back home, I just I just went in and I bought it. I thought, fuck it, I'm going to give it a go. Why, why the fuck not? And I'm so glad I did because oh. my the only thing that I, I know of Guardians of the Galaxy is the films. I've, I've never read any of the comics. I've not played any, like, there's a Telltale game. I think there might be some cartoons now as well, like, now that they've shot to fame with the film. So, so the film versions of Guardians of the Galaxy, they are my Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, right. Now, I'm, I'm quite easily, you know, persuaded over to uh, a, a, a new version of it. Like, obviously, the Avengers game, those guys uh, are very much not the MCU Avengers, which are kind of my Avengers as well. Um. So, so my, you know, what I know of Guardians of the Galaxy, but you go in there and it is a very, very different Guardians of the Galaxy, but tonally it is very much like the films as well. They've struck such a fine balance with it, but also created their own universe outside of what I know of the MCU as well. And God damn it, this game is fucking hilarious. It's it, it so is, funny. It's so narratively driven. Like the, the action sequences are actually few and far between. But even when you get to those, it's fun. Like the combat is fun. You unlock different abilities for the other guardians. Um, there's a huddle moment where like you fill up this meter and you press it, and and the guys come in and they like it's like guys huddle up and they all come together. And uh, depending on your response from what they say and stuff, you'll get different bonuses and things like that. Um, and it it it's just it's so well written. It's a awesome story which i can't go into because one i don't want to do spoilers for anyone but also i know eric's playing it but like it's absolutely Ooh. incredible story um there are uh choices to make a bit like telltale which do affect certain parts of the gameplay mm-hmm. this isn't really a spoiler eric um because i'll be pretty vague about it but like there's a bit later on where like an enemy is monologuing and uh rocket i nearly said ratchet but that's your cat <laughs> rocket <laughs> is um doing something behind him with a device and your job is to make sure you're choosing options to keep the guy monologuing and keep him distracted. <laughs> the fucking cat, man. <laughs> for, the, for the listeners, Eric's cat is just completely sprawled out on the carpet. <laughs> it looks like it's been shot. It does, um, does I was thinking the same thing. But, <laughs> but yeah, depending whether you successfully keep him distracted from Rocket means that later on in another fight, like further in the game... Um, will determine whether a door opens up straight straight away for you or whether you have to fight a load of people and stuff like that. So there, there are decisions do affect the world and you get different dialogue options and stuff like that. Um, in many ways, the story is, is, is... I would argue that it's a tighter story than maybe even PS4 Spider-Man, which I thought oh, was incredible. Damn. Um, I've not <laughs> even mentioned the licensed soundtrack yet. Loads and oh loads and loads God. of 80s Chris tunes. Hughes. Christy and I have been playing through this together. I'm not allowed to play this unless she is watching. She's huge into 80s music. And the opening <laughs> of it was like just heaven for her. And yeah, everything you said about it is phenomenal. It's a fantastic game to have somebody watch. We were watching the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And then I started playing this and how narrative driven it really is. Just listening to the banter back and forth between the characters is exactly like it is in yeah. the movies. Just it, it is nonstop. You're walking through the levels and they're constantly talking to each other. And the only times you hear repeated dialogue is like in the fights. You hear yeah. a little bit of repeated dialogue, but as you're every single area you go through, they're reacting to what's going on, reacting to things that have already happened. Um, if you go off to try and find a hidden bit, because there's, there's, um, 
outfits to unlock yeah. and they're usually hidden in certain places like as soon as you start wandering off the rest of the team are giving star lord a load of shit about wandering off and stuff like that it's so cool i'm, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it it's apparently it's super long too i'm only on chapter six and apparently there's like 18 16 chapters 16 chapters i think it is yeah I, uh, I'm on, it's on my to play list i've been waiting for a little bit of a price drop before i pick it up Dude, it's I'm so good. Speaking, it. I have speaking of the licensed soundtrack when you successfully do the huddles as well like it will randomly choose a song from the soundtrack so like your next bit where you're powered up and stuff like you've just got this random like 80s tune like i remember doing a fight and it just um the intro chord of uh, the final countdown just started coming in after the huddle so they're like shooting loads of dudes like so good yeah, I, I have a sealed copy. I'm waiting to, waiting for, to just give it a go. I haven't, just yeah. haven't quite got around to it yet. But, have yeah, Cat watch through it with you. It's so, I, it's so good. Without spoilers, there's a, a sort of a mini game later on where like uh, there's there's people that the, the, your characters they're they're stuck in a place. Like I'm trying to be as vague as possible, and. Yeah, they're stuck in a place and it involves the licensed soundtrack to basically do this mini game to get them out and it's most hilarious thing and honestly <laughs> like i have not laughed so hard at a video game yeah oh damn ever i don't think it is we've so been good. chocolate and, the entire time yeah and i i i talked about how like you know they're kind of similar to the movie versions but they create their own world and i remember telling you guys as you make your way through you can unlock, you have to find them, but you can unlock their movie outfits. Yep. And honestly, like I started mm. unlocking them and probably with the exception of Gamora, because it just changes her actual clothes and not necessarily much in the way that she actually looks. The exception of Gamora, um, I didn't feel like any of the movie ones fit because like Star-Lord, for example, his, his outfit in the film looks cool and everything, but it's very plain compared to this version of Star Lord yeah. again. So his jacket in in the game, like he has like loads of little sewn on patches and stuff like that all over it. it. Has like little spikes on the shoulders and stuff. And then if you change over to the to the movie version, it it's actually quite dull and it doesn't fit because this world is so vibrant and and energetic and everything. It doesn't fit. So the way they were able to craft their own version, but take the influences from the mcu version to make it sort of familiar i think they did an awesome awesome job and also i think it's an absolute crime that not a single member of this cast got a nomination for best voice actor at game awards because they're all incredible yep mm. i would agree even the guy who was groot it's vin diesel <laughs> not in the game it isn't <laughs> isn't it no, it should I be think so Uh, all right. Oh, is it back to me? It's back to me. Mm-hmm. It is back to me. We're so in the top five. Any self-respecting guy worth his weight in motor oil um, needs to have a daily prayer to the gods of the Pistons, but he needs a highly deformed sidekick who refers to him as a saint in order to do so. Uh, my number, what number are we on? Five? Mad Max. This came as a recommendation from Tom. From last year's game. Yes. That was this year as well. God. It was one of the first games I played this year. I started it up right after Game of the Year last year and listening to you talk about it. And my God, talk about another game that got overshadowed. What what came out at the same time? Was it Metal Gear? Metal Gear Solid 5, Phantom Pain. Talk about a game I would have much rather played than Metal Gear Solid 5. Yep. Yep. And as a Metal Gear fan, I agree. (laughs) 
the wow. open... Right, it... right. The thing is, I, I know you have a very different view of Metal Gear Solid Five to me, but I think in terms of gameplay alone, Metal Gear Solid Five is one of the greatest games of all time. Dude, see, I, I, I don't know. I disagree. I had more fun with this than I did with I like, MGS5. I liked it for a while, and then it kind of petered off for me. It just dropped the ball because obviously it's not finished. I just got tired of watching, and it just that just miffs me. I got tired of watching credits reminding me that Hideo Kojima made this game. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Chum Bucket praise me. It's another one of those games. I think he did that on purpose as a leaving thing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think it's so, another one of those games where it was like, uh, uh, it was a. It, I would have preferred it if it had been called anything but Metal Gear Solid, I suppose. Because the gameplay was amazing, but yeah. Stealth Simulator Open World. Um, No, I mean, there's not much I can say about it that we didn't talk about last game of the year. But for an open world game that was set in a post-apocalyptic world where there's really nothing to do, there's a ton of shit to do. (laughs) Leveling up your gun, um, the combat itself was fantastic, the 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 story the characters going around exploring the different things that that you get to do i hadn't even seen the new mad max fury road by the when i'd played this that kind of like got me into wanting to see that movie but that whole universe is just so unbelievably engaging the characters um, story combat i wanted to go for platinum and i was heading there until i discovered two of the trophies require online play and they shut those servers down and i went eh, done with this quest oh that's a shame yeah damn i just really really like that game <clears throat> it's I, really yeah. it's really good i bought it kind of when it was on the cheap thinking oh this will do for a while and i ended mm-hmm. up absolutely loving it i think i remember seeing this last was it last year tom that you played it or the year it was before, it was the last year mm-hmm. I, I thought it was severely underrated i think it's the same Correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a while. I think it's the same people that did Just Cause. Yes, Avalanche. Yep. Avalanche. You yeah. can definitely tell. And yeah, you get that feel from it, right? I just loved everything about it. The car was great, the combat was great, the world was great. It's just a whole yeah, package, yeah. really. Yeah, oh, and yeah, it's it, in, 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 in as much as Days Gone, your bike being the companion, your car, everything's centered around the car, right? Yes. And Chum, uh, Chum Bucket is his name, right? Yep. He's oh, a great saint. character. Oh, He's so yeah, yeah. Oh, saint, oh, saint. <laughs> I like the weather effect as well. They had kind of like tornadoes and stuff Drawing as well. Through the boobs, cool. yeah, yeah, big old boobs. Gotta love those. Um, trying to trying to hijack the convoys, pulling the things down with the harpoon. That yep. was very fun. I remember yep. dragging other people along the desert. Yeah, well, the gunplay itself <laughs> too was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the melee combat was cool too. I, I don't know, they, all it had a just, bit of everything. I thought. I thought Mad Max was a, honestly a hidden gem in the sand. See in the sand. I get it. Get it down. I like. Really so I bought this game digitally because it was real cheap. <laughs> and one of our, you guys might remember Nick Stevens, former former host from years and years and years ago, put out a message on his Facebook saying that he was selling off a bunch of his games. I looked through the list and Mad Max was on there. I'm like, I need a physical copy of this, and the dude sold it to me for nickels it was so cheap like just to have Aww. a physical copy of that game on the shelf nice yeah good call yeah good game great game phenomenal did you not claim on do you say you just bought it digitally did you not claim it on ps plus maybe that's what i did i don't remember yeah i was gonna say it was on ps plus i played it on ps plus because i have it i've not played it though yes you dan number five 
Peterson, you're not going to like this. Death's Door. I've broken him. Oh. <laughs> Thought it'd be higher. But first of all, more important question. More important question. What's that? Mike, tell us about Death's Door. I don't know what oh, it I've is. I've never heard of it, mate. Sorry. Don't know what you're on about. <laughs> oh, see, you can't join in on the joke because then it's not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm doing the Dan technique. Yes. Double down. He, he's learned from the best. <laughs> I'm going to double down or double Dan, as they call it. <laughs> double, double Dan is too much Dan for everyone. You know what? This game kind of... I saw it on a state of play, completely forgot about it, uh, and then it came out and I saw the rave reviews of it, bought it, not really expecting that much from it, and ended up absolutely flipping loving it. It's kind of a top-down Zelda-Dark Souls hybrid, where you play it as a little crow who has um, some swords and some daggers and different weapons, and your basic objective is to reap the souls of people in this really interconnected really interesting world um I don't it looks like a claymation this. diorama yeah it looks stunning it's so good and a fantastic soundtrack which i was humming for days um yeah it's just a really well put together really interesting really clever game where kind of even to the point where you finish the game and it has a really good end game section which wasn't expected and yeah, loved it. Uh, I'll say th- there's nothing that I can say that you haven't already said. The game itself was so engaging. Uh, Christy watched me play through a vast majority of it. What's really cool about it is that it takes all of the really good aspects of a Souls-like and s- boils it down to a very simplistic concept and gets rid of the stuff that makes it frustrating. Like you collect... Uh, you you have a currency that you collect. You you collect their souls when they die, and when you when you die, you don't lose them. You don't have to try to get back to your body. So it, it strips out that aspect of of being frustrating because the game can be difficult. There are some spots that are are pretty pretty tough, especially when you go into those avarice um, the the avarice chests where you have to defeat like four or five waves of enemies. But there are different weapons you can pick up throughout that. I think I stuck with the daggers the entire time. I don't know how you beat the entire game with an umbrella. It's it, it quite impressive. I got about a quarter of the way through and then stopped. I didn't it, finish it. It's it's really truncated down. There's only three major bosses, but it, it just breaks everything up so well. And the story is kind of like trickle-fed to you, and it's such an intriguing concept that when you get to the end, I don't want to say it's as good of a plot twist as uh, Link Between Worlds, but it's still pretty oh, good. Best whatever. Christ. Just don't, yeah. I just didn't, never saw that one coming. This one, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Good game. Play it. Play Great it. Play it. Great game. I hope they do a physical release of it so I can buy it and keep it sealed. I hear you. Uh, yeah, I, I watched uh, Stephanie Sterling's review of it and I, from, from their top five games this year. And I was like, huh, okay, this, this is this looks legit this looks very very good so uh i think it's gonna be on my list too you gotta play it dude it's so fun no, i want to get so around to it one day i just i'm interested i want to play it in fact i think it, i think like that's the whole joke that i think i recommended it to you guys <laughs> <laughs> in the first place but like um i heard yeah, about I'm it for just Dan. kind of no room for it at the moment but 
But yeah, I will eventually. In fact, I think you guys heard of it heard of it through me adding it to the fantasy league. And then down a few weeks later, it was like, oh, this death door looks good. I've never actually heard of it. <laughs> well, if you despite told the fact me he, about it. Despite the fact he'd shared a trailer of it as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, typical of those yeah, two, I'll get around to it eventually. Tom, uh, Eric, I, th- I think oh. I, I played the demo of it, Eric, but I think when it eventually comes out, because it's been fucking development for ages, I think you should check out Tunic. Yeah, I want you missed to. Out, you missed out on the demo, but yeah, yep. it's it's very much the same, like an isometric kind of like almost Zelda-like game, but it's like Dark Souls. When's it I want to play that as well. Uh, I think next year. Next year? Uh, sorry, no, we're in 2022 now. No, this year. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We got Codapil making the game over here, taking forever to come out. <laughs> I have <laughs> you. <laughs> oh shit. <sighs> I'll play, check, I'll play Chicken Quest. <laughs> I did, yeah. That was the, the, that was the other game this year that had me laughing my tits off, Tom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I told you, number Tom, five. you're all in on a comedy RPG, my friend. Oh, all the way. It would, be, it would be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, I'm tempted. Um, I just, without any spoilers for Tom's game, but the bit with the photograph, Tom, I, I was in hysterics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yeah everyone play chicken quest tk3 rise of the chimkin just uh i'll put a link in discord for it again play it i can put a link in discord if you want um, <laughs> oh no that's no, oh, no. all right i won't, I won't. i don't have one lined up i forgot i'm rusty i'm rusty <laughs> tom number five dan i'm sorry but my number five is for forza horizon oh, five tom Tom, Tom, Tom. <laughs> Putter in D, it's time for one of the most fun racing games I've played in a very long time. Now, I don't I don't play many racing games. Not since uh, the original um, Gran Turismo games on PS1, Project Gotham Racing on the original Xbox, and Burnout Paradise, and a, and a couple of Need for Speed Undergrounds peppered in. So this is like my gaming history of driving games. In the last two generations, I've not touched many driving games at all apart from just like a little bit of dirt rally and that's about it um about mario kart yeah i don't really consider a <laughs> racing game as such but i <laughs> i get you if i take your point um usually a lot of the fun to be had with racing games seems to be uh, embedded in others so like street racing in gta 5 for example is very fun um but i had it's been a long time since i played a dedicated racing game that i felt like I was going fast, like adrenaline was pumping, really enjoying it. And the intro to Forza Horizon 5 is really special. Like it it it, it just clicks. It works really, really well. The One music of my favorite gaming moments of last doing. year was the Dro- opening to For Horizon. Yeah, just dropping you out of the plane in a 4x4, slamming onto the mud, uh, like twisting and turning and drifting around corners and then suddenly you're in another car going through like shallow rivers and then you're like um in a corvette yeah in in a corvette or in some kind of sports car like kind of like gives you the introduction like hey here are the four sections of 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 the game because we have road racing cross-country racing uh dirt racing um uh, and i forget i forget street racing um yeah uh and 
Oh, That's one of it. the coolest openers I've seen in a game in a long yeah. time. Yeah, and I think I did myself a real favor by that being the first thing I booted up on my Series Same X. Same here. Um, and the game plays in Dolby Vision too. It's just unreal how good this game looks. Yeah, <laughs> I had the soundbar cranked up, and I and I thought, well, Top okay, down I've got, with the I've, system up, Tom. Okay, yeah, <laughs> got. I've got the Series X, so I should play a, a, an Xbox first party game. That's that's might as well. Uh we should Shame play something any. something new. Um and something that will really show off the capabilities of the console and and I really didn't think I'd be playing much beyond an hour or two of Forza. I'll, I'll be honest, maybe a little more I've put twenty five hours into this game. Oh my Whoa. god. Um, probably right around you only that had your console like a week. <laughs> What'd you say, Mike? Haven't you only had the console like a week? I I know I know it's it's I'm level seventy. I've done almost everything now. Well, okay, uh, there are lots of side bits you can do, but I've done all the main missions now. Um, I've got a garage of fifty something cars, some of the fastest cars in the game. It's I just really there's am a all phenomenally in. addicting mechanic called the wheel spin. So every time you level <laughs> up, you get a wheel spin, and it's just this roulette wheel. That, that spins on the screen and you can get one of any number of things like an emote for your character, clothes, money, money. or a car. And it could just be the biggest piece of crap Toyota Camry or up to the fastest Lamborghini in the game. Mm. Yeah, Have you guys I, tried the Eliminator yet? I can't get into it. Yes. Yeah, I've played it a few it's times. so fun. It's that is, amazing. I was about to talk about the Eliminator briefly. I just, yeah, I can't. Basically... Forza's take on the popular battle royale um, game mode, and they they just use it with, with cars instead. So you're just trying to uh, challenge various cars on the map to head to heads, and then the last one standing wins. So, yeah, I know you've you've had a hard time getting into the game, just, Eric. Uh, yeah, hopefully, I don't know what that's all about, but hopefully you get to try it soon. Um, uh, they also bring <laughs> back like hitters dear to cap for the month. No more. <laughs> They bring back game modes that I remember playing a lot on Gran Turismo, uh, racetrack like tr- uh, races that can go on for as long as I played one called the Goliath. You and I had oh, to no. do the Colossus twice. We did the Colossus. I did one called it was either the Goliath or the Gauntlet, but it was thirty minutes long. Yep. Um, My God. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. nothing compared uh, to the intense, Specsaver you know? races from PS2 that were twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Gran Turismo Three A spec, I remember those. Wow, it, it, I don't know. It's just it it works really. Well. I really love the um, the race line and how. Bear in mind, this is the first Forza I've played since the original on the first Xbox. So I don't and know how long some of these features like have been around. This, this was the, the original Forza was more like a simulation, like Gran Turismo oh, Motorsport. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they um, still do Forza Motorsport. They do. Yeah, they sort of seem to have these two skews now. One that's probably. A little bit more arcadey and accessible which is horizon and then motorsport which is the people who are really into like you're really into cars like simulation yeah. aspect um i really love the i tell you what i've never i i know it won the award for it this year uh it won the award for most accessible game and it deserves it mm-hmm. because the accessibility features on there are huge um that game will really help you out wherever you need it. It will recommend, it will move difficulty up and down depending on how you're doing. You can um, put prosthetics on your character. Yes. Uh, you can, um, 
uh, it's got accessibility for like as well as visual and audio cues. You have uh, more progressive gender options. There's a lot of cool stuff in that game that I think is worth highlighting. I just think it's um, it's a masterpiece, and I, and and no wonder it was getting tens across the board. I think IGN gave it a ten. Uh, you know, Gamespot did something similar, and then I think. Uh, um, something that I've really, as a slight tangent, something that I have noticed with Xbox games is the accessibility stuff. They are a little bit more on point with it, to the point where sometimes it will ask me if I've if I'm using a certain controller. Do you know? Do you guys have you seen the accessibility controllers for Xbox? The, the, the adaptive yeah. controller, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. Like I like seeing stuff like that. It, it makes you feel a little, little better. So, supporting uh supporting the system when it's trying to make sure that more people can play games and enjoy what we get to enjoy as you know being fortunate enough to not have to dive into those options as much as others do so um yeah oh man it i didn't think i'd be still playing that game today but i i play it every day now it's good it's great <laughs> that's like me to be combat, Tom. yeah yeah all right yeah it's i i and I wouldn't have bought that game. I don't, I don't think I would have bought it. And the same with MK11. I wanted to play it, but I wouldn't have bought it. It's same, nice that same. Game Pass obviously gives you the chance to dive into the full experience. And if I it leaves Game you, Pass, I'd probably buy it. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at Mortal Kombat 11 and went, oh, I would quite like to get it, but it's still really expensive. And I just haven't bothered. Um, just as an yeah. aside on Forza, I don't know if you guys know, but Playground Games who make Forza are actually the development team who are making the next Fable game. So that's interesting. That's, uh, so that yeah. could be really good. I'm glad you mentioned Playground Games actually because I looked them up and the same the team is made up of people that worked on, you know, Colin McRae, Project Gotham, um, uh, Forza Motorsport, uh, so many Burnout games, Need for Speed games. Like they've basically touched like every big racing series you can think of, and it shows like. It's got a bit of everything. If you want this to be serious simulation, you can you can do that. Um, or if you want just easy arcade fun action, you can you can have that too. I I really like I really respect that. I think it's got something for everybody. Um, obviously, it helps that you you know like have some interest in racing and cars and whatnot. I guess some so that does that's a bonus. Um, but it's 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 energetic i think i've talked about it briefly on the, at the beginning but uh, i know eric's uh keen too like the soundtrack is really good too the soundtrack really fits pretty well um it has a radio station called hospital which is incredibly british like it's hospital records which is a british uh, mm. uh drum based label so it's like really nostalgic for me as well and and it the the, the game is 100% made by british developers there's roundabouts in the game for a start <laughs> and then there's uh also like uh, overly hammed up british accents from all the characters and um the music is yeah again it touches upon that and then some of the very british cars too that would no what no way be you would ever ever see them across this side of the world um they've even got the right driving positions you can like explode a car too like where you open the bonnet the trunk all the doors and like kind of look in the interior so if you're into cars you can like actually like oh see i never involved. pressed the explode button because i thought that it meant like my car is gonna actually explode like I'm i really like this car I don't... then yeah. <laughs> no oh, because yeah, the only I time i saw it was it was gonna blow up and it didn't and i was kind of disappointed uh, the only time i saw that was when i won a really expensive car on the wheel and mm. or no i bought one in the auction show I'm like i just bought this i'm not willing to take that risk 
<laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you can really like get inside and and check it out. Like, uh, uh, I bought the the DMC DeLorean. Yeah, famous Back to the Future car. Um, uh, just just cause it's not particularly fast or 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 great car to race with, but it was just, you know, if you want the nicest render of that car in a video game, it's in Forza. Look, when um, we get the Ecto One, I'll play it. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll let you know. Um, oh yeah, I, I just really briefly touch on touch on the online aspect of it. Yeah, other oh. drivers are, are are also online that you can kind of race with head to head and. Uh, you can gift each other cars. Uh, I know that if I get cars that I don't need or use anymore, I just gift them to other members of the community and you can send a message with the with the car. So Forza, and again, it ties back to Xbox in general, does a pretty good job with forming community around its games. Does something a little bit, little bit different, which I appreciate. So, And it's a ton of fun to play together. It is a ton of fun to play together. Because you can do all of the main stuff co-op. You just hop yeah. into a race and... If I get first or Tom gets first and I get last, it, it counts as a win for both of us. I like that. I think that's really nice. You know, like what if what if one of you just is like, you know, really Because well, we were good. doing that 25-minute gauntlet race and yeah. you missed a couple checkpoints and just no chance of coming back. It's like, well, I guess I got to win. And it saved no. you from having to do it again. That's a good point, too. The rewind feature is nice um, if you fuck up. Uh, if you If you're on your own and you mess up, 18 minutes into a 20 minute race you can just quickly rewind yep. and it will rewind for every car so you could just keep doing that turn again and again yep. so it just doesn't take yourself too seriously and i think that's what the the, the sweet spot for racing games is it should just be fun it should just be and it is a lot of fun mike number five Number five, uh, probably going to be higher on someone else's list specifically dan's i think and also sorry to disappoint you all but number five is it takes two Oh. Hiya. I thought it would be. How oh. could you? <laughs> Talk about oh. it later. All right. Wow, we were all wrong. Really <laughs> wrong. Peterson, number four. Number four. This is really a strange game for me to have as high on my list as it is, but I got to the end of this game and was just so unbelievably touched. Uh, I know I recommended it to you, Tom, and I hope to God you have finished oh, it in the I time know sense. this game. A little game called Haven. Haven? Haven. Haven. Not the caravan park. It is less of a game and more of a relationship simulator with kind of gaming elements attached to it. It's. I talked a little bit about it on the show over the course of the past year, but... You play as a couple who has escaped from a planet. Uh, I think it's called the Atrium, Aviary, Aviary, something like that, where everything in life is pre-described. You are assigned who you're going to live with, who you're going to marry, who you're going to fall in love with, what your job is. Literally everything is prescribed. They manage to break away and find a new planet to go stay on. And you kind of pick up right when they get there and they're trying to like make this place their home they're trying to survive it it's not survival elements whatsoever but you do have to collect food but so much of the game is told through conversation through these two and it's a great expose on communication between two people within a relationship and a lot of it is told after you go out in the world you come back like you can cook dinner have conversations choose to go to bed, lay in bed, they have conversations, and there's just your standard everyday run-of-the-mill like 
disagreements, arguments, but it's really, really neat to see effective ways on how to do conflict resolution. And I think that's what really stuck with me with this game is like, man, there are a lot of people out there in relationships that just suck at conflict resolution. Like, play this game and you'll understand here is an effective way to resolve a trivial conflict because within relationships, oftentimes really trivial things become really big issues for no reason whatsoever. And that portion of it aside, the gameplay is 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 neat. I mean, you've got jet boots that you float around and kind of seeing how these two people interact with each other. Like if they're if you're going for quite a long time and they get close to each other, they'll hold hands and like they just have this really unique relationship. The combat itself is kind of turn based, uh, standard fare RPG. You can't die per se, um, and you're not killing anything. They're they're subduing them. They discover that the planet's been taken over by this substance called rust, and you have to clean up the rust. And essentially, without giving away too much of the story, um, you basically need to make that decision of, do we sever our only tie back to the atrium? And like we now live on this fractured planet by ourselves with no chance whatsoever of going home really powerful ending to the game um, some stuff happens that kind of reinforces that factor of unconditional love and and what it means to be in a relationship with somebody so it's it's a beautiful game visually uh, thematically absolutely gorgeous game nice I still need to finish it and I want to I know you need to uh, it's I'm not sure I like it is too obscure it's not obscure at all I just I don't know if Dan would like it. Hmm. Maybe some aspects of it. I think you but might as get a kind package. Of I think you might drop off. Yeah. But it's not, it's not long. It's like six hours. But still, I just don't yeah. think I don't get the impression that it would fit in your pooper. Hmm. But there's too a wide. lot up there already. There's not much room left. You know. I just put all three tails games up there. Good. <laughs> I, I want you to that finish was a, it, That Tom. was a tight fit, that box, Tom. <laughs> I really want you to finish it, Tom. Yeah, I know. I know. Great we'll game. Great game. Good highly, call. highly recommend. I, I'm, I, that's awesome that it's that high, that an indie game is uh, in your top five. I love that. Dan, tell us about your number four. Returnal. <gasps> Can I make a 45-minute fart noise? <laughs> Oh, did if you I know can like sell it as an on, NFT? I sure. never played it personally. It's the only other game that I've put on the shelf with of not necessarily a vow, but with zero intention to ever touch again. It's right next to Sekiro. Got it. Don't Go on, Dan. Tell us it, all about Returnal. I love this game. It was so good. It's, it was so scratch- good until it wasn't. But it was good all the way through. I don't know why it wasn't. I don't know. I just fell off of it. Like, I'm done with this shit. It's frustrating. It can be frustrating, but it just has that one more, more room. But it doesn't because the the one more loop is like another two and a half hour commitment. That's Oof. fine. Can you save in your loops? Um, they've, no. they've ruined the artistic vision of the game now, and you're allowed. Oh, that to, was what uh, that conversation was about. <laughs> you're allowed to. You can you can drop out now and drop back in. Like okay. you can turn your console off and you drop back in. Like it does. Like kind of a like a Hades. Hades, you could thing. drop out. Yeah, completely yeah. ruined the artistic vision of it, Tom. Totally okay. ruined no, it. No one even thought about it. No one even thought a single moment about the artistic vision when they added that in. 
Well, I can understand why that was frustrating, but for me, it wasn't really an issue. Um, I didn't mean I just, to fart and pee and poop all over your, your game praise, so let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a, a tight, like, bullet hell shooter, which really felt next-gen. And having the main thing for me was having to retrain my brain to use the haptic triggers, the adaptive triggers on the PS5 mm. controller. Mm. This is the best game I've seen that uses them so far. It kind of it has a half press for using um, a normal firing mechanism, but if you press it down all the way, it like unleashes a special move. And it was learning a new controller input that I'd never had to use before, and it was really strange. But once it clicks, and together with the haptic feedback in the controller, it's so good. And just in terms of gameplay, just so fun and fast-paced and... All the bullet hell things going on. I love that kind of stuff. And really intriguing world as well. Game is I gorgeous. I know more about. It is. It really is. I did like the world and I wanted to play more of it. But there's there's such a difficulty spike when you hit biome three. And yes. When you is. told me that there's three more biomes after that, just eject disc, put it on the shelf. <laughs> Question. See, see that, that for me is just like me trying to, that's just a challenge. I need to beat it. What, Mike? What, what, will, will I hate this? Yes. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm t- I mean, it hasn't come down in price yet at all, but like, if I ever see it come down in price, I might get it. This uh, definitely Mike, was the Mike, year. Mike, pop up and visit me and I'll let you lend it. Right up. This, this did feel like the year of the loop game. Yeah. Uh, it did. With some of these. Okay. I would like it's to It's interesting, it. going back to the controller thing with the, the adaptive triggers and where obviously different things happen when you push it so far down thinking about it it's a, a very ingenious way of adding another two buttons to the controller isn't it there's really? so damn many yes. buttons <laughs> <laughs> right uh, ratchet and clank rift apart makes use of it as well mike yeah mm, interesting mm. yeah but I, I i can't really say that much about returnal because it's very very story driven and kind of there's a lot of intrigue around it so i don't want to say anything about the storyline but in terms of gameplay i thought it was superb was and really knowing what tight. with the story going is against the artistic vision, so... Yes. <laughs> God's sake. Jesus. It's my artistic Tom, vision that Tom tells us about four? his number four. Guys, my number four is Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, you motherfucker! God <laughs> damn it. I was so sure of it. I was so fucking I, sure. I, it's fair, because it was fucking brilliant. I, I really loved that game. Um... In a in a world that was um, very uh, can, zen and chill. Can I chill. stop you, Tom? Tom, I need to stop you. No, 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 you can't. You can't. I'm in the no, flow. No, I actually can, because I technically have it higher. Oh, no, you can't. You can't. Didn't you have it on your list last year? This is why it's a technicality, but I technically have it higher. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't if you played it again this year, because it was a PS5 version, so... Well, then I need to rewrite my true. list and put Warzone on here. <laughs> Are you sure? Is that on there? <laughs> But, um, but well, when we get to it, this year, I thought about putting Final Fantasy VII Remake on mine because I played it for like the fifth time again this year. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, yeah. But but when we get to it, I will let Tom gush over it because uh, I want to hear Tom talk about Ghost of Tsushima because I'm sure that he absolutely fucking loves it, despite not being his number Fine, one. Fine, Mike, tell us about your number four. Also, think back to something I put on there as a technicality last year that was a repeat, and that's how it's become a technicality. But you guys probably don't remember last year. Number four. I, don't remember. Yeah, I, don't risk. Rem- I was going to say that. 
<laughs> Number four, at the risk of being left out of the building, it is Marvel's Avengers. Oh, God. Ooh, God. What? Ooh, controversial. Yeah. Oh, God. What uh, the fuck? I'm embarrassed to put this one on here, but let me tell you, this is a lesson in if I am interested in a game, I should probably just fucking play it rather than listening to all the negativity around it because is this game perfect? Far <laughs> from it. Will everybody like it? No. Would I recommend it to my friends? I did try and get down on it on a free play weekend. Yes, but I, yeah, <laughs> the answer like is it. probably no. You do like a good uh, superhero game, though. Yeah. So. Is it? <laughs> so do is I it go. a fucking games as service mess that ruin like ruins what could have been a fantastic game? Yes. But damn, I played a lot of this. Why game Why is this? Year. Like everything you've said sounds awful. <laughs> Why is this on your list? Right. The thing is, right. You know me. Like I fucking love. Well, obviously, mainly MCU stuff. I do read. I have started reading some comics and stuff. I, I say starting all the time, but I do. I've read some of the comics and stuff. But like, I fucking love the MCU. I, I generally love Marvel. Love superheroes, right? So I was intrigued by this game to begin with. Anyway, didn't pick it up because I saw all the negativity around it. Also heard games of service, which I'm not necessarily into. Picked it up cheap, secondhand. Just gave it a go. I was like, well, even if I play through the campaign, like campaign was fun. Uh, I enjoyed the campaign. It was a shame that like it wasn't tighter because of the online stuff but i played through it single player um kamala khan miss marvel as a character like the person who played her was amazing she she was a really endearing character that you, you just kind of fall in love with as a character and was just a genuinely fun campaign now for me i never play games where like I'm just playing it to get more stats higher stats to get better like me i generally need a story and stuff but i found myself after I'd finished the campaign, I found myself doing all the kind of online stuff, and I ended up maining Captain Captain America um, because obviously you start off with with six Avengers, and they did add more as well. And I ended up maining Captain America because between uh, out of all of them, it was him and Black Widow that I, I liked the best. And I, I started maining him, and within that game is an amazing Captain controlling Captain America game, like throwing the shield out it coming back and then later on unlocking ability where like the shield comes back he catches it you throw it out again he catches it and then you throw it out again it comes back and you press a button and he fucking roundhouse kicks the shield to then go into three other enemies and you're like fuck this feels good and <laughs> and, and and they as much as like because it's part of a live servicing they started adding like extra bits so they ended up putting Kate Bishop in and Hawkeye and they came with their own story elements they ended up putting Black Panther in this year and that added more story elements. And they're doing all this for free. And, and they're, they're, they're genuinely really good versions of these characters. It's a little weird. It's it, They haven't got that balance light right like Guardians of the Galaxy has, where like you're so familiar with the MCU and then you go into this and it's a bit, it is a little bit weird. But, and especially even weirder when they started adding in the actual movie outfits to buy as well. And yeah, it's a microtransaction mess in there as well. But... I legitimately just had fun. If I had a spare 20, 30 minutes, I would jump in. I'd just do some raids. I'd do some levels online. I'd, you know, get better um, items to make my Captain America more powerful, get him leveled up. Um, they'd put on these extra... They'd, they'd change the levels around, the online challenges and stuff like that. And it just had me hooked. I, I just had fun with it. That Like, that was it. Like, I, I admit that there's so many bad parts of that game. Um, like the leveling up system, for example, when you first start, it feels so fucking dull because you can do fuck all and it takes so long to get any abilities. <laughs> that free weekend that Dan played, they had a quadruple XP weekend on. So we started like clipping through the, the, the levels and getting the, the abilities really quickly. But you don't get that normally. Mm. Um, but I just had fun with it. I, I really, really did. And 
as I say, I'd said at the top, it's taught me a lesson of like, if I have a vague intrigue in the game and I think that I might enjoy it, I, I need to stop listening to negative, negativity and just give it a whirl and see how it goes. At the end of the day, if you enjoyed it, then you enjoyed it. It's exactly. Like, that's what games is all about. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd I mean, ever try it, and convince someone I mean, someone personally, to I thought it was a load of bollocks, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's yeah, just... Fair enough. No. I hated it's, the live service stuff. If they just made mm. a narrative story-driven game like Guardians of the Galaxy with mm. the Avengers, superb. Would have been fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the one massive negative came recently, and I, I stood by this for a few years. You know, console-exclusive content ruins games. And they added Spider-Man recently. Now, with all the other characters, when they put uh, Kate Bishop in, when they put Hawkeye in, when they put um, Black Panther in, all came with their own story DLC, uh, cutscenes, new areas, everything like that. Spider-Man, because it was a PS4, PS5 exclusive, all of his story is told through fucking text messages. There's a tiny cutscene at the beginning uh, that he's in, but you don't get any new areas. And also, like this isn't necessarily a console exclusive thing, but, well, I suppose it is. I feel like they didn't put much effort into him at all. And he he, he was heavy. He didn't feel good to play as. Um, he had like a weird glass ceiling. Even though there's levels in cities, he has like a weird glass ceiling that you can't web swing above. And especially when you've got the PS4, PS5 games now, Spider-Man games, where, you know, Spider-Man and Miles Morales feel immaculate to play as. Because this thing felt like it had such little effort into it, it really just fucking ruined it. And the Spider-Man should be a special thing to go in your game because he's such a popular character. And just stop with the fucking console exclusive stuff, man. But but yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a real good time with this. Mm. I do remember he was very textureless, like like plasticine almost. Like mm. he was a weird. They didn't have put a ton of effort into the. Well, the character model just didn't match up, and it was like, yeah, I agree. It's a it's it's a real shame. Um, it looks like a Spider-Man who's let himself go a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Peter B. Parker from uh, Spider-Verse. But, but no, yeah, I, I, you know, I know I tried to get Dan to play it on that free weekend and, and, you know, he didn't like it. But, you know, to contradict that slightly, I wouldn't ever try and push someone to really just delve into this game and enjoy it as much as I have. But I have had a real good time with it. And I think if if they do release more stuff that comes with more levels and more cutscenes and stuff like that, I probably will jump back in depending on what hero it is. Um, because it's not going to be the horrible, just here's the, here's Spider-Man because we promised it kind of thing. Um, I'll probably jump in. So I've never got rid of my disc because I I probably will jump in and yeah, I I just had a lot of fun with it and it's very rare for me to play a game where I I will just go in to go, Oh yeah, I can make my character better. Try and get my character better. Try and get my character better because I usually need a storyline for that. Nice. Very anyway. good. Peterson, top what? three. Here we go. Oh, God. I anticipate Ooh. at some point we're going to start having more games overlap, but my number three is one. It was, at the time, the only mainline Zelda game I had never played. Uh, not the only one I'd never beaten, but the only one I'd never actually physically turned on and played. And my God, did I fall in love. Uh, Skyward Sword. It's my number three oh, as well. wow. Well, it's my number three as well, so. Nice. I don't know what it was about this game. I'll get it out of the way. Mike, I'm so pleased it's on your number three, though, because you hated this previously. (laughs) I'll get into it after Eric goes. The controls are crap. Just through and through, the controls are shit. 
even playing on the Switch, they are trash. Um, they did their <laughs> best to like convert it over to a controller. That's even worse, if you can believe it. I really like the concept of, of the one-to-one movement for the sword, but I just did not like having to rely on motion control. And that's where I discovered I was having a lot of tracking issues with my Switch controllers. So much to my dismay, I opened up my Skyward Sword uh, Joy-Cons and used those, and it mitigated some of the issues, but not all of them. Nevertheless, though, I was hooked on this game from beginning to end, and it turned out to be way, way longer than I thought it was going to be. Incredibly fascinating world. Really cool take on Zelda dungeons. A lot of open world stuff to go explore. I didn't necessarily care too much for the whole Skyloft and that whole you got to fly around between all these little like floating asteroids. It felt like artificial longevity was injected into the game just by having large open empty spaces but i really enjoyed the origin story of zelda like this is the beginning this is where everything starts and this is how it it kicks off Um, i really enjoyed my time with this game yeah for me obviously my number three as well what an absolute 180 i've taken with this game i i i loved playing it this time i went in with hesitation so my thing has always been, eh, it's, a, it's not a great Zelda game, but it's a good game. And I think a lot of the stuff they did to iron out and make it more streamlined, like little things like there'd be dialogue that you could skip or even like at the beginning, at the very beginning of the game, when you went out onto Skyloft after you came out of the, the school that you're in, um, it would make you talk to every character along the way. Whereas now they'd have like little question mark, uh, exclamation marks above them, little speech bubbles, and you can go and speak to them if you wanted to, to get the tutorial. And that was throughout the game, you know, little things like that would just make the entire thing more streamlined. You know, the UI was much less intrusive and things that were coming up, you know, they would just, it was, I think they took the bones of what was there and, and, and sorry, the other way around, brain fog, apologies. They took, like the meal that was there and they just took out all the unnecessary stuff and I didn't have as many of the controller issues as Eric did I played a combination of handheld and I played motion controls while I was at home and they worked great for me I barely had a problem with them and looking back I think it may have been my frustrations with the controls on the Wii that gave me such a negative view of this game because Maybe with me fighting with them, I didn't pay that much attention to the actual game itself. But I'm with Eric. You know, the the, the dungeons were great. The the world is fascinating. Um, and the, you know, Skyloft, eh, give or take, whatever. Um, but I think with me not fighting through the controls, it gave me a chance to actually analyze the game better. And also I was going in with that kind of opinion of I didn't really like it, so maybe I should look into this now and see if I enjoy it. And I did. And I wouldn't say it's my favorite 3D Zelda, not all. I mean, Breath of the Wild is still my f- favorite 3D Zelda. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite game of all time. Um, but on those kind of old school 3D Zeldas, you know, I don't disregard it anymore. Will I ever play it again? I will probably never play it again. But I've I've gone in that no. second time. I've now got a positive view of it. I'll never um, touch this game ever again. I have no. zero interest in ever seeing or playing it again, mainly because I was so frustrated with the controls. I was constantly recentering all the time. Well, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if the, is there something in your house interfering with it or something? Because, like I said, fine. Uh, yeah, like I mean, I've played it this year as well, and I had no problems. Mm. TV too big. 
TV too big. <laughs> too big. But yeah, it's absolutely 180 for me. I'm I'm glad that Dan's happy that I like it. But yeah, I I am now a Skyward Sword fan, but I'll yeah, nice. never play it again. It's all I've ever wanted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan. I can't talk about this one because it's Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Oh, go ahead. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number. That was my number nine. So, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, You've never so, played it. It's not even on my list, so I don't know why you guys even talked about it. Oh, we can talk about it if it's not... Wait, hang on. I'm definitely higher on yours, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely higher. All right, Tom, what's your number three? Uh, Well, let me ask you something, gentlemen. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? Oh. <laughs> my number three is Bioshock. Wow. Ooh. I didn't even know you played that this year. I did. I played it in uh, the beginning of December. Is this the first time um, you've played it? No, we played it for the show, um, uh, but I got really far and then didn't finish. We had a really good show on it, uh, and I couldn't contribute to the last sort of like two hours that we talked about it. Um, but this time I had I got to replay through it and really admire Rapture for what it is as the star of that of the show in that game. Um, to really listen to all the different audio logs that are, that are um, scattered all through. This first-person uh, libertarian fantasy of a of a different world, um, you know, a, an alternative vision of where the entire world is controlled by, you know, the, the 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 free market, and then you know, drug addiction, and it just tackles so many interesting things. And Bioshock is obviously anything I'm saying now. Everyone who's listening has probably played through it a dozen times and it's one of those games that's considered one of the greats and i completely see why because it's sort of one of the first examples of a first person shooter with these rpg elements and I having just, fun with all the with all the plasmids and all the different ways you can take on different enemies and um the little pieces of narrative that are hidden around not just through the audio logs but the way character models are positioned like and how they've you know they they've passed away a long time ago well they've died a long time ago and you know the, the stories that are attached to those those characters the art deco artistic style the look and feel of walking through these twisting tubes underwater in this in this city and how alive it must have looked and how beautiful it must have looked but in a not in an amazing way but in a in a it's hard, it's it's so hard to 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 really um, describe uh, it, it's just really invigorating um, place to be and I just wanted to know exactly what was going to happen next like because I got I got past the famous spoil the spoiler in the middle the f famous reveal and then that last section of the game was uh, was tying everything together and and you know looking at these I, I collected all the director reels too and listened to the whole director's commentary because I was interested in hearing what Ken Levine, the creator of Bioshock, yeah. how he came to, you know, came to uh, make this game. And he got the team to read like um, Iron Rand's books and stuff and the the sort of weirdness of objectivism and, and all the, 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 the terrible cons of, of that kind of ideology and what it can lead to if, you know, in the wrong hands. And, um, 
man, I, I don't know. I know it, we had we had Zach on for that show, and it's definitely a game he holds in high regard, and I completely see why because I just really adored going back to Rapture again and doing some and playing this time playing through the DLC. Um, so what was really impactful about or actually one of my favorite memories of the original Bioshock comes from Bioshock Infinite and mm-hmm. that if you've not played there's a very awesome throwback mm-hmm. to the original Rapture in that mm-hmm. game and I think that that one was it was more impactful for the people who played Bioshock when it first came out and then had to wait 10 years mm-hmm. or however long it was for yeah, yeah. Infinite. And they're like, oh my God, there it is. Yeah, right. I'm excited to where the series is going to go next because apparently yeah. there's a one in development which is which, rumored to be set in the Arctic. In the Ooh. 60s, yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember playing or waiting for that game to come out and being so blown away by the water, uh, the, yeah, the water mechanics yeah, yeah. in it. Yeah. God, I, I just was, it was just so, so cool. I, I, I love the, the slow introduction as you're wading through the water and getting into, into rapture and the statue of Andrew Ryan, the, uh, um, the mantra of like, you know, you know, the, the, the man in Washington says that your money belongs to the poor and the man in the Vatican says it belongs to God and the man in Moscow says it belongs to everyone. And, it's just this, you know, yeah, I mean, I really, I'm, I, I'm really into my political games and whatnot when it, when it, when, when clever stuff is done with it. And I think this is just serves really well and, and just gameplay is tight too. And it, the gameplay is tight to the narrative. Everything makes sense. Um, that was a really, that was a really important thing that I think was, was worth highlighting. Um, because these people have gone insane. These splices and the, you, these enemies that you meet in the game have gone have gone crazy. From too much Adam, and which is like the drug that you have to collect to uh, uh, power yourself up. And then Ken Levine said that the inspiration of the Big Daddies was he was watching a nature show and was noticing how like um, you know how mothers would protect their cubs and stuff. And that's kind of how the Big Daddies work with the little sisters, as they're protecting the little sisters and any any harm that comes to them they're going to intervene and big daddies are interesting in the game because they are there aren't any well there's, there's one boss battle in the game but i don't think the studio does and they admit that they don't do, they don't do boss battles very well so instead it's a boss that you have to and um uh evoke like you have to um actually engage with them like you if you don't engage with them you won't get the atom required mm. to get your power-ups better so it's that moment where you look at a big daddy and you're like, man, I have to shoot you. I have to engage in a, a really tough fight with you. Otherwise, I'm not going to get stronger, but I don't want to because it's going to... Well, and then there's that whole choice of like, what know? do you do with the little sisters? And I rescued all of them. Like, yeah. that, that's the, the canon ending. Uh, there are two endings. Apparently, the studio only wanted one ending, but 2K were really keen on another one if you'd harvested uh, the little sisters. Um apparently the other ending is ridiculous like it just make it's it was a bit of a dumb ending that they just kind of threw together but the original ending had me uh satisfied it it felt like it wrapped up very quickly at the end i don't know if Mm -hmm. like it was a small team i the whole story behind bioshock is really interesting i don't want to like good really unfold all of it right right here but just know that i had a really 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 great time with that game and i found it to be very impactful and i'm glad i went back to it on uh played through on ps5 on the uh the collection well, good i'm glad you enjoyed it thanks thanks 
Who we at? Who we Michael. at? Michael. Uh, it would be me, but I've already told you my number three. Oh, yes. so. Oh, yeah. so back to so me. Back to number two for Mr. Peterson. I think this is higher on Dan's list. I think it's higher. Psychonauts 2. Nope. Wait. That means it's not even on your list. It's not on my list. You're just, you're bad at this. That's wrong. It should be number one. He's saving it for next year because he played it this week. Uh, Nobody else played it, right? No, I haven't played it. No, sadly not. I I only just got me, uh, me Xbox. I was so scared that this game was not going to live up to the hype that it had accrued over the past... 15 years because Psychonauts 1 is is one of my favorite platforming games of all time we played it for the show had a freaking blast with it it's so unbelievably unique like take um, Double Fine just has this ability to create weirdness and make it be relatable and yet it's it's so far out there that you just can't help but be endeared to it Psychonauts 2 took everything about the first game and just said, all right, we're going to do all of that, but far more of it. And it's this it's sort of a larger open world aspect to the game. But what I what I really enjoyed about their focus within this game was less about going into people's brains and like, let's create really weird scenarios with the milkman or Napoleon or a drama teacher or a Lucha Libre. But they focused really heavily on like mental health aspects of things and and talking about um, anxiety Mm. or enablers or addictions and how we treat those and how they're all interconnected and woven together and how you fight those. And just bringing all of that into this really tangible, cohesive experience was was incredibly unique, coupled with the incredible story. Uh, I was not expecting this game to be nearly as long as it was. I think it was like 25 hours when I finally yeah. wrapped up on it, um, I've just hit. I've just hit the big Maligula reveal. So I'm yeah, not sure yeah. I'm not going to say too much it. about it, but they they really rope in the history of Rasputin. And I don't know if you mm. remember, but in the first game, it felt kind of like a throwaway. But you couldn't fall in the water. Like, oh, my whole family's cursed. We just can't go. Oh. Like, we're we're cursed to die by the water. And that's the whole focal point of this entire game is like that <laughs> curse and. His whole family gets brought into it, so you get to meet all of them. And they're just these weird circus freaks, but they're all incredibly endearing. Um, they, they, they relate to you because everybody's got people like that within their family, and they're kind of embarrassed by him. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, you know, we're family. Like, this is, this is us. This is where we came from. This is who we are. But kind Ooh. of Rasputin at the end of the first game is like, cool, I'm going to be a psychonaut. Like, I'm the best person there is. And then he gets to psychonaut training and just kind of gets sand kicked in his face. He's like, here's the intern program. Have fun. And he just doesn't kind of have that same clout that he used to. So it's like working your way up through the ranks. Um, it's just such a neat game. I'm so pleased with how well it turned out. Ah, uh, you make me want to play it for sure. I, I really want to play that game. I loved the first one when we played it on the show. It was I think it's very the, frustrating because it was PS2 platformer. Right. But I would love Got to play the meat circus. One. I think it's the oh, only <laughs> full price digital game I've ever purchased. Huh. Because I played I didn't have an Xbox at the time, so I played right. it on PS5. So I had to buy the PS4 version digitally. Oh, you've played the subpar version as well because uh, the PS5 version is not as good as the Xbox one. No, I know, so I kind of want to re-download it and see it oh. in Dolby Vision. 
PS5 version doesn't exist. I mean, the Xbox version. Thanks, Mike. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I was Dan, Dan was saying I was just correcting Daniel. Um, I I tried because uh, I don't want it because I saw Dan play. I'll get my words out in a second. Sorry. Um, I saw Dan play the beginning of Psychonauts two at my house when he came to visit, um, and it looks like it pretty much continues straight on from the first one. So I wanted to play the first one first. So it's, I it is it's literally in. like a dear later, but it's been like yeah. over ten years. Unless you want to play the Rhombus of Ruin VR so, game, which takes place between one and two. So I jumped into the first one uh, a couple of months ago, and it looks great because um, obviously with Xbox Series X, it. it, it puts Dolby Vision on it it does like an auto HDR thing so it looks great it looks fantastic but it did feel very very dated and I just I was like you know sometimes you put something old on it, it's dated and you're like I don't want to deal with this right now and I was like that so yeah. I probably won't get around to the second one for a long time because I'm going to have Tom, to you played the first one right? the first one yeah we played it on the show Dude, download was... download Psychonauts 2 and play it okay you're going to fall in love with it it's it's so good I think you're right I, I think I'm, so ex- I'm excited to play that game um Hell yeah. Good call. Good call. Daniel? Danzo, what's your number two, mate? Oh, uh, Yakuza, like a dragon. Oh, shit. Oh, completely oh, forgot, forgot about this, this one. Yeah. If I remembered you'd played this, I probably would have said this was your number one. Mm. This consumed about four months of my life because this is an absolutely huge game. Um, I dabbled with the Yakuza series in the past. I really like Kiwami and Zero. And I've played mm-hmm. a few of the, the others, but this one is brilliant. It's so good. It's kind of an old school turn-based RPG, but they double down on the ridiculousness of the whole thing. And like your characters have these different jobs in battle and you have everything from like being able to whack people with a bat to just the most ridiculous over the top. Like you can be a break dancer, for example, and start fighting enemies and unleashing these break dancing moves and it's just it's just <laughs> laugh out loud hilarious and but while also telling this really personal like in-depth story which goes on for like probably about 40 hours <laughs> and if there's one like i loved the the fighting in the original yakuza series which was more kind of like button mashy but mm-hmm. it turn based was just ingenious and it it shouldn't work but it does and the I new know. character, yeah. the new character Ichiban Kazuga, Kazuga is just like, he's just so good. I, Am I right in thinking this has been such a success that like all Yakuza's are going to be turn based yeah, going forward? Correct. Yes. Um, Interesting. I, I I I wanted to put on my list because I played, but I didn't finish it, and I, I, and it was a big game. But I played about ten hours of Yakuza Zero this year, and that is amazing. It is. It's it really is good. Genuinely brilliant. Um, and like a dragon, I've heard nothing but good things. I've watched people play it. The turn-based aspect is cool. It looks like they've they've brought the the stuff the the the, the fighting mechanics from the original Yakuza games into the Judgment series, which is another series I think you yes. probably quite like. I Dan. need to play that. I need to play it. Yeah. Um, like, but although the, the this... fu- I can't remember the reason why, but the future of that is uh, kind of in doubt. But, um, I, 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 played, I played like I, I bought this I thought it'd be alright but I, I just I just fell in love with it and it lit- honestly it literally took me about four months to finish this game and so that'd be like just, three it, years for the rest of us yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, just, it just never it just never ended and when I find when I finally came to the end I was like yeah that was pretty damn good that like 
Was that golden path in it, Dan, or was that doing loads of side quests and stuff? Loads of side quests. Like, if you don't do the side quests in a Yakuza game, you're doing yourself a disservice because they're so ridiculous. They're funny, hilarious, karaoke and all the grab gate, like the Oh, there's there's like arcades you can go into. This Yakuza's yeah. quite can be overwhelming, a bit Ubisoft like with its open world sometimes. My favorite thing about this one is the enemies, right? Because the enemies you're fighting are basically like thugs and Yakuza who are wandering the streets. But because Ichiban has a hero complex, in his mind he processes them and turns them into like ridiculous enemies. So, like, you've got kind of, like, you've got, like, really fat guys, like, holding giant sausages who attack yeah. you with them and stuff, and, like, robots, and it's just, it's mental, but it's so yeah. good. It's so it reminds good. me of that, um, there's that South Park episode with fun with weapons where they're imagining themselves yes. as the, the anime guys. It's very guys. like that, yeah. actually. <laughs> but, like, I can't recommend it enough. If you like a good turn-based RPG with a storyline with a lot of heart, it's, yeah. It's probably the best RPG I've played since Persona 5, and that's very high praise. Ooh, oh that's high praise wow. from you. Yeah. That's all i got to say. Thomas. Um, am I, I guess it would probably be a little bit... It might be higher on your list, actually, Mike. Um, I'm getting that impression now, anyway. But my number two is uh, Resident Evil Village. Yep, that's definitely higher on mine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. so, I Tom, forgot about Resident Evil Village. The original uh, game of the year choice that I had for you was Resident Evil Village. Oh, for man. me? No, for, for Tom. Tom. Oh. Yeah, and it was it was my game of the year for the longest time until recently. So I will talk about it later. Mike, number two. My number two, and I, I double-checked, by the way, because I said it was last year. It turns out it was the year before. Uh, I managed to get Horizon Zero Dawn back on my uh, list again um, because it released an expansion that was so expansive that I felt it was enough to warrant it having a being on my list again because I don't like to repeat stuff on my lists. Um, but this is... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up when I say what it is and let Tom have his moment to talk about the game before I go into what I was going to. But... I think as an expansion, it was big enough for me to warrant this going on again, but the Iki Island expansion of Ghost of Tsushima. And I will go into why I liked it so much and some extra overall thoughts of Ghost of Tsushima, but I will let Tom go ahead and what he was going to say when it was a bit further down his list. I'm confused. So is it Ghost of Tsushima or Horizon? Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima, Iki Island. Yeah, but you started off talking about horizon frozen wild was, yes but if you listen to the rest of my sentences <laughs> i didn't i, I stopped <laughs> as a very brief side note i played frozen wilds this year and it was fantastic but yeah okay uh ghost of tsushima was my number four mike's number two i was recommended this by well kind of all you guys really but mainly mike um, as for having its parallels to Horizon as an open world uh, game with a with a touching story, and it really delivered. I th- it's interesting because I really loved the beginning and I really loved the end. The middle was a bit sometimes repetitive and paint by numbers, but that was partly me on doing everything. Where I was like, it, it can be a bit like, you know, m- there's lots of 
a typical open world, lots of icons and badges everywhere and you're kind of checkboxy, but you know, it's part of the part of the deal. I never didn't have fun when I was doing it. That's the important aspect. And though the world doesn't have a lot in it compared to some of the more, uh, some of the grander open world games, I was, what I started saying earlier was that it was, it's, it's Zen feudal Japan like aspect meant that it felt very chill but the fact that the world feels very dynamic like there's just leaves blowing everywhere the the wind compass is fantastic like it works really really well i was really um blown away actually by the ui design i think it's probably the nicest ui design i've experienced uh, for a good while now um everything very much made sense and was very clicky looked gorgeous on the ps5 i was playing the, the director's cut I haven't got around to Iki Island because I wanted to finish the main campaign first, take a break, and then I'll come back to it because I'd been I'd put like a good forty five hours into the original campaign. Um yeah, I tried the um I tried the black and white mode and stuff as well. I tried all the artistic filters and played around a lot in photo mode. That's when you know a game is really working for me when I start, you know, diving yeah. into those kinds of things and, you know, sharing photos with colleagues and, and and everyone you know being like look at this look how pretty this game is like how really gorgeous it is and um the story was very touching it's all about you know it's obviously feudal japan honor and samurai and respect and uh and also it's mainly about Jin's code and like how much he sticks to that code um if he's gonna break from it you know it's like i will go against the code if it means saving people's lives but that is not it's dishonorable to the samurai and uh, I liked that kind of contrast and they play with that a little bit. Um, there's some good character development with Jin. I played the whole thing in Japanese audio just because it just felt it felt good like that. And they'd fix the animations. Apparently it used to be terrible. The Did facial you play animations. in Kurosawa mode? Uh, well, I, I tried Kurosawa mode a few times, but I mainly played in color, um, but just with the Japanese audio. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, just like a really, really like elegant game. <laughs> You know what I, I mean? I meant to, I, I put it into my PS5 and I meant to download the PS5 upgrade for it and then something else hit my plate. It was probably yeah. Warzone. And the, yeah, the, uh, the sword play is real, real tight. Like it feels great to just run into a camp, engage in a standoff with like five different people and then just have a it just feels like a watching a, watching. they obviously took huge inspiration from Japanese cinema because it just feels like that. The whole thing just is like, and you get more like tools at your disposal, like the little uh, uh, smoke bombs that you can throw and uh, some of the stealth is is okay. It, the stealth can be a bit janky. Like the AI isn't amazing with the stealth. You can really cheese it quite badly. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, and I actually really enjoyed the action anyway. So I'd, I'd only stealth if it meant getting extra bonus points or picking up extra items or whatever. Um, the haikus were a nice little touch, uh, which I thought was like very centering. The springs as well, where Jin can like you can choose what you want to reflect on. He'll give little pieces of story and exposition here and there as to relationships to his family, relationships to his, his bum, relationships to his uh, sensei, and um, you know his code, <laughs> his honor. Um, the some of the other characters you meet, Maris, uh, are, are really um, they have their own conflicts. A lot of it's centered around revenge. Um, and uh, what's right and wrong. They do, do two wrongs, make a right and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It, it was very well paced and I look forward to jumping back into Iki Island and I'm just going to pass over to Mike now because I have waffled a lot about it. But <laughs> yeah, I well, I, I, Iki Island. 
Yeah. I think you should. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I I think it was a big enough expansion. Same as when I did Frozen Wilds a couple of years ago. I think it was a big enough expansion for it to get onto my list again. Um, Everything when I when I I I rebought the di- I bought the director's cut specifically for. Well, I ended up rebuying the PS4 version, upgraded to the the director's cut. Um, mm. One, because I want I want to see what it was like on PS5 anyway. Um, but going into the Iki Island. Um, I remember when we were playing that multiplayer mode, Dan, of the of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, oh, yeah. I remember you saying to me because it, it kind of delved more on the kind of like fantasy, mystical uh, spirits kind of side of things. And you you said, "Oh, you know, I could have gone for more of that in the main game." And without spoilers for Iki Island, it actually does uh, for Ooh. reasons that I can't go into. Um, but it delves into that kind of stuff a bit more. And I agree with what Dan said when he said that you know I could have gone for more of that because. Not really any spoilers for Ghost of Tsushima, but you, there's so many side quests where it's like, oh, there's there's spirits and they're in the woods and and the spirits are, yeah. are doing this and they're they're doing this and they're doing this, and it ends up being bandits. It's always fucking bandits. <laughs> like, like yeah. you know, there's so many side quests where, where evil spirits all oh, they're raining down on the old temple, and uh, it's fucking bandits every single yeah, time. It's, it's yeah, fucking bandits, just a dude right? that nicked some rice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and you know yeah. that was one of the negatives of, of, of the original game but you know yeah, it does yeah. delve into that and it has some kind of it has some areas that, um, some sequences sorry that are very sort of uh, Arkham Asylum Scarecrow kind of sections um, not as terrifying but like you know it's that kind of thing like weird kind of mystical mm. stuff going on and hallucinations and stuff like that so I really delved in it but the thing is it was fantastic expansion um, but what this made me do was revisit Ghost of Tsushima and I tried to play Iki Island I was like fuck I don't remember how to play this because obviously I reloaded my save um, had all the upgrades everything I was like I have no fucking idea how to play so I restarted the main campaign with the idea, same as what I did with Frozen Wilds, go into the main campaign, start again, get so far with it just to reacquaint myself with the controls um, and, and a little bit with the characters, then I'll jump into the DLC, which is what I did. And I I had to stop myself from just doing the entire campaign of Ghost of Tsushima because what I realized through playing Iki Island and revisiting um, uh, the main game is actually... If I were to make a top 10, li- I've, I've never made a top 10 list of my favorite games. I, know I always kind of hypothetically go, oh, that would be probably be my top 10 games of all time. Ghost of Tsushima is slotted in there. I think it would easily be in one of my top 10 games. It'd be one of my top 10 games of all time. Um, wow. It is a ch- bit checkboxy with the world, but traveling around that world, I always felt good. I always loved looking at it. I mm. really enjoy the characters. I, I, You get a little bit more of Jin's history within... Uh, the Iki Island expansion as well, because it deals on some stuff of his past. Um, but like, I remember, I think Eric said it, because I know Eric has dabbled with the beginning of Tsushima. And I think it was Eric who said it on one of the shows that he, he thinks that like Jin Sakai is a little bit dull and a little bit boring. And, and at the beginning, he kind of is a little he, bit. He is, I agree. He and, doesn't open up until later, really. Yeah. yeah and you see more of his personality in Iki Island than you probably did in the main game, even towards the end. Like, yeah. He'll have conversations like there's a character called uh, Kenji who he deals with uh, throughout mm. the main game. Um, and you see him kind of be a bit dry and like a bit dry comedy with him in the main game. And there's characters that he does that with in Iki Island where like he'll be like a little bit sarcastic with his little wry smile on his face, but he's kind of dry with it. And yeah. 
I I think as a protagonist, I I I really really like Jin Sakai now, and that's thanks to replaying the game, some of the original, and playing Iki Island. But um, but on the expansion itself, like I said, deals with some of that. It's a massive expansion. I did the equivalent of platinum in it because it doesn't have a platinum. Um, and then um, you know, the story was 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 engaging, and there was a lot to it. There was a lot to it. Adds extra challenges, so like you get some guys that you fight now who like they will change stance. So like before, like a guy comes towards you and he's doing a certain stance, so you using a certain weapon, mm. so you need to change your stance. There'll be guys who like they'll start with a sword, then they'll pull a shield out, or they'll put that away and get a spear out. So you're having to change stances for each enemy and stuff like that. Mm. Extra challenges, and I enjoyed it so much. I reloaded my save onto the original game, and I went around and just platinumed it. It was really, really enjoyable platinum. I I'm glad to hear that Iki Island adds more to Jin because I think that Jin was probably one of the weaker aspects of the base game. Like the other characters had more range to them, whereas Jin just felt like he was the savior of the you know he was the guy that was gonna stay remain a, a very serious tone who was gonna band together all these people and 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 do what needed to be done. And I was I wanted more from Jin, um, so that's really that just proves what you've just said that Iki Island is kind of integral then at this point um, yeah. to um, getting the also, full Ghost of Tsushima experience. Also, horse attack abilities involving the horse in Iki Island. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which I, I still think the coolest mechanic of that game is when you walk up to some enemies and it does the slow mo. And you, oh. if you get the timing right, you can just slice somebody open. It's so very good. cool. So, I also so like um, the execute that you could do through a door. Yes, that's that's very that. fucking cool. Um, yeah, and also just the the jewels in gen in general, where like you're like uh, there's a obviously a purposefully made like jeweling area with the flowers on the ground in a circle, and a jewel. It feels a bit like a like a Dark Souls kind of fight, you know, um, parrying, blocking taking your time treating it seriously getting invested in that character and in that world and that circumstance right um i thought that was really cool i want i would like more jewels there are only like four i think on like it's one of the things of as well as the uh haikus the fox dens the bamboo cutting and so on like there were only four jewels i would like to have i'd like to have done that a bit more but hey i mean there's plenty of plenty of bandits to kill so Iki, uh, Iki Island has more things like that to go and do as well. So nice. uh, there's, I won't say what they are, but like there's, you know how you used to find the fox dens. There's there's things yeah. with other animals and stuff like that on Iki Island as well. With oh, like awesome. some other mini games and stuff. So excited. No, that's cool, man. Yeah. I need to get, cool. I need to get around to actually finishing that game. So. Put, put your PS4 disc in and upgrade to the director's cut, Eric. I've got 75 PSN bucks sitting there, so I might dump some into that. Mm. Top tip though, Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. Pro tip: the uh, graphics mode actually runs at uh, sixty frames. So leave it on graphics. Don't put it on performance. Ooh, yeah. I told Tom that, and he was very happy. Yes. All right, boys, are you ready for number ones? <laughs> oh God! Well, we already know what yours is, Mister Peterson. We all guessed right. No, you didn't. Oh shit! It's Warzone. Oh, <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's ratchet and clank oh, so three of us had that on our lists yeah one three and nine wow there you go we all sucked at guessing each other's games this year i know <laughs> it was a tough apart, apart from all of us for you <laughs> well, i mean it's you know i'm nothing if not consistent <laughs> 
I love Ratchet <laughs> and Clank. There was no universe that existed in which this was not my number one game of the year. For God's sakes, I have a cat named Ratchet. I know, but Warzone. Yeah, yeah. but Warzone was on my game of the year last year. That's not how it works. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say about this game that hasn't already been said, other than the fact mm. that it's fucking phenomenal from start to finish. What they did with this game, I was concerned when they introduced a new character. Finally, there's another Lombax. And for anybody who's been playing Ratchet and Clank since the beginning, like that's a big deal because Ratchet yeah. was the last of his kind. And to introduce a new character, it's like, man, I just. I really don't know if I want to be playing somebody other than Ratchet. Previous games, they had you play some missions as Clank. It's like, all right, I mean, this is passable. You know, those those stupid yeah. uh, puzzles in, I think it's in Kraken Time, where you have, like, duplicates of Clank. And yeah. I just, I didn't enjoy that. I want to play as Ratchet. I want I, him with his I, weapons and his ass-kicking abilities. But wow, Rivet is incredible. Rivet I, is really good. <laughs> I yeah. almost like playing her just as much. And then I can't remember the name of her robot companion, but that character dynamic as well is just as good as the character relationship between Ratchet and Clank. I'm drawing a blank on the little robot. So she's the the little tiny yellow robot who yeah. was programmed to be a corporate Destroyer. murder robot. Yeah. yeah. But is really cute now. But it's really but. cute. But if she gets pissed off, like she yeah. can explode into absolute chaos. But what's really cool is how this game showed off the uh, power of the PlayStation 5 and what you're able to do, like zipping from one section to the other using the rifts, how quickly things would load. Yep. Combat itself is just as fresh and, and exciting Kit. as That's ever. That's what she's called. Kit. What's her name? Yeah. Kit. Kit. Okay, yeah. Obviously platinum to the game. I've platinumed every Ratchet <laughs> Clank since they <laughs> introduced trophies. But I didn't know yeah. about that about you, Eric. I didn't realize. What's that? I didn't. I didn't know that about you. I didn't realize you platinumed every. Love them. I absolutely that, love them. They're just so. They're always so good. They and are. Pretty, like, they are great. I games, think yeah. Insomniac is on top of the world right now in games development. Everything yeah. they do is superb. Yep. Because they put care and effort into it. You can tell that what they do, there is genuine care, not only for the final product, but for the characters within the game, but also for the players. Yeah, there's no bullshit in there. There's no games as a service. There's right. no microtransactions. Yep. It's just it's a good... fucking game. Enjoy it. Even the puzzles, if you're really not getting on with them, you can just skip them. Yeah. Which I think is really cool, honestly. Like, Steph, if you're Stephanie, really not, you're listening? If you're really not enjoying them or you're finding them difficult, you can't just be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to skip this because it's just not where it's not where my fun is. I want to be just playing the platformer. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I really that. reasonable. I skipped a few of those last uh, laser puzzle things on 2016 uh, this past week just because like it was on the last few levels and they, they really kind of broke up the the speed <laughs> of the gameplay. And I was like, ah, I can't be able to sit and figure this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just slightly reasonable. Uh, Best thing about New Ratchet and Clank for me, those... Um, upgraded hover boots where you yeah. can do the so yes. love them just the rift the rift mechanic in general is really well done too yeah that um, was cool the one yeah, thing that it, I, I i miss and they did this i can't remember if it was crack in time or the one before that um the ability to fly through space and like land on different planets and crack in time yeah. i actually played crack in time this year 
As I well. love Kraken. Tom. Tom, you have you have a PS3 now. Do you have all the Ratchet and Clanks? Uh, I have Tools of Destruction, and I think... Do I have Kraken Time? I might do. I'm pretty sure I bought it, yeah, so... Kraken Time is incredible. Time Into the I Nexus is just as good. That one's a little more obscure and harder to find, but equally mm. as good. You have to play the trilogy on PS3. Like, that Full was my... Front- that was my uh, intention with getting you that PS3. It's like, he's just got to play the Ratchet and Clank games. It was. He was actually debating buying you to go along <laughs> to go alongside it, I remember. Is Full yeah. Frontal Assault the, also the other PS3 that one? That game is trash. Oh. <laughs> it's a... It, it's Quest a, for Booty is the second one. Uh, Four-player action RPG, like top-down dungeon crawler style. And it's Do you think really they're hard to go back bad. to after you've played the, no. the two newest ones? Nope. I played Tools of Destruction, and I've played that one. I finished that one. That's a good game. Yeah, go go back and play Crack and Time. Time, Crack and Time is like the pinnacle of the series, but Into the Nexus is Crack and Time has Nefarious as the villain, who's always the best villain. Oh, cool. So I, I, um, I have Rift Apart. Um, I've not played it yet. Obviously, I wanted to play 2016 first, which I literally finished a couple of days ago. Um, As someone who's never played one until 2016. Will will I enjoy Rift Apart? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. I what was okay. what are the little vehicle not vehicles the little bugs that you ride and Rift Apart the Beatles? Oh or yeah, that's such a cool part of the game too because you can really travel those hub worlds when you're done with the main missions to collect stuff and get some extra power ups for your guns or get some extra um, bolts and whatnot. It's what it's cool. It's a bit I just like, love ah, the weapon. Like Mario Odyssey I love the weapon. I love the weapon upgrade mechanics of Ratchet. Yeah. It just keeps you wanting to constantly cycle between everything to see how it's going to upgrade and turn into this new fancy version of what you've already got. I will say, though, that out of all of the Ratchet and Clank games, <laughs> I was slightly, it's, it's slight, slightly <laughs> disappointed with the variety of weapons in this game. They weren't as iconic as ones in the past, like yeah. the Sheepinator yeah. or the Groovatron. Uh, yeah, okay, 2016 had better guns, I think. Right, so the this one, one you, you have, played. you obviously have your standard fare, the Omni Wrench, the pistol, the Shatter Bombs, um, their the Buzz Blades. hilarious. <laughs> but you don't, you get things like the Void Repulsor. Is that the one where the octopus hands come out and pull people yes. up? Yes. Bombardier I was did, great. I liked that. The, the Torpiary Torpiary sprinkler didn't really like that. Oh one very yeah, much. that was good though. If you once you fully you, leveled it, it yeah, was awesome because you could completely debilitate a bunch of a whole room of enemies with it. The pixelizer was one of the coolest ones though. It essentially look yeah makes everything look like PlayStation One era graphics. Yeah. That's off twenty sixteen though. Yeah, but it's still in this one too. I liked the our the rhino in this one, which uh, summons things from different games. Like uh, yeah. a raptor from Horizon Zero Dawn, and <laughs> so I don't think I used that. The rhino is always really tough to get because there's hidden components throughout the entire game yeah. that you have to find. And once you do, you're like, oh, I'm at the end of the game. But then you can go into challenge mode afterward and use all of the weapons that you've upgraded. It's th- these games are so brilliantly put together. I just love it. The Negatron Collider was a good one. Yep. Yes. I think that was the one I used the most. I used the pistol a lot, to be fair. Yeah, um, but I yeah, got, like, the, the shotgun. Mister Fungi was fun too. The the, <laughs> the little jokes that he'd pop up. I'm like, oh, this is right up Mike's alley. I miss Mister Zircon though. I always love Mister Zircon. Mister Zircon. So, uh, Dan, you're number one. 
Has anybody realised what it is yet? No. I have. I've realised what it is. Yes. It it's, uh, takes two, yeah. my oh. friend. I didn't realise you loved this this much. Oh, God. It was so good. That's going to be Mike's number one also. No, it's not. No, it's got it. no, I've already said it. We already know it because of my Resident Evil Villages is number one. We already know this. <laughs> um, yeah, I... T- Don't I say too abs- much about it because I still need to finish it with Christy. I knew okay. absolutely nothing about this game and Mike just randomly invited me to try it. Mike had... In, on his takes two, you can play the game even if you don't own it. If um, you play online with a friend and me and Mike started playing it. It took us months to finish it, just playing it on and off. But we played it online, we played it together when I was down Mike's for the um, Final Fantasy concert as well, and then we finished it off online again. And I was blown away by this game. It's so clever, it's so well put together, it's graphically superb, and just it played with my expectations all the time, and I've never played such a good co-op adventure, I think, for a long, long time, Mm. if ever. And... I just thought yeah. it was so clever. Like, the mechanics are superb. And just the world they created, and so much longer than I expected it to be as well. And But not overstaying its welcome. Every new section adds something new. Mm. Like, it can go from top-down dungeon thing to, like, snowboarding <laughs> before you know it. And I just, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. game's a fucking, it's an absolute masterpiece. I know, obviously, I've got it a bit further down my list than Dan, but is it absolute masterpiece from beginning to end um like dan said about the creativity and, and you know you're going from section to section and it's, it's constantly playing with your expectations and there's so much to interact with as well like outside of actually doing the going through and actually completing the objective of where wherever you are at the time like the, to spice things up a little bit there's like these versus mini games as you go through like every every section will like some sections even have like two or three if it's like a large open section, um, but you know you can break have a little break from the story to quickly jump into these like thirty second versus games and it, it keeps keeps tally of who's 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 won the most so far and stuff like that so you can play with those things like there's there's one section where like you could literally play an entire game of chess as one of these which is ridiculous, um, I think that was one that oh, me yeah. and Dan skipped but but yeah it it. To be honest, the the message at the end of the game ends up being a bit wishy washy and stuff like that. But you know, it's the relationships between the characters, and you see how they grow and and everything like that. And um, the voice acting of the two main characters is pretty good. And a third character, th- this book guy, Doctor Hakim, <laughs> his voice yeah. acting is great, if not a bit uh, awkward uh, due to racial stereotyping. But um, <laughs> but like you know, some of the some of the other voice acting isn't too great. Like some of the the, the characters that you meet along the way can be a bit weird and the, the, the little girl character's voice actor is fucking awful but um, yeah and it, it, it just as a co-op adventure it is great and it, it's fun to go through with somebody who's experienced with gaming it was fun to go through it with Dan but like me and Hazel got through it and it was hard and I've mentioned it a few times on the show like and kind of made jokes about like trying to get Hazel through it but you know if you've got someone who's quite a beginner at games it, it can be a little frustrating in places yeah. Um, especially depending which character you give them, like because I, I played as what's the dude's name in the game? Cody, it's Thingy, and May. Cody and May. Yeah, I played as Cody the first time. Hazel played as May, and then when I played it with Dan, I thought, well, I'll play it the other way around. I'll play as May. And some of the platforming playing as May can be a little bit tricky in places. And oh when I was playing it, I said to Dan, I was like, I'm actually really impressed that Hazel managed to do this. Yeah, like I, I'm I didn't imp- find I'm it hard. I'm impressed that she got through it. 
I didn't find it hard specifically, but I could see that it was tricky. It would be tricky for a beginner. So, you know, I always say kudos to her as much as I take the piss. Yeah, I, this isn't a spoiler. I, I'm, I've been playing it with, with Catherine. We're as far as the toolbox boss we finished the other mm, night. That one's fun. Really fun. I mean, it's just amazing. And yeah, there has been a few times where I've had to take the controller off her and just, just do the, the couple jumps that we couldn't do. And then we're passing it back. But it is really fun, as Dan said, as, as a co-op experience to figure out how to get through the next sections. I love the little mini games. We've only done one, I think, so far, because we've only discovered one, the whack-a-mole stuff. Yeah. Um, but what a lovely game. And also just like, you know, the fact that it was... Uh, as relatively compared to a lot of our list like a small game like you know um in terms of like team and everything i think it's really well deserved that the uh that they got so much praise for this game they won game um, of the year didn't they yeah 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 and also you know i love that it really shows that um split screen split screen co-op is still in demand people still like to be able to play together and you know play through adventure games together and yeah. I, I think that hopefully sets the standard for more people to, to take to, to look at it takes two and take inspiration from that and give us more experiences because you know it can be hard to find a good co-op game uh, yeah. sometimes so yeah Onli- online is still split screen as well so even though yeah. you're playing online you don't get your own screen it's, it's still split screen but it's just every single section that you do both characters each character is given either a certain ability or a certain thing they need to do within the environment and everything like that. And it's always so cohesive and it always works. And each of you, each of you has a challenge to your own degree of what you need to do and your own thing to get around. And you end up using those powers and like the boss fights are really interesting in terms of your combination, combining your powers and everything as well. Yeah, um, it's always making you work together and that's yeah. what it's all about. And it's, mm. it's so effective. I, I'm I'm very impressed, Dan. That's your number one. Um, I'm glad so I am I, Mike. Thank you, you so much for introducing this to me because I probably would have never played it otherwise. And yeah, very welcome, sir. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Thomas. Tom, tell us about whatever this is that we have no I idea. Can't think what this is, my sons. It's been a long time coming, but I finally got to play a game that I've been meaning to play for a long time. So and obscure, I, and I'm really gutted that I waited so long because it was so amazing Mega Man that Evil I finished Six. that I finished it <laughs> in less than two days. I did a Dan Curtis. I absolutely nice. obliterated this game and the DLC. I have no idea what this is. It hmm. it's Bioshock Infinite. Oh, oh. Ah! <laughs> so did you play two in between as well then, or? Um, Did you skip two? I I played some of two, and I didn't quite jive with it. I I didn't I didn't jive or jeeve with that one. It it was it was okay, but I moved forward, and I was like, you know what? I need, I want to play Infinite. I've been meaning to play it, but man, I I was wasn't sure about it at first. So I was like, man, can it can we really have a Bioshock game that's not in Rapture? And I had to be careful that because I was almost gave myself away when you were saying you Eric did. about the about the rapture stuff, and oh. I'm like, yeah, I remember that moment, and it was like I had a couple of moments in that game where it was like, you know, jaw drop from like the oh yeah, I love I lost know, my mind at where, the end of that game. When yeah, it's like, holy the, it just, shit, where are we going? No way, right? And 
So this is about like a city, a city called Columbia in the up in the clouds has broken away from the United States and is kind of governments govern itself and uh, same kind of deal as Rapture in, in a way. Um, the founding fathers of the United States are like looked upon as more religious figures, uh, like these huge statues of like George Washington, Benjamin Franklin. Um, Abraham Lincoln is in there and like all these, uh, it's, it's really, uh, and you, and you wade through this like water through a church with all these candles lit around, which it reminds me of like when you get off the plane and when you, when you crash land on the plane on Bioshock and you go through the water, it's the same kind of thing. And you're almost like, quote unquote, like baptized through. Do you remember the controversy city. about that? Some idiot threw a huge fit when this game first came out, that he was demanding a refund from the developer because the game would not let him skip the be baptized scene. Oh. Like, come on, dude. I did not know that. No, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I wish I would love to have been part of the conversation of when this game came out because I read so much. I just I went straight down the rabbit hole like a lot of us do when we finish big games that have lots of meanings and and alternate alternative endings. We want to know more about it and know about our characters that we've become attached to over fifteen to twenty hours. And you know, walking around Colombia at the beginning, you know, standing and listening to NPCs having conversations about this this place they're in and 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 their lives it was interesting and then the game takes because i remember i went in cold it took such a sharp turn a really dark mm-hmm. turn where really addressing colonialism racism and some really dark periods of like you know history uh in the west and um suddenly you realize oh shit i'm in a i'm in a pretty bad place right now where things are they've broken away from 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 the from the US and done their own thing and created their own um um almost like an ethno state to be frank to put to put a fine point on it um but then there's also the you're introduced to a like a revolutionary group um that are fighting that and there's sort of ends up being like a kind of two factions to this whole thing and you play this guy called Booker, who's somewhere kind of neutral. I like, doesn't really care. Kind of an asshole at the beginning. Like he's like, I don't really care. I just need to go in, get the girl, do the job, get home. And then it really kind of explores so many other themes and interesting ideas. And you've still got that kind of fifties looking artistic vibe to it. Uh, it feels more of a shooter than the original than the original yeah. Bioshock. I didn't use the plasmids, which are called Vigors in Infinite. I didn't use them quite so much. Some of them are fun to play with, but it feels more shooty. Um, when you're shooting guys, you've got like damage numbers and stuff. It feels more, it's got those RPG elements. Um, I just like, you're still getting the story told through these tape recordings that you're finding. You're still finding uh pieces of narrative that you would just never see that you could run straight past them these are scenes that are playing out as you're running through the world there's one where there's like guys bidding on doing late manual labor but instead they're bidding that it's a race to the bottom they're like i'll do it for less money so whoever successfully wins at offering less as little money for their labor as as possible they're the ones who win win the job to like 
earn something to pay their way. It's like unregulation, right? No regulation, no government involvement. It's free markets running running wild. It's just really interesting. Like you just don't see video games explore these these themes too much too often. And I don't know. I just was like, I was just all in on it. I was I was enjoying um, every story beat. It was very well paced. Some of the enemies were hilarious. Like you have these guys, like the Patriots, like these huge, like mechanical, um, like classical United States, like figures that have huge machine guns just walking through, espousing like very if like. Hank Fist was a robot. Yeah, yeah. Hank Fist is a robot. It really touches on themes of like American exceptionalism, and um, I just find that stuff very interesting. You know, I mean, I you know, it, it's just like how can we i, I want to get some perspective and and get some historical context around it and what booker used to be and what he used to do and and uh you really start to unearth what happened in rapture and you also you know I, there are going to be people people like maybe that uh, haven't played bioshock infinite so i don't want to spoil it because it's really worth playing i i'm so glad i didn't get it spoiled for me because uh yeah like <laughs> hasn't played it and i I think it's so so worth jumping into. Uh, they have the uh, DLC, which is called um, Burial, Let's Burial at Sea, Sea, and that I didn't realize how integral that was to the game. But that's really is like it's a good three to four hour DLC that's split into two parts. Um, you have this character Elizabeth that you find who's almost like a Re a Disney character. That's how she's kind of presented, like a Rapunzel character, locked in the tower and freed by Booker and she's kind of like naive to the world and naive to like what's going on with all the, you know, bad stuff that's happening in this world. And I don't know, man. Great. It's such a great game. I, I couldn't not have it as my number one. Um, and you know, that's that uh, ending melted my mind. You're right. Yeah. I had to read up a lot on that ending. Cause I yeah. was like, do I get it? I need to, <laughs> Mike, but you have, you have your hand up. That's very polite. Hi, uh, Mike Tyson, factory sealed. Um, just wondering, do I need to play the first Bioshock to appreciate it? Because I played some of the original Bioshock for the show, and I've always been meaning to go back, but I have heard that Infinite is excellent it would help. as well. It would help. Okay. It would help a little, yeah, I think you would get a little bit more of it, particularly in the latter third of the game. Um, so, yeah, I and me personally, because I didn't, I, I didn't, finish i didn't even play more than an hour of two and i got an amazing experience from playing through infinite so i personally don't feel like two is absolutely necessary but i'm sure there are huge bioshock fans out there that consider two to be an amazing game i know it's been getting like a lot of cult status and people have gone back to it and stuff but um for me it just felt like rapture 1.5 like it just it felt a bit like i'd done it all before and so I skipped two. I don't know what you guys, Dan and Eric, your feelings on two I, are. But I wasn't it, a huge fan. Yeah. yeah I thought it was just, all right. I could just didn't really have the on. impact of the first one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, Mike, the collection was on PS Plus, if you ever... I, had it, you. I have the collection. Yeah, I, I think that's... I think I bought it because it was on sale when not long before we did it for the show. So I, 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 I oh, had yeah, it before yeah. it was on PS Plus. Nice. I believe. Then this. All right, guys, tell us about Resident Evil Village. <laughs> yeah, my number one is Resident Evil Village. Yeah, um, a few months it, ago, um, so a few months ago, I, I was a, a, a 
guest on the What's Your Game podcast, and one of the questions they had on there um, was, uh, "Where's your favorite gaming franchise?" And at the time, I I said to them on there, I was like, "Well, I would say Resident Evil, uh, but there has been some duds in there. Look at five, look at six. You know, there's been Four. some of the side games have been a bit bit uh, shite <laughs> as well." Um, and I ended up saying Metal Gear Solid. Now, I think on any given day, I, I think that... Because I said that they've had cons- Metal Gear Solid's consistently had better games. I think if now that I think about it, this could change any given day. Like, what my favourite franchise is, whether Resident Evil or Metal Gear Solid, like, based on the, the story and the quality of the games and stuff like that for myself. Now, those first three Resident Evil games, they... You know, they're such a huge part of, for me personally, a huge, massive part of of, of my gaming history. I, I love those games so much. Resident Evil 4, I do enjoy, but like, and this is where I'm going to contradict myself until a little bit later when I talk about 8, uh, I wasn't necessarily a massive fan of the kind of cult gothic kind of feel to it that it has. Uh, 5 is what it is, and 6 is fucking god-awful, as me and Tom are currently finding out. Um <laughs> And seven was 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 such a return to form. It I, I know that like Eric and Tom, I know, and I think Dan will never play it. But I know Eric and Tom, you guys can't get through it because of yeah. the kind of the how how scary oh, it is. And it, you know, fun. it's such a return to form. Um, and I loved it. And and I was looking forward to eight. And then I saw that eight was going back to that kind of gothic style again. And there was werewolves and there was vampires and, and all that shit. And I was like, oh. No, no, don't do this. And, and don't get me wrong, Lady Demetress was cool. Like, in the trailers, was cool. I, I bought into the hype. So I was excited about Resident Evil 8. Uh, I wouldn't say I was, like, completely over the moon about it, but I was excited about it. And when I got it, um, just what a... It, it's, it's short. Like, it's not too long, which fucking after seeing that announcement of the new Dying Light, not that I play Dying Light, to fully complete is going to be over 500 hours. Fucking hashtag normalize short games, people. Jesus Christ. Jeez, yeah. You know, it, it was short. It wasn't necessarily tight, but it, it was a short enough adventure that held me there enough with the horror, with the Resident Evil campiness, with the, the, the characters, the... the the the, the there's different sections that you go to yeah duke is cool and it, and it was it was genuinely weird as well and mm. resident evil series these days finds any way especially through seven and now with eight as well they find any way to try and link it back to the originals and and you know it does it in quite a strange way but it does kind of work and you know they do they do explain why werewolves exist why vampires exist and you know and and it kind of does relate back machines. to kind of stuff to do that fits within Resident Evil lore, you know. Um, and, you know, that's not really a spoiler at all. And even though it was a bit more actiony than 7, I think it worked. It felt like it had a lot of throwbacks to the Resident Evil as a, as a whole, uh, especially to 4 as well, actually. Um, but the, the the biggest part for me was, was, was it has these four sort of sub-villains from the main boss. And... You, essentially, the, the 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 crux of the game is you have these four sections you go to, and each section is a little little bit different. You, the first one is Lady Demetrask, and that whole in the castle section with her, uh, and her entire section was great, and it held my it held you know it held my attention. And mm. then you get to the second section, oh and I'm not going to spoil. I'm not <laughs> going to spoil it because I think you need to go in, uh, not necessarily blind, but you need to not really know what's going to happen. Blind. <laughs> yeah, like you, you just got one eye shut, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
that entire section, that second one, is hands down, and I am including PT with this, hands down one of the best, if not the best, horror sections in gaming. It is absolutely incredible. It's fucking terrifying. It's uh, it, it's just, oh, it's horrible. It, it, it really, really is. And for that, even if it didn't have that section in this game, it would be pretty high on my list, but that section really fucking elevated this for me. And Resident Evil is back on form. I'm excited about the next Resident Evil game. Um, mm. Graphically, the, the RE engine, like, it just looks uh. amazing. That thing is special. And with us getting the RE2 remake, which was my game of the year, was it a couple of years ago? I love the RE3 remake. There's a rumored RE4. Um, you know, with this, with Seven, with this, it's a good time to be a Resident Evil fan. And yep. I genuinely just enjoyed playing through this entire thing. Um, it, it kept every section so different that, like, it always kind of felt like you were sort of doing something new. Um, there wasn't a lot of backtracking and stuff like that that some of the Resident okay. Evils can can suffer from. I'm looking at you, Code Veronica. Um <laughs> It, it, it was just oh no it, it was it was weird it was campy it was zany but it was just a generally enjoyable time i think you know it was i had it as my number one for the longest time for really good reason for almost all the reasons you're listening to be honest but resident evil has always been a series that i've been very much on the on the outside looking in like I'll get other people's opinions first. Like, how scary is it? If it's not too scary, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll grab it when it's on a sale. Now, I played two remake and I thought it was just absolutely wonderful. Three remake, brilliant as well. And then seven was obviously a bit too scary, but eight, I enjoyed it so much that I'm like, I think I'm now at a point where I would buy the next Resident Evil game just straight away, day one. I would just I would be involved in the conversation now. I want to be involved, and I, that's why it became, that's why it was so high on my list because I was like, I think I'm in. To, I think I'm very all in now on RE. I think I enjoy it. Re- playing it with Catherine as well, like it's a really good together experience. That section you're talking about, where the incredible like psychological, like the the horror being so um, reminiscent of RE Seven and PT and stuff like that was so like subverted my expectations because of the the being being bought into the first section of the game i was like oh man oh my god shit holy fuck is the rest of the game gonna be like you know i don't want to spoil anything but yeah it was just like that was really really well done um graphically beautiful and zany in all the right places had a really nice loop of upgrading your weapons just it felt like re4 it had a lot of that obviously um yeah, oh, I'm so, I'm so all in. Oh, I have I thought, eight. I got it for Christmas. I'm just waiting for the right time to crack her open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I look forward to when you play and when you play it, and we can talk about it because, um, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on it because I, I thought it was I great. Said this to you guys. I'm not sure if Tom actually did or not, but if you're listening to this and you're thinking of playing RE8 and you've not played re7 and not planning on playing re7 find mm. some sort of youtube video that explains what happened in seven because guy gets yeah, his hand be, cut off hunted by people that's the story you will get the there's story <laughs> sections towards the end of eight that will just not make a single fucking big bit of sense if you've not played seven or know the story of seven yeah that's true and it's that is true. dan i would actually recommend this game to you as long as you can get through that second section 
Mm, I've heard yeah. about the second section. It doesn't sound good. I'm not going to mm. lie. Yeah, <laughs> but I think uh, you'd enjoy the rest of it because it, it's not very yeah. jump scary. I think I think there's a couple towards the beginning, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's more just a bit creepy. Mm, creepy, you know. What a game! What a game! Yeah. I'm so yeah. happy that series is. You, when you look at RE6, I mean, it's only two games ago. <laughs> yeah. You look at RE8, it's like okay, all right, we're back in yeah, like numbered numbered resis, uh, progressing from here. We seem to be back in a, a good place. Weird, like that entire series. When you look at where it's, I know we, me and you, were playing RE6, and we go, "Fuck happened to this series?" You know, all the time. Like, <laughs> so honest. weird where that series has gone. Because, like, obviously, you had those those like tank control, fixed camera angle games yeah. for so long. I mean, you know, you got you got the, the original three, and then Code Veronica, and then suddenly turned to like a Gears of almost like a Gears of War yeah. clone, yeah. and then it turned into like a multiplayer shooter for a couple of games. <laughs> And then, and then seven came out, and it was a first-person like stuck in the woods kind of cabin horror game. Yeah. And then, and then two and three get remade into a fucking over-the-shoulder shooter. <laughs> and then eight comes out, which is a weird gothic campy first-person, almost like first-person shooter again. Like, what? yeah. <laughs> like, I, I yeah, I know. It's, but they keep like, fucking. They keep it fresh, don't they? And <laughs> they never know what they're gonna do. And then they also had like a lot of zany side shit going on, right? The the, the revelations games and they kind of op- Operation Raccoon City. They seem to do. They seem to still dip their toes into this action aspect of it. They 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 haven't yeah. completely let it go. But I hope that the feedback they got from Village seemed to be really positive. Uh, mm that means they'll continue on that route rather than anything else. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And well-deserved like- actress performance award for Our Lady. Oh, yeah, for well. yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Who was uh, a, a really a delightful character for me. So, Tom, yeah, the big question is, how how long how long to beat <laughs> us.com? How long did you last for those videos? <laughs> Three minutes, tops. Well, no, Tom, hey. probably, Tom probably edged the whole game. I, uh, there he is. That's it. <laughs> That's I was gonna say you beat me to it, guys. This was quite a list. We only had three games that were uh, crossover between each other's lists. Wow. Oh wow. That is uh, actually no. I'm sorry. Four. That's, that's unprecedented. Hmm. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Yeah. And you guys all got my guess. So many good games. <laughs> so. I'm excited. There's a lot of cu- a lot of stuff coming out this year that I'm looking forward to playing. Got a huge backlog of stuff that I anticipate is going to hit my game of the year list. But I don't know about you I guys. Know this, um, I know this show has been going a long time. Sorry to interrupt you, Eric. I know this show has been going a long time already. My, my task comes currently at five hours. But um, just quickly, like kind of going around of like, because this is a big year potentially for releases. Like just going around the room, what what are you like most looking forward to this year in terms Elden of like, the big releases? Elden Ring. Yeah, I thought that. Um, and Horizon shit. Forbidden West. Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. Yeah, I I think. Yeah. Unless I, I can get more, unless we get more info about Breath of the Wild actually ha- happening this year, I think Horizon for me too. And I'm also excited to see the PSVR too. Possibly God of War Ragnarok if that comes out. Yeah, and I think uh, Forspoken for me as well. Yes, as well. Oh my yeah. God, there's, so there's so some great out. great ones coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I don't really know much. I'm strangely looking forward to Stranger of Paradise, even though the more I watch about that game, the dumber it looks. 
Did you try the demo? I did. I thought oh, it was quite and, enjoyable. Oh, and an t- RPG called Sea of Stars, which I, I mm-hmm. really... Is yes, by the, the people who made, made The Messenger. The Messenger. Yeah. Um, I need to send you guys a uh, a video of uh, a Twitch streamer doing like a, some more of Stranger in Paradise and see what you guys actually think of that because it looks fucking cringy as fuck. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I've seen some of them. Oh, my God. With, with the mobile phone? Yep. Yes. Tom, is that yes. <laughs> oh, it's... So I don't want to spoil it. I I'll can't believe it's a real season. game. I can't. <laughs> Moving forward here, uh, we are back on track with the retro show. I believe at the end of this month, we're doing Matrix Path and Neo. No, Enter the Matrix. Enter the Matrix. Okay, the well, I was one. close. Enter the Matrix. <laughs> Make sure you buy the right one, Eric. <laughs> yeah. I could just play the wrong Spy one. Buy both. Yeah. So, Get ready for some uh, some hot takes uh, of mine about on the first Matrix film. <laughs> we'll be that doing one. that in two <laughs> weeks on the twenty third, right? No, thirtieth, 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 three weeks. Yeah, thirtieth uh, puts us back on normal schedule. Got it, guys. I I don't know if it was the right time for it. Most disappointing game you played this year? Soulstorm. Yes, for 100%. me it was uh, twelve minutes. Oh, that's yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was fucking disappointing. That was so fucking disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't put that on my most disappointed list, which with uh, which I wrote down. But yeah, no, twelve minutes for sure. Yeah, Horde Veronica X was bollocks. I'll talk to you about it. Mike. I had Returnal on there yeah. as well, so Returnal and but Soulstorm for sure was the biggest disappointment of the year. Oh yeah, that was this year. How was How that, was this, that year? this year? I thought that was 2020. <laughs> I could have sworn it was fucking longest year in existence, man. Can COVID Jesus. fuck off, please? Right. All right, guys. I don't know about you, but I've hit Dan Pumpkin mode. Um, I need to stand up. Like I've been sitting here for five hours. I can't feel my legs. Standing desk. Yeah. So, Mike, thanks for joining us again for this, and uh, everybody, thanks again for kind of sticking with us through the hiatus. Our goal is to be back on track in three weeks with enter the matrix we're going to also try to push out some more stuff on our side quest show i know tom and i talked about possibly doing a, a show where we talk a little bit more in depth about forza because we've been playing a ton of that but mike and i have been playing aliens fire team elite do some do some conversation on that but we're back we're good Very we're good. ready to go uh 2022 is going to be different hopefully not shit This episode of Factory Seal is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Jeremy Lucas, Samuel Chun, Miles Prower, John Weaver, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Thomas McGrew, Richard Cutras, Phil Gartside, Jason McGill, Haitani, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Dalton Suter, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Gus Robin, Hesley Hattie, Elliot Hughes, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Greg Plummer, Johan Vickerborn, and Robert True.